Okay. Oh, somebody says, let's say this together, our Father. In the name of your Son, Jesus, we receive revelation that is found in Christ alone. There is no confusion in this atmosphere. There is precision. There is clarity. So we behold you as we see ourselves in you. Your name alone is glorified as we are edified. Amen. All right. Miracle signs and wonders. So, one essential truth, uh, we'll just start this way. <clears throat> one essential truth in studying or interpreting the text of the scripture, I've always told us that whenever a text, if the scripture is wrongly interpreted, a vital truth of the writer is lost. That is, um, when we fail to see the text of the scriptures, uh, properly, we're going to miss a truth. We're going to mix, miss the way the scriptures are being explained. So, and this implies that in studying the text of the scriptures, you must pay attention to details. When you're looking at the text of the scriptures, one thing that a Christian ought to do is just to pay serious attention to details. So, uh, you must put your eyes on the scriptures. Learn to look at what you're studying. The very minute you fail to put your attention to detail, you are going to make certain mistakes. You must never be in a hurry to assume the meaning of a text, or you must you must not even be in a haste to to figure out what the scripture is saying. Don't just look at glass tree and say, "Oh, this is what the text of the scripture is saying." Don't try to have any any mindset like that because um as the eventual result of many of those things is you will eventually have a misinterpretation of the text of the scripture you eventually uh uh have a misinformation misguide your audience and all of those things but we'll start somewhere look at in matthew 19 let's see a very let's see a very vital question that was asked to Jesus. Look at Matthew 19. Let's go there. Matthew 19, verse 3. It says, The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him, and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? In verse 4, he answered and said unto them, have ye not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? In verse 5, for he said, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the twain shall be one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Now, what is he explaining in this place? Now, the word... The word read, when it says, have you not read? The word read there is translated from the Greek word, anaginosko. I'll, I'll, I'll spell it for you. A-N-A-N-A-G-N-O-G-I-N-O-S-K-O. G-I, sorry, it's G-I. G-I-N-O-S-K-O. Anaginosko. And it implies... And it's gotten from two words, Anna and Ginosko. 
Anna, that is, if you want to separate it, Anna Gnosko. Now, why do we go to the Greek? I've always explained to us that one of the reasons we go to the Greek is to look at the original usage of how the words are used. When we see how the words are used, it helps our understanding properly. So, the word Anna means again. E-A-N-A, -A, it means again. And why ginosko means to recognize. Ginosko means to recognize. So, A-N-A means again. Ginosko means to recognize. So, it implies, Anna Ginosko, therefore, implies a continual reading. Or to keep reading. So, when you see Anna Ginosko, a continual reading. So, now, when he says, have ye, and he answered and said unto them, have ye not read? So, when he says, have ye not read, it means... You have to continue reading it, right? You have to continue looking at it, right, guys? You have to keep seeing it. So, Anaginosko would, re would refer to read properly, that is, pay attention to details. And that's what, that's what a believer should do in the in the, in the, when he's studying the scriptures. You have to learn to pay attention to details as you read. So, in his current, in, in, so now, let's, let's see. How was this anagenosko used in historical times? Histor why, why are we using historic times? If we look at, okay, so now let me, let, me, let me teach you something. Pay attention to this. There's a way we use words now. In, you know, in our, in our today's world now, when we say social media, um, we are talking about Instagram, TikTok, uh, Twitter, Facebook, right? Now, do you know that? As the years progress, probably after our world leaves, the word social media can evolve and it can mean something else. So, the history books, all the books, let me tell you how study is being done. So, how, all the books that is written in our generation like this is what will now be a reference material to generations yet unborn. So, when another people now are saying social media, they will now come to this our world and say, the meaning of social media in their world, they had a device and an app that they are using. But social media in the next maybe 3,000 years can mean uh, something else. Are you getting what I'm saying? So words and languages evolve. So you must always get that right. So now, the way a word was used years ago, so I'm teaching you how to study scriptures now. The way a, scripture, the, the way a word was used years ago can be different from the way it will be used now. Are you following what I'm saying? So now, we now, so why do we now go back to the Greek? We go back to the Greek many a times to see the proper context of the usage of the word. So now, like this anaginosko now, it means continual reading, right? Keep reading. When they say anaginosko now in the ancient Greek, according to history, it just simply means the, it was used for judges. When the judges, when a judge, read their judgment on matter. So, you know, in our own world now, we'll call it, the judge gave his own verdict, right? Something like that, right? Now, but in their own world now, it was an agnosco. So, if a judge comes to say, I hereby sentence you to life imprisonment, I hereby sentence you to, to death, right? That's an agnosco. Now, but do you notice something? In English now, we are seeing an agnosco as read. Are you seeing it? Guys, follow me now. It means read. 
And in their own world now, it means continue reading. You know, in our own world now, when you say continue reading, it's already a different context. Are you, seeing how the, are you seeing the scriptures now? So you have to pay serious attention to details. Because if you don't, if you, if you, that is one of the issues we are having with Bible, Bible study, such that a whole lot of people are not paying attention to details. We are not giving due diligence to the study of God's word. So it's making major truths to be lost, like truth about God's word, truth about certain things in the scriptures, they are lost. So when we say Nagenosko, it was it's used for judges. When a judge reads their judgment on the matter uh, and the justice brought before so brought before them. So it was used to relieve an experience. So when he says, so you know, when a judge wants to give his verdict, hope you know you pay attention carefully. Right? Be, you know the whole court will be silent at that time. I hereby declare, joy, I go be a day. You are sentenced to life or death by anger. You know, I'm sure Abraham will be happy because <laughs> that is the life. Are you getting what I'm saying? So you will pay attention. So that paying attention is what Jesus was now referring to here. He now says, and he answered and said unto them, have ye not read that which made them from the beginning, made them male and female? So it's vital for us to understand what Jesus means by, have you not read the Holy Scriptures? So now, what was he talking about when he says, have you not read the Holy Scriptures? I've always taught you, when you see the word Holy Scriptures in the New Testament, New Testament is the 27 books from Matthew to Revelation. When you see the word Holy Scriptures, it just simply means Genesis to Malachi. The Bible of Jesus was the Old Testament. The Bible of Paul was the Old Testament. The Bible of Peter, Old Testament. They never had the New Testament as at the time they were writing. When they were writing this, when Jesus was teaching, when Jesus was explaining all of these things, he was using the Old Testament for them. Are you understanding me now? So now, what was he, good, what was he explaining? Go to Genesis 1 verse 27. It's very vital for us to quite lay these foundations so that we can understand our journey tonight, today. Genesis 1.27. You know, don't forget, in that Matthew 19, he said, he has, have you not read in the scriptures that that which made them, made them what? Male and female, right? Now, look at Genesis 1.27. He now says, and don't forget, he told them to pay attention, keep reading, right? They should look at it again. Okay. So he now says, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created he. Male and female created he them. So now, he is talking from this point. Now, he now also quoted Genesis 2, verse 24. Look at Genesis 2, 24. He says, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Are you seeing it? Now, don't forget, put your hands here. Go to that Matthew 19 again. Let's look at the question. Go to that Matthew 19 verse 3. Let's look at the question that they asked Jesus. Don't forget, the Pharisees came unto him, tempting him. See, so you, you see they did not have any good. Tempting him and saying unto him, is it lawful for a man? to put away his wife for every cause. 
And he answered and said unto them, Have ye not read that which made them at the beginning, made them male and female? And he said unto them, For this cause. So you see that now, Jesus is merging two scriptures together. Genesis 1.27, right? Genesis 2.24, using it to explain something to them, right? Now, so if he says, have you not read, what is he saying? Have you not read the Old Testament, right? The Old Testament was their Bible. Are you getting what I'm saying? It is in this our world now that we have both the Old Testament and the New Testament. They didn't they, they, they have the luxury. They, you know, I, I believe one of these days we're going to look properly at studying and interpreting the Old Testament because they didn't have the luxury of, you know, we now, we now have the luxury of, look at what Jesus is saying here. Well, let's go back to the Old Testament to check it properly. They just only had Old Testament. So how did they read it in their own world that we are not reading it? How did, this I said, I think I was, I was teaching something to you guys. How did they read the book of Joshua and there were several killings and they did not carry sword to go and kill? Are you getting what I'm saying? How did they read the book of Judges, the book of Jericho, the, how that Jericho was falling and all of those things? And the church of Corinth did not stand up and say, Pastor, we want to go and kill too. So you see that an average, when you, see, when you now read those dark ages where it seems like Christians were killing something, there's an average somewhere. They, they missed a major mark of something. Because the early church, who were maybe, let's say, the first major interpreters of the Old Testament, they didn't take the Bible that way. I don't know if I get to what I'm saying. If you get into this point, let me see your ears. They didn't take the Bible that way. So when you, hear, when you read stories, uh, according to history, which you can't deny, and they say there's some dark ages where people, where Christians were killing people in the world, it was called an holy jihad. I don't know if you have heard that, that story before. The holy jihad era, where they say this and that. There's a major gap somewhere. Paul's church read it and said, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they are mighty towards the stronghold, to the pulling now. They saw it as spiritual warfare instead of physical fight. Are you getting what I'm saying? So let's come back to this anyway. It says, and he said unto them, For this cause shall a man leave, leave father and mother, and the twin shall be one flesh. Wherefore, they are no more twin, but one flesh. What therefore God has put together, let no man put as under. So now, observe that Jesus was responding to... Now, what was the question that they were asking? Don't forget in that verse 3, they were asking the question of, did Moses say we should put away our wife? Now, let's look at where, where that happened. Deuteronomy 24, verse 1. We are walking through something. It will make sense soon. Deuteronomy 24, verse 1. Are you there? Are you there? It says that when a man when a man hath taken a wife and married her, and it come to pass that she find no favor in his eyes, because he had found some uncleanliness in her, <clears throat> it says then let him write her a bill of divorcement and give it in her hand, and send her out of his house. And when she's departed out of his house, she may go and be another man's wife. And that says, and the later husband 
ate her and write her a bill of divorcement and give it in her hand and send in her heart of the house, he the later husband die, which took it out to be his wife. A former husband which is sent her away may not take her away. <laughs> this guy's just have complicated issues. <laughs> to be his wife. So the way Moses the way Moses is the way is saying, if your husband die and he doesn't want you again, he <laughs> different. He says, if the later husband find out, in verse 3, if the later husband ate her and write her a bill of divorcement and give it to her and send it out of the house, if the later husband die, which took her to be his wife, her former husband, which he sent her away, may not take her back as his wife. After that, she is divine, for she is an abomination before the Lord, and thou shalt cause a land to sin, and the Lord thy God give thee a free inheritance. Now, <laughs> look at complicated issues that these guys are going through. So if you so if so if your husband look at you and say, I'm done. You don't look like the person I married at the first day. So he will just write you a bill of divorcement. Oh yeah, leave. You will not look for another husband. If he now die, if that same husband that first married you die, and the other husband that now marry you says he doesn't want you again, you are done. <laughs> you are doomed. <laughs> so they now brought this question and said, Master, why did Moses give us to be Lord divorcement. Don't forget, they said they were tempting Jesus. They came to tempt him with the question. Why did Moses say we should do that? <laughs> now, when Jesus had said, have you not read? He was telling them to pay attention to something. So that means, look at something. They went to the Taonomi, the fifth book, to pick their question from. If they are started from Genesis, they will not be asking that question. And a lot of people are coming that mischievous. They can also know it, and like the, like the scripture says, they were actually tempting Jesus. So that pointed us to a, to a specific details that we are to pay attention. So if you go to if you go to something, look at the way Jesus always answers questions. Look at Matthew 12, 3. We want to, be, we want to do a speed dial of, a, of something. Look at Matthew 12, 3. I want to show you Anna Ginosko. Matthew 12, 3. Matthew 12, 3. Uh, one of the things that as a Christian you must learn to is you will, as far as you are in this church, you will appreciate the Bible. Oh, boy. You will love the scriptures. Amen. All right, look at Matthew 12, 3. And he said unto them, Have ye not read what David did? So you see, Jesus kept using the anagenosco, right? Have you not read what David did? In Matthew 19, verse 4, he says, Have you not read? Go to that Matthew 19, verse 4. I want us to quickly look at how Jesus answered their questions. He says, Have you not read that which made them at the beginning, made them male and female? Look at Matthew 21. Matthew 21, 42. Matthew 21, 42. He says, Jesus said unto them, Did ye never read in the scripture the stone the builders rejected is the same becomes the head of the cornerstone? He says, Did you not read? Look at Matthew 22, 31. Matthew 22, 31. Matthew 22, 31. Please, are you following me? Yes, sir. He says, But as touching the resurrection of the dead, have you not read that which was spoken unto you by God? Have you not read? Look at Mark 12, verse 10. Mark 12, 10. 
He says, have you not read this scripture, the stone which the builders built is not the head of the corner? Look at Mark 12, verse 26. Mark 12, 26. He says, now, and as touching the dead that arise, have you not read in the book of Moses, how in the bush God spake unto you in the same of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the God of Jacob. So you see, Jesus kept using that word to them, a whole lot that have you not read. So the Pharisees and Sadducees are men who by status and training read the entire scriptures. One thing about the Pharisees was that by their training, they know the scriptures. That's what, before, for you to be called a Pharisee, and that, we'll, we'll bring this to Paul also. Because you know Paul was a Pharisee. Because a lot of people believe that Paul was that guy who the Holy Ghost or who an angel just appeared to and gave him a special message. No, he was a Pharisee. You, we can't take that away from him. Who is a Pharisee? A Pharisee is that guy who is trained from a young age to be astute with the scriptures. So a Pharisee must, a Pharisee is trained to, to understand the scriptures. A Pharisee must walk and it's like saying he is cooled to understand the scriptures. So he has a training of reading the entire scriptures. So Jesus was saying to them, have you not read? That is, Alaginosko. So don't forget, that major audience in that Matthew 19 were Pharisees. So he was asking, ah, what kind of questions are you asking me? Look at it, that Matthew 19 verse 3. The Pharisees came unto him. So it's like saying, ah, what's your discipline? Are you getting what I'm saying? It's like saying a lawyer who doesn't know what is in the Constitution. Are you getting what I'm saying? You know, if you have, if you have watched uh, How to Get Away with Mother, let me see. If you, have watched, if you have watched How to Get Away with Mother, let me see. Here. How to Get Away with Mother. Ah, just few people. Okay. When you see Analyze Kitten in that How to Get Away with Mother, looking at Constitution or telling those students to go and look at one book, check what, what is there to use to defend their case, a lawyer must know what is in the Constitution. Even if you don't know it word for word, you must have an inclination that I can use this thing in the Constitution to defend my case. Are you getting what I'm saying? So Jesus was not talking to the Pharisees and saying, have you not read? That is, I've, you have to keep looking at it, right? You have to keep checking it, right? So he now says, Anaginosko, that is, they pay attention. They, it's not just to read and know the verses. It goes beyond that. It's not just to, it's not just to be quoting. Hey, Genesis 1, blah, blah. In the beginning was the light, was the world, the world was God. That's, that's not what it says. Because that's how the Pharisees were. They can quote, if I till today. I remember I found, I think I found a Pharisee. I was, I was on the air sometimes. I was flying from, I've I, I forgotten which country to what country now. And I found a Pharisee. The guys, those guys, we are very, very quite religious. He had a very pocket. I, I, I was looking at him because I'm very observant. Many times before, before I try to sleep on the air, I look at what's going on. It's all of this long flight traveling from one country to another. I just check my surroundings. You know, economy, different kind of people are, are packed inside. <laughs> God will give me grace to be flying business soon. Different kind of people. People that, people that, people that will just tell you, bro, see you when I land. I, I remember, I, there's, there's somebody, there was a day I was flying, Lufthansa Yela, I will never forget that flight. There was this woman, 
We flew from, I think, here in the United States to Germany. And she just told me, I will see you when we land. I said, I don't understand. She said, she said, if my food comes, wake me up, but you will eat it. I said, hey, I like that. I said, don't worry, go. <laughs> so as we got to Germany, the woman really slept. I don't know how she planned it, but she's an she seemed like all these experienced flyers. Like, she packaged herself, she has arranged her hair tight, did everything. She just went to the restroom, came back quickly. She just said, all right, bye. I mean, I started getting scared. What's the meaning of all right, bye? <laughs> you know? So, this guy, I remember, I forget this guy. I was, I, I can't remember what country to what country there now. He just brought out, he, you, will, you will actually, you will, when you see them, they, they are these rabbis, you will know them. He just brought out his pocket Bible. Me, I was still looking for movies that I would watch. The guy just brought up the Bible. And you can literally see that that's the Torah because I've tried to do that. I was like, wow. And he just kept muttering words. He was just saying, shush, 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 shush. I was like, wow. So I finally found out these guys do this thing. They know it at art. In fact, that thing we call meditation, aga. They roar it. So, like saying, they will sit down like this. You know, when, when Joshua was telling them in that, um, Joshua 1 verse 8, he says, This book of the Lord shall not depart out of the mouth. Out of their mind, they take it literally. So they will say, Genesis 1 verse 1, and God said, and in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was a tough form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of the Lord, that's, how they, that's, how, that's actually how they meditate. They read it. They, they, they take the word like that. So Jesus is not like, what Jesus is not telling them here is like, guy, have you not paid attention to detail? Or were you just only reading? Are you following what I'm doing now? So, a whole lot of Christians are like that. They just read the scriptures without paying attention. They just carry their Bible. Oh yeah, I want to finish Genesis to Malachi. Oh yeah, let me just... No. So, anagenosko is not just to have read and known the verses. It goes beyond that. Because they must have read the scriptures properly. <clears throat> so it implies that what Jesus was explaining to them was to address their mind to what was written in the scriptures. They have to pay attention to details. So that is the reason those questions were not properly addressed in their minds. So in interpreting, Jesus' response in today's language will be, go and read it again. So in a literal language like today, what Jesus was simply telling them is, Go and read that text again. So he repointed back to Genesis, right? Genesis 1.27, Genesis 2.24. He pointed and said, go and read it again. So he pointed them, he says, that means to address their minds to a particular detail. And that means, did you not read it? Did you not pay attention to this fact? Would you not see it this way? So that means, in reading the scriptures, proper facts must be made known to us. We must see the truth of the scriptures properly. We must see it. We must see it as something very, very, very crucial. We can't rush through it. We can't glance through the scriptures like that. So as we study, as we are back on our journey of studying miracle signs and wonders, we are trying to 
pay attention to details. I'm going to forget what I'm saying now. We'll pay attention to details, right? We'll look at the text carefully. We'll check it again so that we won't be like the Pharisees who will just say, this is this, this is this, this is that. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, we would, so that that way, the verses of the scriptures will make sense to us. So what Jesus was telling them is, did you not see this in your reading? Are you getting what I'm saying, guys? So, now, this is similar to what Jesus told them in John 5, verse 39. John 5, 39. You're going to love this today. John 5, verse 39. It says, Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, for they are they which testify of me. In us is... And you will come to me that ye may have life. So now from the way the King James wrote it, he says, you search the scriptures. So the issue was not that they did not search the scripture. It was the fact that they refused to agree in the minds of the scripture that testify about Christ. And a lot of people are like that today. You know, there's, there are people that read the scripture. They see it like this, that. Uh, this is what the scripture says. This is what the scripture is explaining. But they just refuse to agree with what it is saying. They just say, no, I don't, I don't really believe that. Like, things should be explained. This should be, this should be carried out that way. I don't, I, I, I still, I, I, they will look at it. They will, you will show them the text. They will say, ah, but, I don't even know what I'm talking about. You show some people some text of scripture, they'll say, uh, it doesn't sit well with me. Then I'll tell you, what of this? That's exactly what the Pharisees were doing. They just refused to agree in their minds that this text means this. So do you know what that means? And that's a big problem in our world today. We are facing that same challenges that the Pharisees were facing that Jesus faced with the Pharisee years ago, such that people are reading the scriptures, but they are refusing to agree in their minds that this is what it means. I tell people, I say, don't be afraid of the consequence of proper Bible interpretation. Don't be. I've always told you in this church, if we find out tomorrow that God is a killer, we will explain it that way. There's no point trying to hide it. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, they just refused. They did not read the scriptures in the light of Christ. And a lot of people are like that. When they read the scripture, they just say, oh, I don't care. I don't, this, this, is not, this is not what it means. I don't want to know. I don't, I don't feel like, I don't feel like, they'll say, that's your own interpretation. So you ask them, <laughs> what's, what, what's the real interpretation? They say, this I think. They, only, they will always use that word think. <laughs> this I think it means. Bro, we are not trying to think here. We are looking at scripture. You are thinking. <laughs> and that's how the Pharisees were behaving. They saw it. They read it. This is something they were trained with. They still say, what the Moses give their bill of divorcement in his heart? Why? Why, Lord? Why did he do that? Ah, Jesus was like, did you skip a detail? You went to the town home. Did you skip Genesis where it says two shall be one flesh? He created a male and female. So you see that people can be mischievous. 
So that's why I tell you, sometimes when you see that people are just mischievous, just leave them alone and just say, oh, thank you, bye-bye. I don't have time for this. I'm going for, I have other souls to preach to. <laughs> so, look at John 5, verse 24. John 5, verse 24. Are you following me this morning? It says, Verily, very I say unto you, ye that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me, at everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death to life. Look at John 3, 16. John 3, verse 16. It says, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Look at John 6, 39. And this is the Father's will, which has sent me of that of all which he had given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up on the last day. Look at it, that same John 5, verse 39. And that says, you search the scripture because you're supposed to, you're supposed to find internal life in them. <laughs> but it is those scriptures which yield unto them. So now those statements, now look at even what Jesus told his disciples in Luke 24. Let's read this. Let's read this together. Luke 24, verse 25. Luke 24, verse 25. Let's read this together. What did he say? Let's read the one to go. O fools, are slow of heart to believe that all that the prophet has spoken. So you see, Jesus, Jesus even called them fools. So fool is a holy ghost, say fools. Food is, food, some people can really be foolish and such a scripture. In fact, let me show you one more. Galatians 3. Galatians 3 verse 1. So, some people who have chosen to be very ignorant about the scripture, what are they? <laughs> the, they'll say, ah, you're a fool. No, 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 don't go call anybody a fool. <laughs> you know, go, go to your outreach and say, is that the scripture? Say, you're a fool. Ah. I, I did not teach you that. I would deny you. <laughs> Look at Galatians 3.1. What did he say? What to ready go? Oh, foolish Galatians. Who has bewitched you? <laughs> the truth. Which Jesus Christ have been heavily first for that crucified among you. So that's how it is. Fools is from the word. Let me even explain what fools means. Anothis. A-N-O. A-N-O. A-N-O-T-E-S. Anothis. Or A N O E, sorry, I'm missing it. A N O E. A N O E. T E S. And it means, no, T O S, sorry, not T E S. Sorry, 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 sorry. Well, let me just draw it very well. <laughs> uh, it, it means, and it's got it from two words, A, uh, which is a Greek negative, and uh, knows, which implies to think through or to reason something. So Jesus was being descriptive based on their reasoning. That ah, the way your reasoning is is very quite dull. That, ah, you know, there's some people that you talk to sometimes, and the way they talk will just throw you off balance, like, what are these, what's this one saying? 
So that's what Jesus was describing. He was describing their sense of reason. That, ah, so that word fools or foolish, it just simply means a thought pattern. Ah, the way you are reasoning, you are reasoning like a fool. Like you're saying, you know, a, who is a fool? Well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe that there will come a day that I will be explaining things like this. But well, it's in the scripture, so we have to explain it. <laughs> who is a fool? A fool is somebody that cannot think properly. That way you are telling him, one plus one is telling you one plus one is eleven. You would ah, bro, from where to where? He says, Shabi, if you join the one to one, it just simply means eleven. Then you would say, ah, plus. You say, no, I joined it. That's his reasoning pattern is low. So that's what a fool means. It just simply means a thought pattern, a man's reasoning or mindset. So when he says slow, that means because in that same place it says, it says, oh fools and slow. That word slow is from the word brados, B-R-A-D-U-S, B-R-A-D-U-S. It means to be dull. Look at the different adjectives that Jesus is using to qualify these guys. He first called them fools. He now says slow again. Slow means ah, they are still very dull. So <laughs> this is the word of a frustrated preacher. I won't lie to you. <laughs> this is after the resurrection. Ah, bro, so you mean that all I've been teaching you since before I died, three years before I died, you don't understand it. He said, oh, fools, slow. Slow simply means brothers in the Greek, and it means you are just so very dull. And it now says slow of art. That word art is the word cardia, K-A-R-D-I-A, 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 and it implies the inner core of a man. The inner core of a man, it speaks of his thinking. When we say the inner core of a man, that is something that is within. That means your thinking, your emotions, your reasoning. So this further, is, this further affirms the fact that the understanding of this man was in view. That is, uh, it was very critical that they understood what the prophet had spoken. The understanding of this man was quite in view. They, they couldn't understand it. So it's like saying Jesus was teaching them, they were like shaking their head up, and they were taking note like, I understand. And they were very dull. They were just slow. They, Jesus had to use fools. I believe that's the word of a position. Where you have said you have thought that you have thought them, you have thought them. And that's why if you look, look at how Paul also used it, he used it in the same context. Oh foolish Garisha, who has bewitched you that you are upon all have taught you guys. You still went back to do something else. Are you, are, you, are you getting the picture now? So, so, it's, so, that's, so that's what Jesus has studied. He says, Oh, full slow of how to believe. So that word believe is the word pisteo. P-E-S-T-E-U-O. P-E-S-T-E-U-O. And it is used for a third party. That is, it means to trust another man's word. That is, you trust another man's word. You trust another man's action or comment. You trust another man's word actions or comments. So he says, O fool, slow of to believe all that the prophet has spoken, ought not Christ. So that means they ought to trust what the prophet has spoken. And where did the prophet speak from? Does it make sense now? So if they have read Genesis to Malachi, they ought to have trusted. They ought to have believed it. Are you following what I'm saying now? So he now says, so that means, now, imagine, and now, their word is quite different from our word in such that in the Jewish word, I kind of, I'm still not 100% sure about this, but the way they grew up was quite, the, one of the first very things, you know, in our own world now, one of the first things we are learning is A 
for apple, B for ball, C for dog, C for car, D for dog. That's what we are learning in kindergarten, right? In their own world, it was the Torah. The Torah means the first five books. So one of the first things they first learn is, in the beginning was a garden. <laughs> there was a garden. God created everyone and it. Those are the things they are learning. Are you getting what I'm saying? So they were schooled with the scriptures. So that's a typical Jewish world. That's a typical Jewish Near Eastern culture. That's a typical Jewish, uh, uh, the Pharisees. They were schooled to understand. So, but they didn't pay attention to these things. So it's, it's like saying you went to school to study law. I'm still going to use law. And you don't know the constitutions. Yes, I know it's a law, but at least you have a, like, an idea of it. Does it make sense? So at least when you now go and defend your cases, you at least have some evidence to use. So let's start, as we gradually start to approach our subject, because I'm still trying to, I'm not even started. We are just um, trying to test the waters. Amen. So he says, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? So he was speaking and searching all that the prophet has said, all that, uh, so what, what did the prophet said? says, they spoke concerning him. That word concerning is, I'm sure you still remember. <laughs> Sister Perry, <laughs> Sister Concern. <laughs> This, if somebody asks, who is sister concerning this church? Just say sister join. <laughs> so which is used for a particular soul. How did we give her that name? So, uh, what teacher did we give her that name? That was, I think that was Sam Sims' special song. Huh? She pronounced the peri well. So that's how she just got the... We asked her the meaning of concerning and she got it. So... So that's actually, we have to, we have to review our history so that each person will bear their name. Uh, Barocco Edina is already as Aristobulus. Uh, we've not given people name. Eh? Mata. No, people cannot be Mata. Oh, it's maybe, we'll figure out what. Bro, even Bromati, I know he has Bible name, but we'll change it. We'll just, we'll give him another one. We can give him maybe, uh, uh, we can give it no 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 Everoditos <laughs> ah mm -mm. Onisimos it can be our Onisimos no it's Brogodi that fit Onisimos <laughs> Brolimo the way it's black it might be look it can be considered like a pilot we can call Brolimo pilot <laughs> <laughs> Or we can look at Bro Emmanuel and say, his glasses look like Aaron. I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, but we should give a baby, baby, baby Nemo. Uh, let me see. No, let me see. Priscilla. She looks like Priscilla. She looks. Eh? Eh, why is Priscilla? Uh, so let's look for another one for this for you. We'll get, we'll, don't worry. We'll give everybody. Matt, no, we can't. She can't. She doesn't look like, she look like Mary, no matter. Did, eh? Who? Matter. Oh, she's the matter ministry. 
<laughs> don't worry, we'll give everybody the don't worry. Sister Roque already has sister Benice. So Ah, Stefana. When? Sister Zephaniah. It's on Instagram. Zephaniah. Ah, I like that. He didn't have to bear a name. He didn't have needs a name. Maybe, uh, uh, No, we have to even just give Sister Dushia a name before she leaves. So that as she enters Ukraine, she will just tell them, my name is no more Dushia again. She just say, my name is now Ruth. <laughs> or Naomi. <laughs> Mary Magali for Sister Edith. I know. Mary Magali has seven demons. I don't think Sister Edith has. <laughs> I don't think I don't think Mary Magali. I don't Edith does not. Edith has five demons, not seven. <laughs> okay, let's continue. <laughs> so he says, Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory. Why have we not give you Abraham name? Which name did you give Abraham? Paul, don't forbid. Uh, how would you just bear that kind of name? Are you that good? <laughs> if I stole you. <laughs> Paul, call. Oh, Marcos. He's the one that called the year of somebody. <laughs> oh, he's a Barnabas. Son of consolation. Barnabas. Barna. Son of grace. <laughs> we need to give somebody Peteru. Somebody's supposed to be bear Peter. Bro, oh, bro, no, bro, Lebo is pilot. Uh, yeah, favor, bro, favor. He has to be be. We'll change his name of favor to. Eh? The, the guy looks like Thomas, actually, because the way he looks like me is like he's doubting everything that he's doing. So it's like, I need proof. Show me, show me this thing. Actually, it is actually, bro, bro, Matthew has also be be Thomas. Because when I first met bro, Matthew in Notre Dream, the way the guy will be looking at me like this. It's like he's analyzing everything I say. And he's, he's just going to be frowning. And that time, he has not started writing notes. So you just sit there in service like this. I think only more to teach them later that he's taking notes. So the first two sessions, this is how he comes to service. Ha! I had to ask, what's your name? Because <laughs> the guy looks like an intimidation to me. <laughs> Okay, so he says, Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and enter into his glory? In as I'm beginning at Moses, he began to expound the scriptures concerning himself. So he explained the scriptures today. That word expound there is from the word damenu, and it means to interpret. That word damenu historically just it means to interpret signs and symbols. That is to cut across things, explain it properly in context, to look at how the thing, the scriptures was being explained. So this means that, this brings us to a fact that the focus of explanations of the words of the prophets were things concerning himself. So that means if you read the scriptures and you see the scriptures in light of Christ, your understanding will be shaping. Are you getting what I'm saying? Your understanding will be shaping very well. It will, it will help you appreciate the scriptures properly. So, now, let's start gradually coming to our subject. Now, before we get there, I would like to show you some few things as touching the law. Uh, 
when he says, okay, let's let's look at something quickly. You remember he told them, he says, uh, at the beginning of Moses, he began to explain to them uh, the things concerning himself, right? Now, it's very vital for us to note something. In Look at, let's see something in Matthew 4, verse 23. Matthew 4, 23. This background will help you future because you have to learn to pay attention to scriptures. It, it, it will really help you. Matthew 4, verse 23. This is Jesus went all about all the Galilee, teaching in their synagogue, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sicknesses and all manner of diseases among the people. Man, but look at something in, in, in Matthew 5, verse 2. He now says, He opened his mouth and taught them, saying. Now he opened his mouth and taught them, saying. Now look at in Matthew 5, verse 21. It says, You have heard that that which was said of the old time, thou shalt not kill. Whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of judgment. He now says, But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, you know, we now we have changed it to Waka, <laughs> shall be in danger of counsel. Whosoever shall say, Thou fool. Now see, and Jesus now said, O fools. Are you, are you seeing something? He says, Whosoever shall say, Thou fool shall be in danger of fire. Ah, so now, Jesus the word called people fool. So probably Jesus is in, probably Jesus is in hell. <laughs> I'm just joking. Are you, are you seeing something? So now listen, if you if you don't pay attention to scripture now, you will not you will not understand what this is saying. Now, what do we do? Let's go to Exodus 20, verse 13. Let's trace it. Exodus 20, verse 13. Let's trace it. Because, don't forget, Jesus told them, have you not read, right? Exodus 20, verse 13. Are you there? Put your hands in that Matthew 5. Put your hands in that Matthew 5. Exodus 20, verse 13. It says, Thou shalt not what? Kill. So, Jesus, so now look at that verse 21. He got it from Exodus 20, verse 21, Abby. Now, look at Exodus 21, verse 20. Exodus 21, 20. And if a man smites his servant, or his maid, or his rod, he shall die under his hand, and he shall surely be punished. Now, don't forget, he says, Thou shalt not kill, that whosoever shall judge. And being in danger of the so if I, so if I is angry with his brother, I cause his brother to do to I cause shall be in danger of judgment. Are you seeing that now? So you see where he's getting from now. Look at in look at Matthew, that Matthew 5, verse 27 to 28. Where he told them, and he says to and he said, and he, and he have heard that of old time. When he says he have heard by old time, now what's this say? He's just saying the scriptures, Abby. Right, it says that thou shalt not commit adultery, and it says unto you that whosoever looketh at a woman, at a woman to lust after has committed adultery is already in his eyes. And that says in verse twenty-nine, very key. It says if thy high offend thee, pluck it out. I remember when we were younger, when we read this scripture, <laughs> a whole lot of people wanted to cut their eyes. I'm not joking. They say my eyes will make me sin. 
And there's a way they teach this, they, they, they teach those things. They'll tell you, brethren, the scripture says, if your hand will make you sin, cut it off. I mean, if I've heard that those girls will go. <laughs> I say, if your eye, so you will now sit down and be saying, ah, I really want to make heaven. I want to make this heaven. Let me do something. I let me tell you how far I have gone. I've actually put knife inside fire before. About to. Ah. <laughs> you I don't know what you learned that you did not try it. They say you should always learn to practicalize the word now. So I read the scripture and I put fire inside. I put the knife inside the hot fire. So I saw that it was really hot. That how would this thing touch my, my body? That's where I just <laughs> I think I need my entire body. And you know the way they teach you that thing is that on the resurrection morning, all your body will come back together. <laughs> I remember I've heard the gospel before. That on the resurrection morning, your body will come back together. And I don't mind. Then I now ask myself a question. So you want to tell me that you this pastor, you are holy. That's where I started analyzing things from. So why have you not caught your eyes? And let's know that you are obeying the scripture. So you want to tell me that all truth is you were born again. You did not look at any woman and say, ah, I like this woman. <laughs> ah, I don't even get what I'm saying. I started analyzing everything in my head. Well, after, you know when you see fire, you see the real problem. And you say, ah. That's where everything, you, your senses will start coming back. All those no's and no teeth, <laughs> all those being fools. Your head will start reasoning back. You just leave the realm, the foolish realm, and quickly enter the, ah, I'm actually very intelligent. <laughs> because the fire was actually steamy. In fact, when I took the knife out, ah, the, the knife was already very black. Ah, I just thought to myself, well, <laughs> I choose to go to this hell. How many of you made up your mind at some point that this hell fire, I'm going there? <laughs> I made up my mind. I did. I just told myself, should be there fire. So anytime any fire is around, I'll quickly be going there to test it. <laughs> should be this idea. This. <laughs> How many of you did that? In? You know, you know, ah, hey, God, God, have mercy. You put your hand again. You see, you, and the way they told us is one skin. One child of skin, we born. So, and this guy, I'll never forget the guy. This guy kept peeling his skin in school. He was peeling his skin. So I, I, I now went to meet him one day. Are you prepared to go to her so that you will not have skin? <laughs> he will sit down in class. He just be peeling it, peeling it, peeling it. He will start again, peel all his neck. His skin will be very, ah. And I told the guy, I just looked one day, I just said, bro, are you... Is it that you, are, you have settled your mind for air fire so that no, no skin will burn? <laughs> and I told myself, me that I'm this year, ah, it's done for me. I'm, I'm already done for. Because <laughs> they told you, one strand, 1,000 years. Chapter what verse what? Where did, they, where did they get that doctrine from? Doctrine from hell. See, one strand or see. I looked through the scripture after a while. I can't find it. Where one strand of skin we born from for 1,000 years, what side of your eye? Ah, like 10,000. So I thought to myself, so one skin will be taking this time to burn? I thought it was really, really gushing fire. It should just burn at once and you just perish. Even normal fire go, it will just melt the skin. So which one is now this fire taking long? <laughs> 
<laughs> Why is the fire taking that long to burn? You know, the way I started analyzing all this fire, because I didn't zero in my mind that that's where I will actually end up. There's a way, there's a way some preachers will preach that even they, when they say, please come and be born again, even they too will say, even me too, I'm a sinner. <laughs> See, the, the way we came out for what I call when we were much younger, eh? the day I stopped coming out was when it dawned on me that I was a preacher. That ah, I actually have members in my church that I cannot go out again. So, because when the people finish preaching, they say, if you want to give your life to Christ, come out. I know those are the very silent moments. Everybody just be looking around. Eh? You know, they don't tell you, close your eyes. Close your eyes. Don't let those, don't let anybody see what you are doing. Close your eyes. So, I'm not too soji. I say, ah, I think I have to go. So, they say, ah, you want to go back so that we will not go back to church on Sunday. And our people will be looking at us and say, we just got born again. Ah, I just say, it's true. <laughs> I cannot do it. Because our members were in the service that day. So, we don't say, Knew that we'd be telling them we are men of God. We are doing this and that. We will not still come out here. They say, hmm, Pastor. <laughs> that was how I stopped coming out. The consciousness dawned on me that, ah, I can't be coming out again. So when you read all of these things, where is it from? Let's go to Exodus 20, verse 14. Exodus 20, verse 14. So, an agnosco will come again where you have to pay attention to details. Look at an agnosco. It says, Thou shalt not commit adultery. Look at it, Deuteronomy 5, verse 18. Still put your hand in that Matthew 5. Oh. Look at Deuteronomy 5, verse 18. Are you there? It says that neither shall what? Thou commit adultery. Now, go to Leviticus 20.10. It will now make sense. Leviticus 20.10. You know what we are doing? Do you know what we are doing? We are doing anaginosco. We are trying to look at it properly. Anaginosco. Let's read it together. Leviticus 20.10. Want to ready go? Neighbor's wife and the adulterer and the adulteress shall be put to the. Now, see what to. Do you notice that? I'm going to show you something later. Maybe not now. When the scripture says, when in the New Testament, where they misinterpreted the scripture and said the adulterer should be stoned. Do you notice that in this place, they say both the adulterer and the adulteress, they should be put to death. But do you notice that there seem to be more emphasis on the adulteress? On the woman figure being stoned. I don't know if you, I don't know if you, I don't know, if you know what I'm talking about. Now, do you know why? Anaginosco, they did not pay attention to details. What Moses said. Now, this is a law for them, not for you. You are not a Jew. You are not the one going to Canaan land. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? Now, see. But we are looking now. But this is very valid because it's in the scriptures. It's very valid. You can't dispute it. So now, look at what he now says in Matthew 5, verse 31. Put you, take your take your eyes back to Matthew 5, verse 31. He says, And he has said, Whosoever shall put away his light 
let him give him a writing of div of divorcement. He now says in verse 32, but I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery, and whosoever shall marry her that is divorced, committed adultery. So if you even can marry her back, you have committed adultery too. So now, where did he get this from? Deuteronomy 24, verse 1. Don't forget, we are still trying to answer where we came from in Matthew 19. No? Remember? Remember the question that they asked Jesus? Have you, have you forgotten? You can't forget now. Deuteronomy 24. I remember enjoying Bible study. Like this. Okay, cool. Deuteronomy 24, verse 1. Let's, let's do this together. Want to ready go? When a man has taken his wife and married her, and it cometh to pass that she find no favor in his eyes, because he has found some uncleanness in that, let her write a bill of divorcement and give it to her hand and send her out of the house. So that means you don't just send anybody, you give her the bill of divorcement. So you hold a, a certificate all around you and say, My husband has sent me will. This is my divorce. So now I'm open to the market. Who wants to marry me, brethren? <laughs> so you can come to church and say, My husband has given me. Bill of divorcement. <laughs> because the person said, let him give you. You know, it's not this way where you go to court. You know, today in our, in our whole world, you have to go to court and collect divorcement. This one is the husband that will give you the divorcement. Say, I don't want you to just take, move out. So when you get to church, you say, brethren, testimony time, victory time. <laughs> the, Lord, the Lord has done it again. <laughs> <laughs> I've been served breakfast. <laughs> you know, different things. Now, so, again, now, look at in Matthew 5. Go back to that Matthew 5, verse 33. It says, again, you have heard that it has been said by the old time that thou shalt not swear themselves, but whosoever shall perform the laws unto the Lord thy oath, but he says, Swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is the throne, nor of the earth, for it is the fools too, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of God, neither thou shalt swear. So that one we used to say, I, I swear I did not do it. You know what I'm Neither shall thou. So now, look at the fact. If you were trying to follow all this law, you would have actually died before your time. Now, look at the Exodus 20. Let's see where they quoted this law from. Exodus 20. We are just doing an agino school. Paying attention to details. Put your hands there. Uh, put your hands in that Matthew 5. And let's go back to Exodus 20. Do you know what we're doing? We're trying to trace Jesus's asking them to pay attention to details in Matthew 19. All right, look at Matthew, Exodus 20, verse 7. <clears throat> Exodus 20, verse 7. It says, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord in vain. For the Lord will hold him guiltless and take it in vain. Look at this, Deuteronomy 5, verse 11. Deuteronomy 5, 11. Are you there? I'll wait for you. Please try, let's try and open scriptures. It will help you. It's, it's so good when you see it yourself, Dan, when it's being quoted. You know why, why it's good to bring Bible to church? It sticks. So when you are having conversation with somebody, you can remember... Ah, Pastor will put this scripture before. Even if you don't remember, you just know that it's in Deuteronomy somewhere. I don't know if that happens to you. You will just do it. It, it sticks. That, me, me, many a times, when, when somebody, in fact, even if I watch somebody on TV and I see a scripture, the next thing I do is I will go and look for my Bible. 
to check it myself. Because just seeing it inside my old Bible, it sticks. So one day, maybe when I preach and I will remember the scripture, I'll just say, ah, this is where it is. Are you getting what I'm saying? It sticks. He helps you. Deuteronomy 5 verse 11. He says, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord the God in vain, for the Lord shall hold him guiltless and take him that take him in vain. Look at Leviticus 19.12. It will now make sense properly. Now you see that these guys had so much laws. And you'll be wondering, how did they keep them? I don't know if you wonder that thing. How did these guys keep it? Well, we will soon get there. Leviticus 19.12. He says, And ye shall not swear by my name falsely, neither shall thou profane the name of the Lord, for I am the Lord. So now, I will just... We'll probably just, uh, if, you, if you read the verse 38, we could pick, I can pick all of those things and show you where it was written. But uh, because of our time, we'll just skip most of those things where it says, and have you said a high for an high, a tooth for a tooth. Let's just, maybe we should say it, maybe we should check it. Exodus 21, 22, where it says a high for a high, a tooth for a tooth. I remember one day I was fighting with somebody. <laughs> Don't let me tell you this story. So you're not gonna, you're not gonna do the same thing I did. It was years ago, not yesterday. And we, me and my friends, I high for a high, a tooth for a tooth. <laughs> you don't want to know that doctrine. Exodus <laughs> 21 verse 22 says, if a man strive for a woman to hurt the child, a machine. Look at the verse 24. It says, eye for a eye, tooth for a tooth, hand for a hand, foot for foot. Bunny for bunny, wound for wound, strife for strife. <laughs> you know what this thing shows you is like, say, this for this. <laughs> so, it now says, but if a man smite the high of the servant or the high of the maid, for he perish, he shall let him go free for his eye's sake. So, a whole lot of uh, constitution like that you can see in the Taonomi. Just write this down Leviticus 24, verse 19 to 20. The Taonomi 19, 19 to 20, to help you. Understanding as touching that aspect. So in studying the word, we must always pay attention to what Peter said or what Jesus said, knowing fully well that an anagnosco is involved. So we'll just expand from there and we'll just try and try and move on. Let's go back to our Matthew 19. Let's go back to our Matthew 19. Let's see where it's, where, where it started from. So the, is it that God told them, now the question with me and you have to ask ourselves now, was that, is it that God told them that they should put away their wives? Now let's go back to that Matthew 19. It will now make sense. Because there has to be an anaginosko. Go back to that Matthew 19, verse 3. Let's read it together. Unto them, tempting him and saying unto him, Is it lawful for every man? Now, when they ask, when they say something of, Is it lawful for every man? Now, guess what, what, guess what is happening? They are trying to ask Jesus a, a, a question as a, uh, Should you know what they are doing? Maybe they are already tired with, of their wives already. So they are just saying, Should I put my wife away? Is it lawful for everybody to just be throwing their wives away and be giving it lawful? Ah, Jesus now said, Guys, who don't know? Have you not read, that is, have you not paid attention that that which made them, made them, made them so Jesus told them to back to Genesis, right? I've always told you, 
I don't know if I've told you this, but let me tell you. One of the best ways to answer people's questions is start from the beginning. That's why if you notice one way we study scriptures, I don't know if you notice that there's a way we study scriptures. We go to the first place it was used. I don't know if you have observed that. We now start tracing it down, tracing it down, bringing it back in perspective. Do you know how? That's how Jesus taught, that's how Jesus taught them. He, took, he always take them back to Genesis. So he now said in verse 5, For he said, uh, for he said, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and he now says, the two shall be twain, shall be, he says, the two, and they shall cleave to his wife, and the twain shall be one flesh. Do you know that's Genesis? That says, wherefore shall no more twain, but one flesh. For what God has joined together, let not man put asunder. He now says in verse 7, they now said, look at how they now said, look at them, mischievous guys. They now said, so they said unto him, why did Moses then command? Ah, uh-uh. Jesus said, ah, uh-uh. go and read again now. The nasty ass again. Why did Moses then now command to give the writing of divorcement and put her away? So he answered them very well. He said, and he said unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, Skelokadia in the Greek, suffered you to put away your wife. From, from the beginning, it was not so. So that means God's original plan was never for that to happen. Are you seeing it? So now, now pay, pay attention to details now. So that means in studying the scriptures, you have to understand there are some things that happened via the law of Moses and because of the hardness of the heart of men. So you have to trace it and look at it side by side. Okay, what happened here? What happened here? I don't know if you are following me to this point. Let me see your hands. Okay, cool. <clears throat> so he now says, and I say unto you, Sarah shall put away his wife, and blah, 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 blah. He now says, he committed. So he, Jesus quoted that same scripture again to let them see what he was saying. So now the scripture is very clear. So the, the scripture is very clear to us. We just have to pay attention to what it is saying. Once you learn how to pay attention to the scriptures, you will obviously know what it is saying. Because of my time, I would actually love to explain the incarnation a bit. But let's, let me, maybe we should look at the incarnation. So we will now gradually progress into our study. Look at John 1.14. Are you enjoying this? Sure about it? All right, John 1, 14. Let's look at Let's look at something in the incarnation. We'll progress it from there, and we'll look at miracle signs, wonders, exploring the four Gospels. He says the word became flesh, and it dwelt among us. I will be at his glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So, one thing you must understand is that Jesus clearly is God. The very minute you want to think that Jesus is not God, something is wrong somewhere. Jesus is God that became a man. So now, if you read in John 1, verse 1 to 14, 1 Timothy 3.6, look at 1 Timothy 3.16. says, I without controversies. Let's go there. 1 Timothy 3.16. Great is the mystery of godliness. Let's, let's look at 1 Timothy 
Are you there? Let's show you together. One, two, go. Controversy. Grace is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the word, and received up to glory. So now, is humanity, is words. If you read it also in Philippians 2, verse 5 to 7, Hebrews 1, verse 1 to 3, it says, God who has sundry time and in diverse manners spoke to his prophets in suffering past, and in his last days spoken to us through his son. You, when you read all of those things, you will see that his words, his works, are a revelation of God the Father to us. When you see that, when you see that his words, his works, they are a revelation of God the Father to us. Now, I'm, I'm approaching my subject now, and this is, I, I will need you to pay careful attention. Now, he gave a very unique mode of explaining the scriptures, like we've seen, and we said other Ginosko, right? So now, one thing you should learn now, in this my introduction, is anaginosco, right? Such that you pay attention to details, you pick it from the beginning again, right? You read it and read it over and over again, right, guys? So that you are not a fool, right? Right, guys? You are not dull of hearing. Now, see. So, it was known in all of Israel. Now, who is Jesus? Jesus was known in all of Israel as a teacher, as a rabbi also. Somebody, that's why they called him rabbi. So, at some point, do you know who a rabbi is? A rabbi is that man who mentors people, who teaches children, who teaches young people the Torah also. So at some point in Jesus' ministry, he was seen to be teaching a whole lot. He was a teacher. So you cannot take away the teaching ministry of Jesus. You can't. So now, he was a rabbi. And the focus of his explanations were from the scriptures, the sufferings of Christ and the glory that will follow. We read it in Luke 24 where it says, ought not to have, uh, ought not to have, uh, huh? ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory. And beginning from Moses and all the prophets, he began to expand unto them the things concerning the scriptures. Now watch something carefully. So he was known as a teacher, a rabbi. So a rabbi is somebody, an expositor of the scriptures. What's, what's the scriptures? Genesis to Malachi, right? A rabbi is that guy who explains it to people, who teaches people, who mentors people about it. So that's why that's, that's, that word disciples was not strange to them. Because anybody who will be seated under a rabbi will be a disciple of the rabbi. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's just like, there's something we call my pastor. We call my pastor rabbi because we are disciples of him. So we just say, ah, rabbi, you know everything. <laughs> so, in fact, on his birthday, we used to say rabbi 511. <laughs> so, so Jesus was that guy who teaches men the scriptures, who explains. So when you see that term, disciples, right, it was not foreign to their world. It, was, it just simply means... These guys are learning as students and learning at the feet of Jesus. Are you getting what I'm saying? So now, so he was known for teaching and he was also known in Israel as the healer of the sick, one who does miracles, 
who does signs and wonders. I'm, I'm already approaching my subject now, so you have to pay attention. So he was known as somebody who does miracles, someone who does signs and wonders, mighty signs and wonders. He, 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 he was clear that he heals the sick, thus miracles, signs and wonders. And he made it very clear to his audience that his word and his works are the work of the Father. So that means there was a unique way. I want you to pay attention to this. There was a unique way Jesus taught that was different from the way the Pharisees taught. You know the Pharisees also had students under them too. Hope you know. Every Pharisee has a student under them that they were teaching. Are you getting what I'm saying? They had a Pharisee under there that they were teaching. They had somebody they were teaching and explaining the scriptures to. So everybody just had. In fact, that's why you will see Paul's life. The Bible says Paul was schooled by the Gamaliel. And who is the Gamaliel? Gamaliel was that guy who explains and teaches people the law. So, but there was a unique way with Jesus' ministry. Such that he wasn't just only an expositor of the scripture. He was now also an healer of the sick. Which was, eh, let me say, let me say quite a bit strange to them. But not really strange because they've seen Moses. They've seen Elijah in the scriptures. They've seen all of those guys in the scripture wrought miracles. So it wasn't a bit really strange. But it was just like, ah, if you're also a rabbi like us, uh, why is your own different? I, I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So that's why you read in Acts 10 verse 13 where it says, ah, Jesus went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So who is Jesus? Jesus is a teacher, and also he was known in the scripture as an healer of the sick. One who does miracles, signs, and wonders. And he made it very clear to his, and, and he made it very clear that his words and his works are the work of the Father. So when you see the incarnation, Jesus revealed the Father in his words via the preaching and his teaching ministry from the Old Testament, and his works also, his healing ministry, the miracle signs and wonders which he did. So it's vital for us to note that. He committed the same thing also to the apostles. So the apostles now became teachers of the law and also healers of the sick. That's why you will see all that happened in the book of Acts. If time permits us today, we will look at the four Gospels. We want to explore the four Gospels now. Four Gospels is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right? Now, I will also look at also the book of Acts, if time permits us. So, we are in for a good ride, right? We are in for a good ride. So, he taught them, and he taught them, and he also taught them. You know, Jesus also taught them how to heal the sick. He taught them to heal the sick. He taught them the gospel. He taught them everything. So it was clear that the teaching from the scriptures, so that means there is a right teaching and there is a false teaching. Because now, what did the other rabbis see that did not help them to teach, the, teach healings and miracles when it's in, actually in the scriptures? When I say scriptures, now I mean in the Old Testament. Are you seeing it? You see where, you, you see, now, if, if, if you've been paying attention, what, what are the things that, what are the things that happened now will be anagenosko, right? Okay. 
Can we say another Gino school? They fail to pay certain attention to certain details. Are you seeing it? <laughs> so now it's clear that teaching from the scripture can be referred to as there are, some, there are some teachings that can be referred to as false gospel, doctrines of the devil, commandment of men, and other gospel. That's why you see that there was a whole lot of Jesus' explanation on that. That, see, stop following some false gospel, stop following some erroneous teaching, stop following doctrines of men, stop following fables. You keep seeing all of those instructions in Scripture. And do you know that? In this our world today, we are still faced with that thing that Jesus warned us about, that even the apostles warned us about. False doctrines, erroneous teachings, different kind of explanations of the scriptures. We are still faced with things like that. So, we begin our study. Now, let's see. Are you ready for this? We're just starting. Amen. Are you guys looking tired already? Ah, but you, you have time to sleep now. No, no, no. We're just, we're just getting started now. I, all I've been doing since was just to lay a foundation to where we are going. All right, act two. Let's start. Ah. <laughs> act two, verse 22. Okay, I, 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 I beg you. If you want to sleep, start sleeping now. And if you want to stay awake, stay awake now. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? This is very key. I believe that this will stir up the gifting of God in you. I'm so sure. Act 2, verse 22. We want to explore miracle signs and wonders. Why did Jesus do them? Why, why? Or you can say, if you want to title something, you can say, why Jesus? <laughs> why? Why did you have to? What's our business with healing the sick? Why did you have to do it? All right. Look at the first sermon. That, the first sermon. This Act 2 is the first sermon of Peter. And this was the first sermon that Peter preached upon the resurrection. And he said, Ye men of Israel, hear these words. He now says, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and sign which God did by him in the midst of you ye also yourself know so he said ye men of Israel hear these words now this was his first sermon that is we can simply call this the first preaching after the resurrection to a public audience are you getting what I'm saying this was the first sermon that they preached to the 30,000 people and he said ah men of Israel that is when he says men of Israel, my fellow people, or fellow Nigerians, that, uh, uh, my fellow country people, do you get what I'm saying? Or good morning Americans. How they used to say that thing? Uh, eh? Fellow Americans. Ye, 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 ye. <laughs> so we in Nigeria will say, uh, good morning, my. Only my country. What, this is different. What, everybody, 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 what, <laughs> everybody has different. <laughs> what, everybody has different words in Nigeria right now. But I think America is, and you must end every statement in America with "God bless America." Really, what if God does not want to bless? I remember I watched this kid 
what they say, God bless you if it is necessary. <laughs> so, <laughs> somebody said, so he was the person who was abusing the person. I said, I'm leaving you. God bless you if it is necessary. <laughs> A whole lot of things are just happening. <laughs> so he now says, hear these words. Now look at how he described Jesus. Now, let me tell you, which other person will be very sweeter to listen to than somebody that was trained by Jesus. Are you seeing it? Who has the right kind of explanation than somebody that, ah, three and a half years of their life, they were following one man. They were taught, they were schooled, they saw things with their eyes. Are you getting what You know, this same guy, Peter, Jesus walked on water. He said, bid me come. <laughs> He wanted to say, ah, who, who, who is you <laughs> that you can walk on water and I cannot walk? I'm coming. I just say, ah, come. And he stepped on it. He said, eh, really? Eh, you know, <laughs> he's like, I'm sure he must have thought his leg like this. Really? Can this, I'm not seeing you. Ah, he took the next step. He took the next step. I'm sure when he started dawning on him that, ah, I'm actually walking on water. That's why he started sinking. <laughs> <laughs> This is a guy who has first-hand experience. And let me tell you, can I think again to say that they are foundational apostles. You cannot take away their experience. Paul does not even have the kind of experience he had. They walk with the Lord and Savior Jesus. You know you, you are preaching the same guy. You don't understand. You and I today now, we are preaching Jesus. They saw the person we are preaching. <laughs> they walked with the person they are saying. They slept with the person they are preaching. They even, I'm sure... Jesus was have asked them, give me toilet room in the toilet. <laughs> they sure they will have seen Jesus snow. They will have seen Jesus. You know, they saw the person we are preaching. You can't take away that fact from them. That's that actually that 12. You can't take away. So you don't blame Thomas. You know, we cast against Thomas, you know, like Bro Matthew. <laughs> You know, because Bro Matthew is our Thomas in this church. You know, but so don't castigate anybody. They, they could not, so, when, so that's why, upon the resurrection, when they saw that he actually died and woke it and raised up, to be honest, they did not believe it. Ah, you don't understand. Okay, let's do it this way. Imagine I teach you today and I say, after vision is possible, I'm going for three days and I'll be back. you like, are you traveling? Are you guys going to say, and you don't, don't forget, in John 40, he told them, in my father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. I go and prepare a place for you. So wondering. Maybe he wants to go and... <laughs> Maybe he's leaving Jerusalem to another city to go and do missionary journey. <laughs> As the events are playing now, they saw that ah, Judas came. Jesus kissed Jesus. They arrested Jesus. Ah. The thing was looking like a film tree to them. All of a sudden, their Lord and Savior Jesus was on the cross. Ah! <laughs> you don't understand. You can't, you, see, I found out in history that the way Jesus was preaching, he did not let them know on time. It was like he kept teaching them, he kept explaining to them. He didn't even start teaching them about his going till maybe like a week or two. That I found that out in history. That Jesus didn't really tell them. That's why if you notice, 
Go and start, if you read the synoptic gospel, the way the sequence was written, it was written that towards the ending of his life, that's when, towards the ending of the chapters, that's when they started telling us about his death, his burial. So they were just there learning the beatitudes, healing the sick, doing miracles. And they were, so all of a sudden, they were, you know, Jesus now interpreted Peter. Who do you men say I am? Matthew 16. Peter said, others said, they say, what do people say I am? So they say, you are John the Baptist. Ah. <laughs> but they just saw John the Baptist. They beheaded John the Baptist. The Bible says, they, they say they need them, but John the Baptist said on the butcher. They just saw John the Baptist going. They say, ah, okay. Who do men say I am? Others say he was Jeremiah. Maybe because he used to cry. Maybe they saw him, Jesus wept. So they say, <laughs> this must have been a lamentation guy. You see, Hoda says, you see, some say you are John the Baptist, some say you are Jeremiah, some say you are Elijah. Ah, ah. Maybe, you know, in that look nine, when he says, should you call that fire again? And he said, no. They say, are you sure this is really Elijah? So, conflictions. <laughs> conflictions were in their heart. I, I wonder why they never said Moses. <laughs> I don't know why they never said Moses. Peter now said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Ah, Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. He now says, upon this rock will I build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. Then Jesus now started telling him about the resurrection. And the same guy who said, who said flesh and blood has not revealed, started casting out the devil from Jesus. Let's take, let me show you. Go to Mark 2, 16. <laughs> he started casting out the devil from Jesus. He said, ah, master, still say that. But you just said he's the Christ. Do you know what the Christ is coming to do? Look at Matthew 16. Look at Matthew 16. Let's see. Look at it, verse 16. Matthew 16, verse 16. And Simon Peter answered and said, Are you there? That Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, Ah, Blessed are thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this. Then he said all of those things, he said. Look at it, verse 20. Then charge ye his disciples that they tell no man that it was Jesus Christ. So Jesus actually told them, don't tell anybody. See, see, so you see that secret too can be kept. You see discretion in ministry. Eh? Jesus said, don't tell anybody here too that I'm Christ. Ah, you know they would have you. Don't worry, we are used to keeping secrets. Maybe we've kept the secret in... <laughs> We've kept so many secrets, don't worry. I said, from that time, so Jesus now started telling them gradually the secrets. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples how that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders, the chief priests, the scribes, and be killed and raise up the third day. Ah. Then Peter took him. You don't understand. <laughs> Let me show you what he did. Baby, come. <laughs> Peter took him. You see, it's just like as he's a city. Ah, master, come. You see, be it, be it far from thee. Ah, he took him. Peter actually took him away from the disciples. What are you saying? Don't say it again. <laughs> are you cursing yourself? That's what Jesus, that's what they did. He said, be it far from thee. And Jesus looked at him and said, get thee away from me, devil. Look, girl, see that you are not the devil. He <laughs> <laughs> now says, Get thee away from me, Satan, for that's a voice, thou not the things that be of God, but the things that be of me. Ah. 
His disciples said unto, did Jesus said unto this, if any man come after him, let him deny, he said, ah, they just kept wondering, ah, what is this? <laughs> so you mean, this guy is going to die? They just thought, maybe it's a parable, yeah. that he will come and explain it to them, he will come and explain it to them later. <laughs> I'm not joking, no. History had it to be that. They were not prepared. If they were really prepared, Peter might not have been denied him. He would have planned everything to do. But everything just came all at once in their face. Are you getting what I'm saying? You see, if they even knew, they probably would have stopped it. They would go and hide him. Hope you know. They would hide their master. They just go and say, Master, you are not going anywhere today. She be today that is going to happen. Don't worry, we day your back. They will go and hire guys, blocked guessing money. <laughs> Once they come, shoot. <laughs> shoot. <laughs> I'm not joking. Peter would have done it. Hope you know. Ah. They would have. Somebody that. Do you notice that? That woman with the issue of blood. Let me tell you what the disciples of Jesus used to do. We watch Jesus' movie. All those passion of Christ. You notice they are always doing bodyguard for Jesus. Check it. Maybe that's why they always have his sword. If you try anything about our mask, I would, I would, I would <laughs> if you touch our mask, I would, I would, I would, I would, I would kill you. <laughs> so they would do bodyguard for Jesus. So the, the woman with Jesus will know that, ah, with that kind of crowd and with that kind of protocol, it's going to be very difficult to see Jesus. So she just she just crazy. If I just touch the end, last song, I just look for a way she doesn't give. I just dodge, dodge my head. <laughs> I just touch the end. But trust the disciples. Ah, imagine Thomas. You want to go and try Thomas. Or Andrew. Or these guys were which guys were tried the what the one that says Jesus loved him the most, John. You're not gonna touch him. You're not gonna touch the, Jesus. <laughs> they will have stopped the resurrection. So they didn't know. They actually didn't know. So they were surprised. They were very surprised. He caught them on our way. If not, I'm tell the way they would do just tell Master, Master, how about you sleep? Or they would not put palliative on Jesus' food. Sleep, don't worry. We'll just carry you, go and dig you somewhere, hide you, you know. <laughs> so now let's go back to that heart. So, if there, is a, if there is somebody in the credible account that will believe, will take Peter. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because this guy worked with Jesus. So, if, Jesus, if Peter tells you, Jesus did miracle signs and wonders, ah, believe him. You have to believe him. This is a guy who worked with him, who's, who was there all the time. So, he said, ye men of Israel, hear these words. Acts 2.22. A man approve of God by you, miracles, signs, and wonders, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourself know. So now, what's his sign? Now, let's ask ourselves. What's his sign? Sign is the Greek word simeon. S-E-M-E-I-O-N. S-E-M-E-I-O-N. And it refers to an indicator or a proof indicator or a proof indicator or a proof now let me let's let's see where it was used go to Matthew 12 
verse 39. Now, why do we check where it was used? Scriptures, we always explain scriptures. When you say I was used in that text, it gives you a proper application of the word. Now, look at Matthew 12, 39. And he answered and said unto them, and even an adulterous generation seek after what? A proof, right? Can we say it's a proof? Can we say it's an indicator? Right? Right? The sign. Now look at in Mark 16, verse 17. And these signs, can we say, and these proofs? Right? Can we say, and these proofs? Can we say, and this indicator, right? You can also say, you can also call signs, it shows the presence of another. The presence of another. You can also say signs shows the presence of another. It shows the presence of another. It shows the presence of another. Look at John 3, 2. Are you learning something today? John 3, 2. The same came to Jesus by night and said, Thou art, I said unto him, Rabbi. Rabbi simply means teacher. We know that thou art a teacher from God. And then that says, For no man does these miracles as that thou doest, except God be with him. He, the guy acknowledged it that, ah. <laughs> so can we say that's the presence of another? Except God be with him, right? Okay. Look at Romans 15, verse 19. You will open scripture to deal. Just said something. Because how do you expect me to teach you without scripture? Romans 15, verse 19. Are you there? It says, true mighty signs and wonders. So can we say, true a proof, an indicator, the presence of another? It says, by the power of the Spirit that from Jerusalem and around the Baliconium, I have fully preached the gospel. So what's a sign? When we say, when we say, my signs and wonders, I beg you, please, eh? this will bless you. I need you to follow me. I don't even want to yield the seat very well. You want to follow me. When he says something is a sign, it means I want to show you a proof. I want to show you an indicator of something. See, let me tell you. The best way to preach the gospel is with signs. A proof. If somebody asks you, what's the proof of what I'm saying that is true in the scriptures? Heal the sick. Call a word of knowledge. Show them a sign. That's the best way. We don't have another sign. God did not give us any other. It shows the presence of somebody else backing you up. So, Peter said in that Acts 2, he says, Yeah, ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God, among you, 
by mighty, by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did by him in the midst, as you yourself know. Now, what does wonders mean? Wonders is from the Greek word theras, T-E-R-A-S. 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 <clears throat> and it refers to the reaction of an onlooker. Like, do you know when they say wonder means? Like, <gasps> like this, like, look at me, guys. Huh? Something that will make you do that. Huh? How did this happen? You know, there's something that trend on TikTok. Uh, people will do a video and you say how people nearly escaped. I don't know if everyone nearly escaped a tragic situation. Maybe a train wanted to eat them. Something would just leak, take them away. <laughs> I don't know if you know that video. <laughs> you know, that's, that's a wonder. Like, <laughs> how did this happen? So, Peter was saying, Jesus wrought science, proof. And it, the things he did, people were like this, were stunned, like... <gasps> How did this happen? And you know, yesterday night, I was, yesterday afternoon, I was showing you something about Moses and the miracles that Moses wrought. Do you know that? It's quite a wonder to stand beside a sea, three million people. Do you know that? It's actually a sea you can It's actually in front of a sea three million people can stand because it's quite large. So imagine a, a, a let me say, like a beach in our today's world. Imagine how large a beach is and that water and everything. And they just saw it in their very eye. You know, that's a wonder. <gasps> and yet, <laughs> I can't call them my brothers and sisters. <laughs> Those guys did not believe. It's quite shocking. <laughs> it's quite shocking. I will explain that thing to you guys as the years progress. So now, look at John 4 verse 48. We are looking at wonders. So wonders means the reaction of an onlooker. Let's see where it was used. John 4 48. Are you following me? John 4. John, John. I remember when we were younger, there's a preacher we used to listen to. This is how he talks. John, John, chapter 4. John, John, chapter 4, verse 48. He says, he says, and Jesus said unto him, except ye see signs and wonders, you will not believe. <laughs> we grew up in that, in that place. So good times. Not so good times. Because we're only scared. <laughs> good and not so good times. All right, John 4, verse 48. It says, Except ye see signs, signs a proof, an indicator, and a reaction. That means you can go to Walmart and cause the entire Walmart to do like this. <gasps> That's a wonder. I was trying to explain this in glory meeting last year. I just could we the Holy Ghost could <laughs> the Holy Ghost could give us that enough time for it. I remember that session. I was trying to explain because that. See, we can get somewhere now and spark a reaction. 
intentionally, very deliberate. Now, look at Acts 2.9, Acts 2.19. I'm going to walk you through scriptures because obviously, <laughs> uh, we have to see from the scriptures. Look at Acts 2.19. It says, I will show wonders in heaven above and signs on the earth. That is a reaction, right? Indicators, right? Look at Hebrews 2.4. Then we're going to walk through the miracles of Jesus soon. Look, we're about to do that now. But look at Hebrews 2.4. <clears throat> Hebrews 2.4, God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders, and with diverse miracles, and the gift of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. So, from the way it was used, it is obvious that it has to do with the response of the audience. So, when you see wonders, it's the response of the audience. Like, what, what, like, what? Oh, my God. Wow. How is this done? That's a wonder. That means you have sparked a wonder. Oh, my God. It stood up. Wonder. Oh my God! Like wow! Yay! Orimio! Someone say yay! You remember people? Say, yay! I don't know why it's the first thing they always come up with. Yay! They now hold their head. <laughs> <laughs> what? This is insane. This is crazy. That's wonder. <laughs> Once you see people reacting that way, it's the response of it, of the audience. Once you see the audience reacting that way, say, whoa, this is crazy. I'm not saying you do magic. <laughs> See, I like a lot, I watch a lot of these magic videos. It makes me, it just chills me. Like, how do, because a friend of mine, I don't know, he, he started chasing money. He would have blew, you would have been, there's, he would have, have actually been seen him on TV if he had pursued the career very well. But the guy, the guy left it for money. We're in university. He just picked my phone. He just took something, something came out of my phone. I said, ah! He just did card. And they're always wearing card, they're always wearing jackets because they have their tools inside. So they don't kick them. <laughs> and the thing is, you know, how many of you have watched Now You See Me? Ah, how many of you have watched it? Part one, part two, I love that movie. Now, in fact, I watch it every year. There are movies I watch every year. That's Now You See Me. If I've not flown in a long time, that's the next movie I want to go and watch on the air. No matter what, no matter the trending movie online. I must see that now. You see me for the first. In fact, I still watched it maybe like last month or two months ago. And I've, this is me. I've watched it, watched it, watched it. The first one came out 2013. Second one came out, I think, 2015 or something. I've watched it, watched it. But I just like the fact that these guys will just sit down, do card, boom. 
They deceive the whole audience, did everything. I like it. And you just like, whoa, what a world. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> when most movie did I watch, they say, Ooh, yeah, yeah. Oh, who is the moon? Ooh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, so it's the reaction of an onlooker. Now, and this is not magic. This is not card game. This is something supernatural. Are you seeing it? Something supernatural. So this clearly shows that Jesus' ministry in the whole of Israel, he did miracles, signs, and wonders. And that fact was known in his all, all over Israel. So that means almost every time in Israel, the news we just broadcast. Hi, we're just reporting live from, uh, from the Canaan of Galilee, uh, where Jesus turned another water to wine. Oh my God, what a wow! <laughs> so a whole lot of that was happening in the whole of Israel in the, in the in three years. So they'll just be they'll just be on their own again, breaking news. Jesus, the father of Joseph, the, the son of Joseph. And the mother of Mary, Abby, the, the son of Mary, <laughs> whoever, is that the mother? At least now, who is the father? <laughs> who is fathering who? <laughs> so it's only a privilege. That's why they told, the agent told Mary, say, that highly favored. The agent did not know how to say it very well. The agent is just like, ah, who are you that you carry the son of God? Like the real God. Say, wow. Is it? The agent, the agent was even dazed. Like, is it holy Mary, full of grace? He <laughs> said, ah, you must be so graced. God decided to use your entire stomach in the whole of Israel. <laughs> so who is fathering who now? So Jesus' mother was just using privilege. But then, if it was me that was Jesus' mother, I would have flogged Jesus very well. At least, let me flog God. Let it be on record that I flogged God <laughs> before God vanished. <laughs> Because like I, I would, yeah, if I was one that they gave me that privilege to pass, that's why Jesus could not have pity me too. I gave me the, I, yeah, see that? You see, you are God. Now answer my prayer. Give me hundred million dollars straight. Hundred million dollar. Answer me now. I will just list all my needs that I will need forever. Oh yeah, start giving me before you die, <laughs> because it has been reported in the description that you will die. You bury, you raise it before you die. You know, that's why the disciples were asking him after the resurrection. When again will you turn the kingdom of Jerusalem? Because they were like, ah, all this tyranny we are going through. Oh yeah, quickly, quickly, change it before you go. <laughs> Jesus said, for, for you is not known to know the times and seasons. They don't want you. Which type of mystery man is this guy? <laughs> so every day in Israel, breaking news. Jesus again has done it. He has done it again. Breaking news. So everybody's already used to like, ah, everything's always happening with Jesus. So that's why when you hear that woman with the issue of blood, see, for she heard. Are you seeing it? Are you seeing it? It was known all over Israel. Ah! <laughs> that ministry. That was why some people now brought, the, the, you know, when the disciples stood out there doing their own, they were like, ah, this church is a church of miracle. 
Imagine. That was why people started following Jesus. That was why in John 6, Jesus had to separate all the disciples when he told them and said, Virgin, I'm that bread. Ah. They said, so we will not eat any bread again. He said, no, I'm the bread which your father ate in the wilderness and died. Ah. <laughs> they wonder, ah. What's this guy say? Bible says, and from there, so many disciples departed from him. Because they were with him because of miracle. To eat bread every day. He said, ah, they thought 5,000 loads of, five loads of bread, two fishes. They thought another one, ah, we die here. Bread ministry. They, <laughs> if it was you, you're not going to that guy your church. They turn your money to, they turn your $10 to $10,000. They will not wake you up to come to service. You will be there every day. You say, ah, who knows? And I say, how much is your bank account now? It's going to be turned. <laughs> so you just say, wow, my account is 10,000. Let's say your account is 1,000. It's going to be turned to 10,000 every Sunday. <laughs> Every nobody will tell you to come to church by yourself. You just be a Christian. That's why I'm still teaching you how you will not backslide yesterday. Purpose, bottom of purpose. See, I, I can never be bored. I have a purpose. <laughs> you first go and buy private jets, go and buy a car, go and buy everything. You come back again. They will turn and show me, they will turn it. So when they kept coming and they saw that nothing is turning. Everything we are just here is the word, the word. Ah, they sat down. Jesus, ah, ah, Jesus will just be teaching. Ah, ah. Jesus now went to now teach and offend them and say, you know that bread you people ate that day? It's what your father said to the wilderness and died. Ah. You know, in their mind, they said, thinking, so you mean I will die soon? <laughs> With the bread? That the Bible says, they kept, they stopped following. So Peter now said, the Jesus now asked the 12 disciples and said, would you stop? Would you follow the ah? Peter said, ah. Where should we go to? We have left all to follow you. You have the words of life, <laughs> because they just thought to themselves, ah. So I will not. I will stop doing miracles. People will start. Will stop calling me man of God. You know. So people will now come to Jesus specially and say, your disciple could not cast out this devil, because it was known all over Israel. So it's like saying the whole of Rochester now. Supernatural Community Church. Breaking news, first Rochester, every, every week, Supernatural Commissions has done it again. They have uh, broken the eyes of somebody, or they, they went to an hospital and the entire hospital shut down. So they've read that some doctors useless. <laughs> you know how, you know? It's, you know, media, that's how media will say it. They will tell you that the doctors still have their job. <laughs> Hope you know it's, it's bad news that I always say. <laughs> they will tell you that the doctors still have their job. They just, say, they just decided to render the doctors useless with their miracles. How true is it? That will be, in the, that will be the subheading in the newspaper. How true is this? Supernatural communications, why? <laughs> <laughs> or why the miracle? <laughs> say, or they've decided to threaten the loss of the land with the miracle. So, are you seeing what was happening with Jesus in their ministry? That was it. 
So when Peter now said in that Acts 2.22, go back there now, it will make sense. Are you following these guys? Are you sure? Okay. Go to Acts 2.22. It says, ye men of Israel, hear this word, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by mighty signs and wonders. And that says, which God did by him in the midst of you. So that means it was a, it's a well-known fact. Are you seeing it? Are you seeing it? And that says, as ye yourself also know. So that means the whole children of Israel at that point knew what was happening with Jesus. They knew that, ah, that's the ministry. You see, we are here to start. <laughs> we are here to start, though. Hey, chai. So, this shows you that Jesus in his earthly ministries did mighty. So, when we say Jesus in his earthly ministry, can we call it the incarnation? Why? Because this is God becoming a man, right? And that says, Jesus did miracles, signs, wonders, and it was known all over Israel. Now, let me show you another fact where, it, where you know it was known all over Israel. Look at Acts 10, 37. Acts 10, 37. <clears throat> That word, I say, that ye know, which was published. Look at it. Are you there? Acts 10, 37. Let's read it together. I want to go. That word, I say, which was published. Let's read it together. Are you guys clear? Which was published throughout Judea. It says, and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. He now say what? Just of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost. Who went, who went what? About doing good. Healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Look at 39. For what? Both in the land of the Jews, Jerusalem. So it was known all over. Everybody knew it. Everybody. So Jesus' ministry was not silent. It wasn't a quiet ministry. It was known all over. That, ah, these guys, they wrought miracles. So it was known. All over. So Peter made reference to how Jesus being anointed of God with the Holy Ghost went about doing good, healing those who were oppressed of the devil. So, look at in Acts 1 verse 21. Look at what the statement that has been made has touched Jesus' ministry, Acts 1. He says, wherefore of these men which, which have companied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John unto that same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. So, Peter here implied that the ministry of Jesus from the incarnation began by during the, from the baptism of John. So an historical event of Jesus being baptized of John, if you read in Matthew 3, verse 13 to 17, Mark 1, 9 to 11, Luke 3, 21, John 1, 30 to 32, you will see all of those things happen. Or John 1, 30 to 33, how he was baptized. So I'm walking you through Jesus' life gradually. I was baptized. 
and his ministry started. So in the account, in the account that was recorded about Jesus, it was about 30 years when he was baptized by John. So he was 30 years old when he was baptized by John. And in Luke 3, verse 23, look at, let me show you where it was written. So if somebody asks you, how do we know it is uh, 30 years? Luke 3, verse 33. Because a lot of people knew it was 30 years, but they don't know where it is in the scripture. So let me show you. Go to Luke 3, verse 33. If you read in, are you there? If you read in chapter 2, uh, look, if you read in verse 22, you see that the Holy Ghost decided in him that this was the baptism era, right? If you read from verse 21, he was baptized here, right? Now let's read verse 23 together. I want to ready go. Being... Well, you guys are not reading now. One, two, ready, go, guys. Jesus himself began to be 30 years of age. Bin was false, a son of Joseph, which was the son of. So that's it. He was 30 years when he started. So this implies that Jesus began the work of ministry after he was anointed by the Holy Ghost at the age of 30, implying that there was no record of miracle signs and wonders in the synoptic gospel until he was 30 years. So now, let, look, look at something now. Look at something, everybody. Watch this carefully. So that means, we, we, before that 30 years, we did not know anything about Jesus. His life, his ministry was silent. Are you seeing it? The, the old, Israel has not known him. Israel started to know him from, people started to see him more active from the age of 30. Are you following me now? Because where John used to baptize people was a popular river, the River Jordan, where everybody would gather. So and spectacular thing that happened on his on his own on his own baptism day, where the Holy Ghost spoke. Are you seeing it? So now that alone was an introduction into him that ah, who is this guy? And you know, a whole lot of crowd is always in that baptism place. So they were like, ah, who is this guy that ah, angel ascend and descend on a dove on his head? So, you know, if it was you and I, you start paying attention to him, right? That was it. So, from that 30 years, so that there was no record of him, there was no record of him doing any miracle signs and wonders till that 30 years. So, it's not as if he was doing one miracle from the background that we did not know, or healing the sick somewhere and hiding. No, 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 no. That was why, if you notice something that Everybody pay attention to this. If you notice something that the, the apostles said, we just read it in that at one. They said that for us to choose a disciple, the person has to have been there from the baptism. That means he has to have seen how Jesus started. So it must have been, maybe I've not gotten my facts right. Still, let's put this on a peg, this statement I'm about to say. Maybe all the disciples that they were fortunately on that river Jordan, Maybe. I've not gotten my facts right. Are you getting what I'm saying? I've still not gotten my facts right. Because for them to say, it must have been from that epochal moment. That means, did you see the angel, the dove ascend? So maybe the 12 that Jesus spoke, I missed all the thousands of people that were there to be baptized that day. It's, it happened that their legs brought them there to see it. All the 12. Are you seeing something? Because that was a spectacular event. Are you following me, guys? So now, watch this carefully. So from that 
from that event, from that event, you will see a whole lot happen. So it implies that Jesus began the work of ministry, implying that there was no record of miracles, signs, and wonders in the synoptic gospel until he was baptized. You won't find Jesus' miracle until the baptism. Now, don't miss what I'm saying. That's why I've done a series on baptism. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? Because somebody would answer and say, ah, until I'm baptized before I will do miracle. Go and listen to baptism. I've already cleared all your thoughts. <laughs> Are you seeing how to teach? <laughs> I've already cleared. If you want to understand baptism, go and listen. I already told you there's, there's no significance in baptism. It's just water. Are <laughs> you getting what I'm saying? Go and listen to my series of baptism. It's just water. It's not necessary. You don't, nobody, you do you say you pour water. You can go to your shower now and just go and baptize yourself. <laughs> just tell bro Matthew. His name is Matthew. So he's, he's, he looks like a disciple of Christ. So <laughs> you can just say, just pour water. I remember there was one of my friends. The person was so eager to be baptized, so eager to be baptized. So we in one fellowship there. They just say, okay, go to, let's go to the tub. And they just blocked the tub. They put the water, the water swelled up. And they said, now wear white. They gave the person a white apparel. They baptized the name of Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. And they gave her a certificate <laughs> inside the bathtub. Say, ah, finally, I'm baptized. Say, ah, ah. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> you don't have to go through those uh, rubbish. It's just, it doesn't, mean, it doesn't have any sense or any meaning. I, I've, I've done a series on it. Go and listen to it. So before you go and think, ha, ah, maybe the reason why I cannot write miracle. I shall have said it. I said it. You know what I say? I, I just knew it. That I should have done this baptism years ago. That's why it's, that's why it's hindering the gift of God in my life. <laughs> no. I hear what I'm saying. Uh, the, the reason for Jesus' baptism is so that it will be announced. It's like saying, this is my announcement into my ministry and Israel. Does it make sense? He was not doing it so that you will continue doing it. Now, look at, let me explain this to you again now. See something. You know, the Bible says that, he, he, John the Baptist himself said that, I baptize the water, but the one coming after me, we baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Who is the one coming after him? Jesus. So what is Jesus' baptism all about? Holy Ghost and fire. So once you are speaking with us, have you been baptized? That's all. That's the baptism you need. Are you getting So Jesus' baptism, water baptism as we call it, was just an announcement of his ministry to Israel. So that was where he started from. Does it make sense? So you're not going to say, ah, I just knew it. That. I said it. That, the reason I could not pray for that sick is because I love it, but that's a sin-conscious mentality. No, no, no. So, are we on the same page now? If you get into this point, let me see your heads. Okay, perfect. Cool. So now, back to what I'm saying. So, you will find record of Jesus doing any miracle from this point or up to this point. That's why, see, let me tell you. If you want to really study the scriptures, look at Luke. Actually, it's really the synoptic gospel. I'm very biased with Luke because Luke was Paul's disciple anyway. But he was very detailed. He showed you how these things was very sequel. He showed you the sequel of everything. And from this point that Jesus started, from this point that Jesus began his ministry, 
miracles now started. So, look at, Jesus did grand entrance with baptism. Then from the baptism, he did not stop till he was dead. Or no, let me not say that. It has not stopped till today. <laughs> Are you seeing it? He just did a grand entrance like, okay, brethren, this is my introduction. And from that, yeah, the whole of Israel has said, something has entered town. <laughs> like, yeah, what's this? Ah, ah. That's why the Pharisees were coming to ask him questions every time. To tempt him, like, okay, what did this girl say? Ah, you are mighty in scripture. You can do miracles. Ah, who are you? Only you? I didn't see what was happening. Okay. Now, let's trace let's something. Let's have a good study. Let's see the first miracle that Jesus did. I always teach you, you have to start from the first one. Are you seeing it? Then you will trace it. Are you ready? This is about to blow your mind. You're about to have wonder. <laughs> You're about to say, wow. This is insane. This is crazy. <laughs> Yay. I remember one day when my pastor was teaching, we came out of the hall like this. We started saying, Yay, see Bible. Yay. How can we explain Bible like this? We just say, Do you understand? He said, No. Do you understand? He said, No. Do you understand? Say, no. So, what were you doing? We're just taking notes. <laughs> And he was teaching for almost 11 hours. He said, do you understand? We came out and he said, do you understand? No. Do you understand? No. Explain that to you. No, I don't understand. So what is that? He said, my note is full. <laughs> so we were just like, yeah. After this, we were like, whoa, see Bible. Yeah. We were just like, we wonder. <laughs> okay. John 2. Let's see if the first miracle that Jesus did. See, that's why, let me tell you something. You need all the synoptic accounts to help you. If you don't, Matthew did not give us this detail. Luke did not even give us this detail. John, Mark did not give us this detail. Only John did. Only John told us the, this John 2 account. So, you need the four. Even though I'm biased with Luke, this is my own personal bias, so no scripture bias. Even though I'm biased with Luke, I cannot help the fact that I need all the other accounts. Because John gave us, and that's why it's very good to be patient to write. John was the last person to write. So he took his time very well. <laughs> it's very good to be patient to do anything in ministry. So that's why when John wanted to write, he did not start with everybody and say, he will marry full of grace. He just said, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was with God. He just started. He already knew the scripture very well. It makes sense to him. He says, and the world became flesh and he dwelt among us. He did not tell us uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, an angel came to Jesus. Others were still busy explaining that. He said, I don't have time. Let me show you the word. He has even learned from Paul. Straight. Doctrine. We don't have time. The world became flesh and he dwelt among us. Do you know the meaning of that? The whole of the incarnation story that the old Mary, full of grace, Jesus become a man. He just summarized it in one part. The world became flesh and enjoyed among God. I will be here to as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Simple. 
<laughs> he says, no man has seen God at any time. He says, the only begotten of the Father. He just synopsis for you. He just did synopsis. I don't have time. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was with God. Simple. He did not have time. He said that there was a man called John. He last day explaining John the Baptist story for us. Simple. He did not. He just skipped all those details and went straight to John the Baptist. <laughs> he has learnt it. He just knows. He knew the gospel. <laughs> he just ah. So all his records were very detailed. So he was. So one one day we will study the book of John. The book of John is a very detailed account. See, there was just eight miracles. In fact. We added the eight because of the resurrection. Because the resurrection is a miracle. Seven epochal miracles that John recorded all through the scriptures. John was that guy who told us the issue of the bread. John was that guy who told us the wine. John was that guy who told us uh, what Jesus did uh, with his spirit. John was that guy who told us, uh, I go and prepare a place. When other disciples, when other writers are telling them, see, I will die and raise up a place. John told us, what Jesus said was, I will go and prepare a place for you. <laughs> and that's where people are still having a uh, problem to think that people are still going to build construction in Evo. Just have got to build construction company in Evo. Hey, he took his time. Are you seeing it? Can we say that's an agnosco too? <laughs> Can we call that an agnosco? He patiently took his time. So we can't we can't we can't we can't explain that all the way. All right, look at John two. Pay attention, it will help you. All right, now, dress one. Are you enjoying this, guys? Are you sure? Okay. He says, and the third day was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Both Jesus... So, now, look at something. Now, hope you know that a wedding is a public thing. Now, let me explain. Let me give you history of how they do wedding in their world. You know, in our today's world, we do engagement. We do court wedding. Oh, you first start with introduction. Oh, that's in Nigeria, okay. But here in America, let's look at America. You do, you go to court. Eh? You first propose. <laughs> then, you... Everybody do buy a shower. How do they do wedding in Ukraine? Tell me. Same as me? Same as here to same culture, propose, go to court. You guys don't have any special. Okay. Now, in the Jew, marriage is like one month. I'm not joking. That's why it's called a feast. It's a, it's, they take their time. If you really want to follow scripture, people that say they want to follow scripture, before they really marry, they will take time. According to history, in the ancient Jewish culture, marriage, <laughs> when they say they want to go to wedding party, they take their time. So if they want to, it's a feast. So that's why they mirror certainty to the marriage supper of the lamb, like an eternity thing. They know what they are talking about. It's you in your own world that don't know what you are talking about. Are you getting what I'm saying? It, you, that's why the thing is called marriage power of the land. Do you know why? Because of how the longevity of it is. It's you that now think, ah, marriage of worship is just go to court, go to this. That's your own world, though. And you know, we borrowed this culture from the Britain, from the English world. It's an English, that's why it's called uh, court wedding, uh, reception. It's a, it's a breathing thing. We, we borrowed that culture from the English world. 
where you have to go to court, you have to go to church. In fact, all those church weddings is from England. It's a breathing thing. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, I use it as customs derived from different things. That was not the custom of the Jews here. So now, there was, you, you must understand certain things. So, that's why I used to tell you, historical, historical accounts also help you in your understanding of the scriptures. Now, so, when it says on the third day, there was a marriage in Cana, it means it has started since. It's not on the third day. It's, it's has started. The wedding is ongoing. It now says, in the wedding of Cana Ogari, and the mother of Jesus was there, both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. So it's like, say, everybody was called to the party. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, they have no wine. No, he's, look at something. The mother, and you know, the mother, women are actually very good. Though. You need a right woman in your life. I'm not joking. I'll, 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 you, you just say, <laughs> do you want to say? Jesus just told you what was it. They have no wine. Ah, the one of Jesus that was my business with this. Ah, I, I only came here to eat rice, to eat, to enjoy, right? To have a good time. He said, ah, Jesus just, Jesus just, Jesus mother just looked at him and said, they don't have wine, no. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, there's a circular going around. Have you heard the news that there's no wine here? <laughs> ah, Jesus like, what you? Ah. Look at what woman Jesus said to her to her, woman, what have I to do with thee? <laughs> what meaning what's my business? My hour is not yet come. That's a salvation terminology. Jesus responded with his salvation. And I will explain to you much later. Today is not the day for salvation. Today is the day for miracle. <laughs> That's a salvation. He said, My hour is not yet come. His mother said unto his hour. You know women now. Mother said unto the servants, people that were moving around, you know, when you, those people that used to hold wine and the glass, all the servants around, say, talk to this guy. <laughs> He's my son, talk to him, he won't do anything. He's called Jesus, he will show you love. <laughs> he can't be angry. <laughs> His mother just said to the servant, whatsoever I say unto you, do it. Ah. <laughs> you know, that was like, you are putting Jesus on a spot. This is the first miracle of Jesus. The very first. It's like say, ah, why are you trying to tempt the Lord your God here? <laughs> now look at it. Let's read on. It says, and there were six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two of the three fekins apiece. And Jesus said unto them, you know, there's just something about the Holy Ghost. Fill the water pot with water. And they filled it to the brim. And Jesus said unto them, and he said unto them, draw out and be unto the governor of the feast, and they bear it. Instructions. I will teach you this thing. Many a times, if people just know how to take instructions, they will see miracles. And if people learn how to respond to instructions, Especially as believers, you must learn how to respond to this. We'll, we'll study this. Today is not the day for, let's just look at miracles, Joe. I don't have time. My time is really fast. I, I feel like I've not even started my sermon today. I've, not actually, I've actually not started. Now, 
Look at it in verse 9. It says, And when the ruler of the feast has tasted the water that was made wine, they knew not whence it was. But the servant which drew the water knew. And the governor of the feast called the bridegroom. So there's actually, you know when they say governor of the feast, like saying the event planner. <laughs> and the MC and all of those things. Like, so he said unto them, Every man at the beginning does set forth the good wine, which we have drank. He says, Which is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine till now. Uh uh. And don't forget, the servant knew it, and everybody in the feast not drank a good one. He now says, This is the beginning of the miracles. The Jesus in Canaan or Galilee and manifested forth the glory. And his disciples, in fact, he has called his disciples. Oh, probably they are just looking at him. This rabbi said, he said like a fish. He's just telling us to be praying, 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 praying all the time. But when they just saw it, yeah, I die here. <laughs> Maybe they tasted the wine themselves. I said, ah, this thing is sweet, though. It's sweeter than even the one I drank before. Ah. They wondered. The now says, this beginning of miracles, the Jesus in Canaan of Galilee. Now, let me, let, me say, let me teach you something that is not in my notes. And I need you to pay attention. Jesus was very symbolic. Why did he decide to do his miracle in Galilee? What is Galilee? Galilee, according to history, is that nation like a center point between the Jews and the Gentiles. Like that, it's like a confluence. So that's why we sing that song of, I love the man of Galilee. I don't even know, know that song. Of Galilee. For he has really done so very much for me. He has forgiven me all my sins and sent the Holy Ghost to me. I love the man of Galilee. So Galilee was that confluence point. Jesus was very intentional. I'm going to start my miracles and my ministry not only for the Jews, but everybody. It was just that symbolic. Meaning, my call is not for only the Jews. It's for the whole world. That was the meaning of what, that was just the symbolic meaning of that Galilee. Meaning, guys, I'm not sent to a specific set of people. I've not come for just my own kindred. I am for my own entire people. We'll study topology and uh, historical accounts of all of this later in future. Not now. Mm -hmm. But I just, I just said to give you that detail to help you. So now, the first miracle that Jesus did, he turned water to wine. Wine is also symbolic because if you have listened to Holy Communion, I explained to you the wine, right? And all of those things. Those things are very symbolic. Now, but, that was the miracle. It's a miracle. You can't deny it. How do you explain that? Imagine now we bring that bottle of water now and everything. I just say, shh, and it just turned to coke. Oh, we say, whoa! Yay! <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? Imagine I bring that water now and I say, brethren, watch this. Just watch it. And you see it. Everybody, I give everybody, touch it all. See, this is water. And I say, 
in the name of Jesus. And she just turned to Coke. Some of you will be scared of drinking it. So they say, ah, now you see me. <laughs> Magic. But that's me. That was what happened. In fact, the disciples, you know, the disciples knew that they both left the home. They saw that Jesus did not take anything inside his pocket. Jesus just went normal. In fact, Jesus was not planning to heal the sick, to do any miracle. So they just saw that, ah. He just said, abracadabra, abracadabra, and he just, <laughs> you know, he's not abracadabra, he said, it's not, it's not magical, it's miracles. So John explained the workings of miracles in Jesus' ministry, and he explained it as a demonstration of the glory of God, that is the power in natural circumstance. So that shows you and I, miracles goes beyond the natural. It affects, it goes beyond the natural. He says, this beginning of miracle, Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed him. Now, let's see. John recorded the second miracle. Let's pick up. We are looking at all the miracles that Jesus did gradually. We are tracing Jesus' ministry. So you see now, from a wedding, everybody already knew him as miracle worker. Miracle worker. You are the miracle worker. Come and do a miracle. A miracle today. Come and do a miracle. A miracle today. Now, John 4. Let's see the second miracle. Now, you read in, so now, if, if we are to study the book of John now, John 1, we've, we've settled John 1, right? We've settled John 2 now. This is the miracle. Second, the third, the, in John 3, let's look at what was happening. John 3, uh, John 3, you see that Nicodemus story, uh, Jesus was telling them, whosoever will believe. Now, John 4, you see the water with the woman and all of those things. But look at another thing that happened, the second miracle that was recorded. Let's see for verse 46, John 4, verse 46. It says, so Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee, that same place. And I've already explained to you what it means, why the notable event of that place. So look at, where John, look at how John explained it. He says, where, he says, where the water, where the water, where he made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. And he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea. So you see, the news has started spreading. Are you seeing it, guys? He heard. So what has he heard now? He has heard Jesus turning water to wine now. So faith is already inspiring in the life of the people in the place now. See, he heard that Jesus was come out and he besought him that he will fall down. He will come down and heal his son. For he was at that point of death. And Jesus said unto him, Except ye see signs and wonders. You will not believe. <laughs> We've explained science, right? Whatever you see a proof, yeah. a, an indicator, right? A presence of another. We now say wonders is, as you say, hey, wow. A reaction of the onlooker, right? Terrace. He says, you will not believe. And now says, the nobleman said unto him, sir, come down, I hear my son, Joe. <laughs> you know, and Jesus said unto him, go thy way. 
thy son liveth. Okay? That's simple. And the man believed the words of Jesus. Now, you know, this is the same story that Matthew 8 recorded for us. The story of that. Let's go there. Now, before we go there, it says, Jesus spoke on his way, and he went his way. And as he was going down, his servant met him and told him that thy son liveth. Now, go to, put your hand here. Go to Matthew 8. This is the same story that Matthew was telling us in Matthew 8. And telling us about uh, the centurion servant. Look at Matthew 8. That's why you see, you need all the old accounts to make it make sense. Are you seeing it? Look at Matthew 8. Are you enjoying this, guys? Look at Matthew 8, verse 5. It says, And Jesus entered into Capernaum, and unto him the centurion, beseeching him, saying, and say, unto him the, the... Now, look at... Look at put, your hands, put your hands there. Go to John 5, verse 46. Let me show you something. Put your hands there. Go to John 5, 46. He says, Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee, where he made the water one, and, he, and there was a certain captain, a nobleman, whose son was sick at where? At where? Capernaum. Now, go back to Matthew 8. When Jesus entered into Capernaum, are you seeing it? And I says, there came a centurion. You know, a centurion is a nobleman. Are you seeing it, guys? And I says, beseeching him and saying, Lord, thy servant live it. And I says, I'll see, and grief says, and Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. And the servant said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou should come under my roof, but speak thy word only. I, you will now see the real event in another account. I, but you know, John is dealt that guy around. Whoa, straight to business. <laughs> I don't have time for too much talk. This is what I want you to understand. Like, clear. So, since I'm a man, I'm a man without authority, this and that. And Jesus just told him, See, look, I say, for a man of that time, I say to this man, John gave us the real details. And look at what he says in verse 13. So, all that thing that Jesus was saying now, in verse 11 to verse 12, John summarized it as, if thou will not, if thou shalt believe, or if thou shalt see signs and wonders, thou will not believe. So, in verse 13, he just says, go thy way. And he believed it, and so it was done, and the servant was here that same hour. Are you seeing it? Are you seeing it, guys? Now, let's go back to our John. So now, look at something. Let's go back to our John. Verse 51. Let's read it now. Let's continue reading. John, 5, John 4. Are you following me, guys? Is it, hope, I'm not, hope, I'm, hope, anyone, hope nobody is confused at this point. Everybody is following through? Okay, cool. It says, as he went, and, he, and now... He inquired of him at the hour, and he began to amend, and he said unto them, uh, Yesterday, at the seventh hour, the fever left him, and the father knew which it was the same hour, and which Jesus said unto him, Thy son liveth and his house. Look at in verse 54. He says, This again is the second miracle that Jesus did when he was come out of Judea to Galilee. See, so that means when he began his ministry, this is the second miracle. So now, don't forget, a notable man will obviously spread the news. Are you seeing it? The servant that, already, that announced to the notable man, be the central servant, will come and shout it, eh? Something really happened. Are you seeing this? Some things are happening. Look at, so he healed the sick. So the first one is the workings of miracle, turning water to wine, right? First miracle. Second one, healing the sick. Now, look at the third one. John 5, verse 1. Stay in John. Why are we using John's account? John seemed to give us sequels. 
That's why John is telling us, this is the second miracle. This is the first miracle. Are you seeing it? John seemed to take proper account. And who will we have relied on? John was a disciple. So he was obviously following them around. Are you seeing it? He was an eyewitness. That's why we call it an eyewitness account. John was a disciple. So he was looking at different things and saying, hey. And you know, when an eyewitness writes, now, Matthew too was a disciple. But do you know that? If we are to give the event of what has happened now since I started talking, and I say everybody writes something, there's something I will teach you people later. Especially some of you that will be in Supernatural Leadership Academy. Now, look at, there's something I will teach you, chronicles, on how to write. It's, it's, going, it's going to be a series, a subject. It's not going, I don't think it's never going to be out. It's going to be something that will be in our school, in our, in our training school. Now, look at something. If I tell you now, since I've been teaching, give me a detail of what I've been saying so far. Hope you know that everybody will say different things. Hope you know. Hope you know. So now look at it. Do you see that those guys that tell you the scriptures are not really complete and mysterious? It is human beings that wrote it. It cannot be perfect. It can't be perfect. They are going to make mistakes. And God wants them to make mistakes. Because if it, is, if it is spirit that put it down, then we can say it's not mistake. But they, say, they only say they are inspired. It's a human being that put it down. So they are going to make mistakes. Some people will not get their facts right. So we say, it's like I say, I ask you, you know, that thing that they used to ask married couple, when do you guess, when, how many years have you guys been together? What we say, 20 years? What we say, 21 years? It seems like the woman always knows the detail. They say, how did you people meet? Eh, we met in the... I used to watch all of those. So say, we met in this place. So say, nah, no, it was that place. No. I, I, in fact, there's, there's one I stumbled on on Twitter. They said, where did we meet? They, they, they interviewed a couple on, in New York. They said, where do you meet? So the husband said, do you want my version or our version? So both of them probably have two versions. So the, the interviewer said, I don't understand. He said, we have two versions. And we have never sat down to agree on one. So the man said, I want to hear both. So the man said, we met in this place, uh, uh, so we're in the club, this and that. The wife said, no. And they both started arguing. They said, no. We actually met here. He said, that's where I met you now. And so are you seeing, are you seeing that? So if they, were to, if they were both to write the history of their marriage now, are you seeing that it, it can never tally? And both of them were together. At least there was a meeting point. They just saw each other, they saw each other, they collected somebody's number. And both of them still cannot agree on the day they collected each other's number. And they say they've been married for 21 years. Are you, are you following me? If you are following me to this one, let me see your hands. Are, are you getting how the scriptures are written now? So all those people that tell you, hey, I remember that panel I was last year, where I started with, where I was in the panel with almost 25 Muslims, and they were telling me, I mean, conk serious Muslims, and they were telling me, your Bible is not honest. I said, we're not planning to have it to be honest. Your Bible is not true. I said, we know. <laughs> your Bible is not, there are mistakes there. I said, that is why we are humans. They said, no, if it is God, I said, God did not write it. It was edited. People printed it. People, if it was God that wrote it, you now edit it, you write it for God. King James will now put things in Italian for God. <laughs> I don't understand. You see, you see, so God will say, verily, verily, I say unto you. 
So is that how God speaks? So when God wants to speak to you now, my son, thou begattest. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? So you see, some people are just mischievous in these scripture things. Anyway, I'm not here, I'm not doing my will I mean, yet. We are we are doing miracles. Okay, look at let's let's chase another one. John 5. Are you learning something? Is it making sense? Are you enjoying this, guys? You have to ah, you have to love Bible. Ah, you have to, you you have to, yeah, you have to. You have to, yeah, you have to. You, the knowledge of the scriptures helps you so much. John 5 verse 1. It says, after this, there was a feast in Jew. There was the feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up. There was always a feast. So happening somewhere. And it's very significant. We will study it later. Especially in the book of John. John kept telling us about a feast. Feast, 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 feast every time. And when they say feast, it means <laughs> an unending thing. There's just a party somewhere. There's just people eating. <laughs> and that is, there was a feast of the Jews. And so that means the, Jerus- the Jews, when it says the feast of the Jews, the Jewish custom had a, a whole lot of feasts they are celebrating. You can't stop it from them. You can't take it away from them. Right from Moses, feast of the unliving bread, feast of this, uh, feast of different things. In fact, there's a feast of the goats, feast of, <laughs> you read Leviticus, you know, we see different sin offering, different burnt offering, different sacrifices. Okay, now, this is that bet, uh, pool of Bethesda story, where they say angel was struggling water. Let's come and look at it. So there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went out to Jerusalem. Now there was a Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew language Bethsaida, having five pouches. In this lay a great multitude of the impotent folks, or blind. So now, do you know what Jesus did? Jesus went to their base. There's somewhere in Nigeria, let me explain some places there. I don't know if it is here. Let, we can call it homes in America. He went to the biggest home to confront them. To confront the work of darkness. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. In Nigeria now, they used to be on the streets. There's, there's, there's a side in the market where you just see a whole lot of. Eh? Actually, let's see Laba. No, no, not Yabale. I'm talking of real proper markets. There will just be a corner in the market where you just see a whole lot of people lined up begging for harms. Are you getting what I'm saying? We that are Africans now, you will understand, but those of you that are in America now, the best, eh? Home shelters, not everybody in home shelters have issues. The best is the homes. People that are not mentally retarded, all of those things. Now, see. So, he says, he, he, so he went there, which is having, which have pow- five pouches. So, in this lay, great, mo- so, so when it, see, let me tell you something. Let me see, how, let me tell you how the scripture is written. When they say great multitude, it means they can't count it. Because in their own world, see, let me tell you, in their own world, they had issues with numbers. Numbers in the sense that their world was based on thousands. They have not reached million at that time. It's our own world we have reached million. The same way now we are looking at zillion as impossible. In the next 70 years or 80 years, there can be zillions. Actual zillions. You get what I'm saying? But in their own world, it's just like when, what happened with um, 3,000, when, when 3,000 men were saved, 5,000, 
when they, they could not count it again, they just say multitude. And it was reported in Jerusalem that there were 60,000 in population. So imagine the kind of world they were in. The world has not that expanded that much. So when you say multitude, we are looking at thousands of people here. So now, they did not just say multitude, they now say a great multitude. Are you seeing the kind of miracles that Jesus would have done? So imagine, imagine this field in our outside. Thousands of cripples. I mean, don't look at just this field. Though. Look at the field downwards to the gate. I don't know if you're you understanding. Thousands of multitudes. So he says a great multitude. You must, that's why I say, you know what we are doing now? What are we doing? Anaginosko. We are paying attention to details. We are not just saying Jesus healed the sick. <laughs> great multitude. Now, in this lay a great multitude of imported folks, so they're giving us the different kind of challenges they had. <laughs> imported folks of the blind, ought, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever there... <laughs> I'm so sorry I'm laughing. You know these people are impotent. So whosoever can quickly run inside the water on time. <laughs> so it's like, say, survival of the first species. <laughs> so you say, whosoever there first after the troubling of the water, step into the water quickly. <laughs> step into the water, we will be made all of the disease here. So... You know, an important person means he cannot walk. So, no matter how he struggles. <laughs> so, I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine the kind of way they are run inside the water. Like, hey, 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 don't try it. <laughs> it's my turn to walk. <laughs> I've been here for that many years. It's my own turn. Though. So, they are probably doing how long you've been here. We have moved. <laughs> Say, the blind, in fact, someone that cannot see, say, be blind. So even someone that says, please, it's my turn, no, it's my. <laughs> Different things, right, happening. So now, look at it, verse 5. Then a certain man was there, which had an infirmity 30 and 8 years. The Jesus saw him lie that he has been there for that long. Do you know what it means for somebody to be sick for 38 years? Ah! He said, ah. And, he's, and Jesus said, ah. We, so let me tell you, before I get into my subject, one of the best ways to work in the miraculous is compassion. If you don't have compassion for the sick, you won't see much in results. I'm just saying this as an aside. Well, we, are we are studying theology today, don't worry. So let's look, let's continue. Will that be made whole? The important man says, I have no man. So, you know, he probably didn't know about Jesus. He said, I have no man to put me in the water, but I am coming. Another step, he said, when I'm coming, another step ahead before me. <laughs> so everybody have been chancing him for 38 years. And Jesus said unto him, Arise, take thy bed. And walk. Hail, my Lord and my God. Agbara, that's power. Jesus said, Arise, take your bed and walk. That was it. And immediately. It's not tomorrow. It's not tomorrow. You don't understand. 
So, now, listen, everybody look at me. How do you want to deny that there is no God? You see that people have not read the scriptures well. How do you want to deny? It says, and immediately the man was made whole and took his bed and walked. On that same day was the Sabbath day. Now, the Jews will obviously come. They say, ah! You know, they are very hypocritical and they, they follow that law judiciously. Ah! It is Sabbath day! <laughs> it is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. That means you can't even carry. You know, they say, arise and walk. You should not have arised. <laughs> You see, where, you see why we have to start from? You see why we have to start from where we started in our introduction? That they just are not paying attention. I, I mean, if I get to it. And they were the ones that were critical about Jesus and they can't do miracles. Is it, they say, it is Sabbath day. You can't, you can't take your bed. You should, the Sabbath day means just be sleepy. Don't even turn. If you turn, you have walked. If you shake your neck, you have walked. Just stay there. In fact, I, 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 there's, a, there's a research I'm currently doing. I think it's the Adadish um, Jewish custom. I, I don't know the real name like that. And I figured that even they are in this same New York, in Brooklyn, that's where their major base is. I figured that when it's Sabbath day like this, they don't do anything. So they will, whatever food, they will just be eating. They just sit down on the table, arrange their supper, and be eating. They don't work. They don't cook. Whatever food they want to cook has been cooked before the Sabbath day. They still follow it, though. Today. Oh, you, you, are, you, you are saying you have the rest of the God to carry Jesus. <laughs> so, Jesus answered in verse 12, what, is, what man is that? He should say, take off thy bed and walk. And he was healed. We Jesus said, whoa. <laughs> I'm not ready for all of this. So due to the fact that Jesus did this miracle, healed the sick and the diseased, you cannot stop the fact that multitudes were following. You can't. Look at where he went to, to do it. I hope you know there are people there too who have siblings, cousins, who will probably be helping somebody to step inside the pool. And be chancy people say, hey, it's my own brother's turn. No? Do you know the kind of crowd that will be there? And they saw it. Who will not follow him? Who will not have followed him? I'm showing you Jesus' ministry. So that when you when 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 people argue with you, who is Jesus? You tell ah, who are you talking about? This is somebody that shook Jerusalem for three years. That it was that he started the mini. The whole of Jerusalem shook. Who is this guy? That is why. Let me give you. Let me tell you something. Everybody, look at me. Don't even don't write. Just look at me. 
That was why they sought to kill him. Do you know why? It was a threat. It's like saying he wants to obtain power. Let me tell you why they killed him. It was a threat. It's not as if he did something wrong. It's like saying somebody raised up now. Okay, let me give you let me give you an instance. I don't know how to explain this in the American world. There's this guy. Let me use the Nigerian world. There's this guy who wants. It's like say there's the Yoruba nation. There's the Igbo nation, and this guy. He says his name is Sunday. And he, was, he wanted to start a whole country from the Yoruba nation, Sunday Iguru. They arrested him now. You can't upturn the present government. All these people now. Now, Tinubu has won an election. Some people are still saying Peter Obi is my president. Despite Peter Obi has not won. Watch what's happening. They also arrest everybody. You can't, you can't upturn. You can't upturn. You are a threat to the present government. Are you seeing what is happening? So it's like saying somebody rise up there and start challenging Joe Biden and saying, no, you are not supposed to be the president. That's why Trump is in court. Are you seeing what's happening? So Jesus was that way. So it's like saying, uh -uh, who is this guy that wants that the whole Jerusalem is following him? Are you seeing where persecution came for the disciples? That the whole of the Jerusalem is following this guy. Ah, the people are not even listening to us again. They're just, everybody's not watching news again to see our exploit. All the news they are watching is Jesus' news. Are you seeing that kind of impact? That was why they sought to kill him. That's all. That was his only sin. So, what, who was that Barabbas? I'm just showing you, I'm just showing you scripture. You know, they, they, after, there was a time they, they said, is it Barabbas or Jesus? Who do we want? They say, give us Barabbas. Give us Barabbas. The Nazareth said, crucify him for Jesus. I you remember that story. Give us Barabbas. That whoever. Barabbas was that guy who was an opposition also to the government. That's why they liked him. They wanted him back. He was that guy who was an opposition. So it's not as if they were thieves. Those thieves are the right red and lighter. They were just an opposition to the government. They did not steal any cow, any. No, 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 no. They called them thieves because they were opposition to the government. Are you, seeing, are you seeing what happened? So when you say two thieves were crucified before Jesus, no, it just simply means that was why that thief at the cross said, we know this man, he has not done anything wrong. Are you seeing it? They, they knew they did something wrong. They tried to keep people, they tried to tell people, don't follow the government, don't do this. Are you understanding what happened? That's what happened. So it's not as if they stole money, they stole, no, 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 no. They were just a threat to the government. And it's still like that in today's world. You are a threat. That's why Trump is in prison. It, not prison, he's in court. You are still telling, say, just, just because you don't win an election. Go and sleep now. Are you the first person to lose an election? Are you following what I'm saying? So they were threats. They were oppositions like, ah, uh ah. -uh. So that's why that guy on the team said, ah. We know this guy. He really did not do anything wrong. He was just doing good. We, we really fought this government. Let me see how it makes sense. That was what happened. So now back to our story. So Jesus, a great multitude. Now look at John 6 verse 1. So we've seen how many miracles now? Yeah. Two. Let's look at the third one. Abby, is it two? 
We've seen three now. Ah, don't delay also. <laughs> we have we have quite a we have quite some work to do. Please help yourself. Try and stand up. We are feeling sleepy. Try and help yourself. This is is this not interesting? Uh, it has to be. Uh, yeah, you have to you have to be a man of mighty miracles. In fact, even me, I'm challenging myself as I'm teaching this. <laughs> we have not started those supernatural community church. Ah, <laughs> look at John six verse one. Now he now says, after these things, Jesus went over to the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Three Bears, and a great multitude did what? No, follow. Read it all together. And a great multitude followed him. Why? A great, you know what they call great money? Thousands of people were following him. So, does it make sense now why he was teaching 5,000 people in the wilderness? Because they were expecting miracle too. <laughs> so, and you know what now happened? <laughs> look, at what, look at what is about to happen. Look at what is about to happen. Let's read. Verse 2, we said the great money to follow. Verse 3, and Jesus went out to the mountain. And there he sat with his disciples, and the Passover, a feast of the day, it was only a feast. And John was very deliberate. We will study it maybe later, not today. Maybe today, maybe not today. There's always a feast happening. Look at verse 5. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him and said unto Philip, Ah, when shall we buy bread that these people may eat? That's what Philip came to tell Jesus. Ah, hey, master, we don't have money in our pocket. As far as Judas has stolen some. <laughs> <laughs> Judas must have stolen some money. Ah, there's no money to feed this multitude. Though. Ah. And he said unto him, and he said, and this he said to prove him. So G P Philip was even proving his own master. He said, he said for himself knew what he would do. He, he has seen how Jesus did it in Cana of Galilee. He has seen. Ah, uh ah, -uh. master, show yourself. Come and show you. Come on. So you know, it's like <laughs> it's like they were so confident, that, Master. So that's why Peter could tell Master, Master, cares not that we perish. Ah, why? Why dare you sleep at this point? You've done it for other people that are not your disciples. We that are disciples will not capsize and die in this. <laughs> are you understanding all these guys? All these things that are happening now. <laughs> so Philip actually said it to actually prove you that, bro. Do something. Show us your power. Then Philip said unto him, 200 penny worth of bread is not actually sufficient for them that every little one of them may eat. So he did not, Philip was doing a suggestion of how impossible the situations of what they have is. That it is not possible. Maybe, you know, this is another character now that we have not explored. You know, we, you know, we've been exploring different characters. We've explored Thomas. Philip is another. You know, this same Philip is the same person in John 14. That say, Master, show us the way. Probably Philip is John's friend because he seemed to show us Philip more. Let me show you John 40 quickly. Let me just quickly show you John 40. <laughs> it's not part of my song. Let me quickly show you John 40. Look at verse 8. John 40, verse 8. You know, it seemed like Thomas, um, Peter, Philip, John gave us descriptions of all these disciples. In verse 5, he said, Thomas said unto him, Lord, know not where thou goest, and how can we know the way? And he said, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So it's Thomas that, that brought up this question and this answer that Jesus said. Look at the verse 8. Philip now said unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it's sufficient for... Uh -uh. Jesus now said, 
Have I been so long with thee that thou hast not known me, Philip? Ah uh-uh. ah. <laughs> so John was that guy that kind of showed us this character of these guys. Are you getting what I say? So Joe, let's go back to our John six. <clears throat> so look at John six. He now says, "When shall we hit this breast?" It now says, "So in verse eight, sorry, or look at in verse seven. Philip answered and said, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them. That every one of them may eat, take a little.' He said, "Ah, see, he gave Jesus the decision that see, guy, bro, Jesus, a master. No matter who want to try, a thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars is not enough to feed all these kind of people. What do we do? And don't forget, he's telling Jesus to prove him as per." <laughs> miracle worker. <laughs> you know, it's, it's going to be sweet when you know somebody is, is the answer to your solution. Imagine Jesus is only sitting inside, inside your house. Oh, there's a tree that always like, you can always pluck money from. How far? Or you open your wardrobe, there's always a woman there giving you pots. <laughs> like you, just, you open your wardrobe, like all those Nollywood movies, old movies. There's a, you just open your wardrobe, there's a woman holding pot, take. Take the money. Take it. <laughs> so imagine you need money one day. You now open, you now open the wardrobe and say, ah, why is there no money? <laughs> Joke aside. Anyway, now, in verse 8, it says, One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, There is a lad there. They know what they are doing. They, 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 these disciples, I believe they are one of the most mischievous guys ever. And you can't blame them. Uh, working with the miracle worker. <laughs> if you were the war, you just say, Master, I don't think there's money in my bank account today. If it was in our world. Master, Ushoni Kaila just came out. Uh, what, do, what do we do? Are we going to be looking at it like that? And we say we are the light of the world. Is that not what you taught us, Master? You say we are the salt of the earth. You say whatsoever we ask the Father in our name. And you say you are the father. Ah, do it. <laughs> That's what they were doing <laughs> to this guy, to Jesus. <laughs> I just say, there's a lad here which have five, which have five and barely loaves and two fishes. But what are they among so many? And Jesus said, make the men sit down. Hmm. Miracle is about to happen. Make the men sit down. So the men sat down in their number, about 5,000. So imagine the kind of great multitude. And don't forget, another account told us 5,000 men beside women. And you know, in a typical world, women are more than men. And you know, women are very emotional. So you cannot imagine how many women are crying and following Jesus. <laughs> are, you, are you guessing what I'm saying? Now, Jesus took, in verse 11, and Jesus took the loaves. And when he has given things, he distributed to the disciples. And disciples to them that were sat down, and likewise of the fishes as would they, as they would. He just took the loaves, and when he had given things, just say, I'm sure they would just be wondering, what's this man going to do? Just say, Father, I thank you. And he just distributed it. Ah. He? Is that a wonder? Just say, the disciples just say, ah, I'm sure as they are sharing it, they will touch the bread. Is this real bread? I'm sure if it was me, ah, ah, 
No, guys, imagine. You want to, like, the bread that people shared two days ago. We just say, ah, it can't, it can't be enough. Father, we thank you. And it is just turned. Some of you will touch the bread. Ah, I think I want to eat the one that is not turned first. <laughs> And in verse 12, it says, it says, And when they were filled, they gathered unto the disciples. He said unto the disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. And they gathered unto them together, and they filled twelve baskets and fragments, and loose and remained over, and they had given them that they would eat. Ah, so, you know, the kind of miracle Jesus does is more than, it's always more than enough. He doesn't just give you for lips. And in verse 14, those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, they said, this of a truth, the prophets that will come into the world are, ah, they are the one that all the scripture has been talking about. So now in their mind, a lot of things will be running, right? Oh yeah, take over the position of the pilot. <laughs> Become our leader. That's why, they, that's why on Jesus's. They say Jesus was the king of the Jews. Are you seeing are you seeing their mindset? Different things started coming. Different. Now, so other accounts recorded several miracles that Jesus did. In his incarnation, you will see other accounts. Which one which one did we just see? We, I mean, what's the fourth? Which one? The fourth one. We are looking at the miracles of the book of John. Now, we at this point now we've lost. The first second now, John has not told us whether it's second or the third, the, the third or fourth. Are you seeing it now? Because now miracles will have obviously happened. Are you see for that kind of multitude to even come, it means ah, that that church is miracle church. Are you seeing it? So now, other accounts are given us over, but John was just walking us through a sequel of miracles. Now let's look at. So if you look at him, let me show you something before we get there. In John 4, verse 23, go to John 4, verse 20. Let me show you something there. Let's say John 4, Matthew 4. Matthew 4, 23. So we are looking at this. We have seen or seen. We've still not got it to the point of why did he do it too. And over here, we are just exploring the four gospels for now. Are you following me? Are you guys, are you guys really? Is it making sense, guys? I don't know if you are enjoying this. Yeah, okay, cool. Matthew 4, verse 23. It says, And Jesus went about Galilee, teaching in their synagogue and preaching the gospel of all the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness. That is, no matter what it is, he was healing it. All manner of sicknesses and among the people. All manner of sickness, all manner of disease among the people. And look at verse 24. What happened? Let's read it together. Now, this is now Jerusalem. This is not even Jerusalem, another city. All Syria. And they that were brought unto him. So people were traveling down. Hey, my Lord and my God. People were traveling. This is this is not Jerusalem. People were traveling and they brought unto him sick people that were taken down with diverse diseases that were tormented and which were possessed of the devil and the lunatic and those that have palsy, he did what? He healed them. Look at it in verse 25. 
And there followed him a great multitude of people from Galilee and from Decapolis. Decapolis means 10 cities. 10 different cities. Great multitude of people were following him. Rochester, Connie, uh, uh, Syracuse, uh, New York, Albany, Manhattan, Brooklyn. 10 cities. Upstate, downstate, downtown. Like the whole of the whole state, New York, tens, all of them followed him. Decapolis just means ten cities. And from Jerusalem and from Judea and from beyond Jordan. Hey, my Lord and my God. I'm showing you, I'm showing you what mini, this is ministry. God came down to show us what ministry is. So in your same meeting, you see you have not started. <laughs> this is why I'm teaching this. Imagine you get to your school. You just say, Be healed. Arise, take your bed. <laughs> Look at Matthew 8. Matthew 8, verse 5. Know what teaching, what teaching of God's word does? It inspires something. It stirs the atmosphere. Look at Matthew 8. We've read this point. Matthew 8 and the centurion servant and I was healed. We've, we've read this one just to skip that one to not waste our time. Look at Matthew 9, verse 10. Jesus healing the multitude. Luke 9, sorry. Luke 9, 10. We are still looking at the four gospels. Though. Luke 9, verse 10. And the apostles, when they had returned, they told him that they had done. And he took them and went into his side. Uh, and he took them and went into a desert place belonging to a city called Bethesda. And the people, when they knew it, followed him and received him and spoke of them. And he healed them that need healing. That is, as far as you need healing. <laughs> Jesus rose the dead also. Mark 5. Look at Mark 5. So healing, raising of the dead is a common thing in Jesus' ministry. Mark 5 verse 22. And behold, dear comment, are you there? Are you there, guys? I want you to follow this. I will, I will love you to really be reading this yourself. It will really help you. Mark 5 verse 22. And behold, dear comment, one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed and she may live. Right? And now says, uh, And Jesus went with him, followed him, and the people followed him and throng. You know, a lot of people too were there looking like, Hey, what's about to happen? Miracle worker. <laughs> and in verse 25, The woman with the issue of blood. So, are you seeing that story of the woman with the issue of blood? So, you can, it will make sense to you what she had. Look, let's read it now. And a certain woman in that verse 25, which had issue of blood for 12 years, for she has suffered many things of many physicians. So all the doctors in the town even know her. It's because it says many physicians. So there's no Oscarazio, uh, Rochester Regional Health, uh, IU, UHAR Medical Center. Everywhere they know her. That, ah, this woman, she suffered many things of many physicians and has spent all that she had and, nothing, and was nothing bettered but rather grew worse. 
And I say she heard of Jesus. So what has she heard? Miracle worker. Abby? That guy that is always doing miracle across all the city that every nation is following. Are you seeing it? Are you seeing what she heard? That's why it's not good to also hear the wrong things. <laughs> you know, there are some people too in that town too that would have heard that. Oh, it's fake miracle. There will be some people. Jerusalem, Pharisee. It's fake. Let's go and check it very well. It's good to hear the right thing. See, as she heard of Jesus, as she came behind the press and touched his garment, and he said, For if I be, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be made to, and straight away the fount of her blood dried up, as she felt in her body that she was healed. And Jesus immediately, knowing him, said that virtue has let him. He turned about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? I'm sure his disciples will say, Oh God, are we not going on a journey? Which one is it? Who touched my clothes? Out of all this multitude that is here, how do you know who touched your clothes? Ah, master, let's go. What's your stress? Let's just be going. A lot of people have been healed already. He said, no, who touched me? And he looked around to see the woman and all of those things. And in verse 34, he says, daughter, be made though. He says, thy faith be made though. Go in peace and their hope and the, and the whole of the place you play. But look at verse 42. Look at something that happened. Or let's start from something. Let's look at him. Let's, let's continue reading. Let's see verse 35. And why... Yes, speak some of the rulers of the synagogue. So, some of the people in the synagogue have started believing that hey, okay, let's try it. In the synagogue, how certain it says, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou thy master any further? And as soon as Jesus heard the word that he was spoken, he said unto the ruler, Be not afraid, only believe. So, Jesus was able to try to, Jesus was gracious even to the rulers of the synagogue. I know those are the people that were his opposition. Don't worry, just be calm. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter, James, and John, and the brother of James. So he took his three guys, his major oligos, his three oligos. <laughs> Peter, James, and John. They, they were always with him at everything. So you see why John can give you those details in the book of John? Because he, those are the people that have followed him everywhere. So are you seeing, are you seeing something? I can't. John can tell you this is best. So you see why eyewitness is good? And he came into the house of the ruler of the synagogue and seen the tumult that wept and, and wailed greatly. They were, ah, they were crying. And he said unto them, and he, and he came in and said unto them, Why makest thee a do and weep? The damsel is not dead but sleepeth. Ah, they will have been wondering, hey, what's this for again? But that's why he took his strongest guys. Those ones were like, ah, ah master. <laughs> they, were like, they would just be standing like this. Don't worry. That's what. <laughs> Worry, calm down. He said he's, he, he said he's not dead. Believe, better believe. Just hold on. <laughs> so he took his strongest guys. If you are taking Thomas, Thomas will say, Ah, master. <laughs> Thomas will have just shouted when he said he's not there. He's say, Ah, master is dead. Ah, and you know, if the disciple is ready, is ready, how will the others believe? They will just weigh greatly the more. <laughs> so Jesus seen the things that was before him. You, 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 follow me. So you will not go and cause trouble. I'm sure you have taken it to Master, he's dead now. Or Philip that is already asking, show us the way. <laughs> <laughs> are you following? Are you getting what I say? So he took Peter. Peter that is already said, ah, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. So that one, I didn't know that. <laughs> John already said, me that the Lord love it. James, the brother of Jesus, that one he didn't say, ah, right from when we were younger, the way he is, he, he, 
even his baiting, God, the guy used to fight, used to be fight, used to look like, <laughs> used to look like wind baiting. So, so when he when he said he's not dead, he's sleeping. I'm sure they will have been saying, calm down, calm down, calm down. Miracle worker is here. Miracle worker, is calm, just calm down. So read, let's read on. Is it? <laughs> and they laughed him to scorn because they were rulers of the synagogue now. Imagine he has taken uh, Thomas. Thomas will have joined them in the laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas will have just said, Pastor, you two are actually funny. <laughs> and he laughed them to scorn. But when he had put them all out, you know, I, I had Bessie Downs share his story of how he rose the dead. He said he, he went to this scripture and he found that. So he wanted to raise the, raise the dead. And he said, he found out that many a times you have to first send away people that will, that will cause unbelief. It affects a lot of things. That's why a lot of times, as a preacher, sometimes you have to teach to stir up the faith of people many a times. That, so as the, as the more you keep doing it and people have believed your ministry, you just, you just, if we say healing school now, I expect that, if we say healing school now, that we are doing healing school now, I expect that everybody that is coming should know that we can heal the sick. So we don't need to teach. Are you getting what I'm saying? So basically, that was I said. As he entered that house, everybody was crying. Just say, everybody go out. Just remember that uh, everybody go out. So that their own belief will not affect what is about to happen. So I, I just remember that story. And I says he took the father and the mother and the dancer that were with him and entered with the dancer line. And he took the dancer by the hand and said, "Don't forget, Peter, James, and John were there. They must have been praying in tongues. They must have been laboring. Man, prakapush. They will have been saying, ah." Lord Jesus, miracle worker. Talika <laughs> Kumi, which being mean, damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straight away, it's not, the, the miracle of Jesus is not tomorrow. Straight away, the damsel arose and walked, for she was the age of 12, and they were astonished. Can we say a wonder? Can we call this wonder? They were astonished with great, <laughs> you don't understand? They were astonished with great astonishment. Yay! Great one. They will put their head on their head. They say, are you really the one? Are you alive? Are you really it? Ha! Yeah? You were gone. Ah, what did you see? What? What were you seeing as you were dead? What? Um, great astonishment. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it. Maybe that's why he took Peter James and just the ones that can keep secrets. That's why if you notice even in Matthew 17, on the month of transfiguration, it was still the same three of them. Even the Gatsimani, the same three of them. And he would tell them, don't tell anybody. So you see that? When John wanted to tell you, when John told us in the book that said, there are so many things that happened that if, the, that if we were to write it, the book of this world will not document. Let me show you. Let me show you that thing. Go to John 22. When, when John said it, you will see that he's talking from experience. It wasn't doctrine, it's experience. Now, he said, uh, look at in uh, John 21 verse, look at John 21 verse 25, or look at John 21 verse 24. Look at, look at how he, how he put a signature to his letter. John 21 verse 24 to 25. says, this is the disciple who testified of those things and wrote those things, for we know that his testimony is true. That says, there are so many other things that Jesus did, which 
the which if we were supposed to be written everyone i suppose that even the word <laughs> even the word itself could not contain the books that could be written so he knew what he was writing because those were the guys that were always following jesus they were the three holy ghosts of jesus they're just <laughs> walking with jesus everywhere and Jesus will tell them, don't tell anyone. So imagine the don't tell anyone that they are telling us now and the ones they are not trying to tell us. So when Peter was preaching in that art too, ah, are you, knowing, are you seeing what he's, what he's saying? When he says, this is that man of Israel who has done these things. So, you, so that guy, now look at me everybody. That guy Jesus, when he died, the whole of Jerusalem knew. When he rose again, he woke up and, the, and some of Jerusalem knew it. I won't say all. Because the Bible says he showed himself with great infallible proofs with a whole lot of people. So they saw him. They saw that he died. He woke up again. He was really a miracle worker. So you see that when we are preaching the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, these guys can, it's like they, this about this Peter, all these apostles, like they wanted to die about this. I, I, I saw this getting in my very eye. I almost denied this guy. Are you see? Are you seeing what I'm saying? That's not our subject. We are still on miracles. So that's how they heal this guy. Now look at in John eleven twenty eight. Let's go to John eleven twenty eight. Like I told you, the scripture will always be our yardstick to study. John eleven twenty-eight. John eleven twenty-eight. And when she has so said, she went away and called Mary, her sister, secretly, and said, The master cometh and calleth for thee. And as soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came into a place. And Jesus was not yet coming to the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. And the Jews then wished we were with her in their house and comforted her. And when she saw Mary, she rose up easily and went out and followed, saying, She went to the grave and wept there. Ah, she's. Look at. And look at verse 32. We are reading this, this Lazarus story. And when Mary came there, Jesus sat and saw him, and she fell down at his feet and said, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother would not have died. Do you know why she said that now? Are you seeing why she said that statement? Because she has heard of the so many things that Jesus has done. She said, oh, if you have been here, uh, uh, this guy would not have died. And Jesus therefore saw her weeping. And the Jews also weeping. <laughs> Hypocrites. And he groaned in his spirit. And he said, you know, and he, and he was troubled. And because this is Lazarus. Ah, yeah, you know, Lazarus is Jesus' friend. And he said, where are they leading? He, Jesus was like, ah, oh! We have the lady. And he said, Lord, come and see. The Bible says, Jesus wept. And the Jews said, He, yeah, behold, I loved him. He. They saw Jesus Christ say, He, yeah, ah, what a pity. Ah, sorry, take out there. Eh? Undo, Jesus. Ah. <laughs> and some of them said, Could this man, he said, Look at them, look at them, hypocrite. Could this man, could not this man, which has opened the eyes of the blind, of course even this man should have not have died? They said, ah. Are you seeing an Exodus narrative again? 
Are you seeing Exodus, Exodus background here? Are you seeing Exodus background? That it was going on with these Jews again. Guys, now, are you paying attention? Are you seeing the Exodus narrative again? That an unbelief thing is coming back. Such that Jesus has done so many miracles and they are still saying, yeah, could this man, this same person that has been healed of the sea, raised of the dead, can he not have done and stopped this one? And look at what happened. It says, Jesus, therefore, again, groaning in himself and come to the grave and his cave and his stone and the stone that lay upon him and tell them, take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, <laughs> Martha, was Je- Martha was giving Jesus a suggestion. Martha said, Lord, by this time you stink it. It has been four days. Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee, that if thou wilt believe, thou wilt see the glory of God. Okay, they say, well, is Kuku a miracle worker? We don't know what he wants to do. Maybe he wants to go and clean up the body. We don't know. And they took away the stone and the place. And when, and the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee, because thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which I stand, by. Are you seeing? See. Oh, God. I, I, I feel like I, I wish I'm teaching something else by this. Do you notice that? This is exactly what was happening in Exodus. When, when these guys were saying, stand still and see the salvation of God. Ah, you guys cannot, you guys can't decode this. Do you know that I told you, I taught you, some of you that have been here, I taught you, I said, the Exodus narrative, that that um, Red Sea is crossing from death to life. I don't know if you remember. That background is coming back here. They were in unbelief. And Jesus said the same thing. We will see the glory of God. Moses says, stand here and see the salvation of the Lord. The Exodus. So you need to understand Exodus to understand certain things. You can't take away that context from the scripture. And what happened? The dead came back to life. They crossed back. Are you seeing that that same event was replaying again? Just in a different scenario. So when Jesus now said, if you have believed Moses, you would have believed me. Is it making sense? That same thing. I, I, even, though that we're studying, even though that we're studying miracles, I'm trying to stay on course. I would have walked you through back to Exodus. I will look at it again and see. This same thing, the same way the Jews were complaining, the same way everybody was murmuring, the same thing was happening again. The Exodus narrative was coming back. And Jesus said the same thing. He said, stand here and see the salvation of God. And the, the dead crossed to life. You know, that was the greatest deliverance that happened. They crossed from death to life. They passed through something. So Colossians now had that narrative and said, We've been delivered from the kingdom of darkness and translated. What's that? The Exodus narrative. Are you seeing how to understand the scriptures? Uh-huh. So now let's go. Oh, I'm, we're studying miracles. Not I'm trying to help myself. <laughs> Sometimes you just can't help it because when you know certain things, you just be like, ah, you want everybody to know it. Now see, it says, and they spoke and cried with a loud voice, Lazarus. Lazarus, comfort. Hiya. And he now said, I, I remember 
there was a sermon I listened to. People remember that sermon. Lose him and let him go. Yeah. When the man, when the man of God finished this sermon, there is no way you will not want to do the miraculous. Ah! Lose him and let him. And he just said, and the dead that came forth, bound hand and foot with the grave clothes. His face was bound with napkin. And Jesus said, lose him and let him go. And many of the Jews, we came to Mary and have seen these things, which Jesus did. Ah, the people that were murmuring before believed. <laughs> the, some of them went their way to the Pharisees. They quickly went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus, Jesus has done. So in verse 47, I wish we were coming too soon. He now said, he says, and they gather the sheep priests and the Pharisees and say, what do we? For this man doeth many miracles. Ah. Look at where the problem has started coming from about his death. If we let him alone, all men will believe on him. And the Romans shall come and take away both our place and our nation. Are you seeing why they killed him? Are you seeing why? Are you seeing the essence of why he was why they started conspiring to kill him? I think it was actually you know say it was just envy, beef, jealousy, like will this man come and take our nation and become our president? Everybody is following, everybody is believing on him. He does so many miracles. That's all. Is it making sense to everybody? If it makes sense to you, let me see your hands, guys. <laughs> okay. So, why is John giving us this detail? You now know why. He was that guy who was... Now, let's see. Jesus also walked on water. So, we see Jesus risen from the dead. Jesus walked on water. Matthew 14, verse 23. So, now, tell me, what miracle Jesus did not do? <laughs> Matthew 14. Verse 23. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went up to the mountain apart to pray. And the evening was come, it was dear alone, and the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus said unto him, walking on the sea. And, ah, you know, I'm, I'm trying, I saw something. I, just yesterday, I was looking at this timing thing. I, wanted to, I, 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 I don't know why I forgot. That's why it's good to pay. That's why it's good to be doing an agino school. I wanted, to, I wanted to give you this timing thing. When you say first watch of the night, second watch of the night, third watch of the night, I wanted to explain the exact timing in our world. Ah, maybe remind me. Maybe before the end of this conference, I will tell you. I will explain it to you. Um, when you see fourth watch of the world, fourth watch of the night, it's there's a timing to it. I, I, I just can't remember right now. So you're walking on the sea, and the disciples saw him walking on the sea, and they were troubled, saying, "Eh." Is this so? So look at so many. Look at it. he has done miracles, right? He has done so many wonders. This one now is now walking on water. He says it is a spirit, and they cried out with fear. Ha! Ah, this man is not human. And straight away Jesus said unto them, "Calm down, be of good cheer. It is I. Don't be afraid. Trust our brother, Peter." He said, okay. Peter answered and said, Lord, if it is you, 
You see where Peter's denier and for <laughs> if it is really you, bid me come on this water. And Jesus said, come. Now look at it. Instruction. If you know how to follow instruction, ah, <laughs> we'll get to this point later. Just say, come. And when Peter came down, that's why if you notice, the way, if you, if you are using King James, the way King James wrote it, they put that comma in red letter. Just say, come. And when Peter came down onto the ship, he walked on water to go to Jesus. So he said that even this Peter too has had some stuffs. But when he saw the wind blows, that's what I was teaching yesterday, Pondom of Purpose. When you see the wind moving, contrary winds, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He saw that, eh? Master, 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 he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. He started sinking. And the Lord saved him. Immediately, Jesus stretched for the sun and said, and caught him and said, ah, ah. The way Jesus was so relaxed, he did miracle. <laughs> Jesus said, ah, ah. He said, oh, thou little faith. Why did you doubt? <coughs> yeah, and since when they were coming to the ship, the wind sinks. So he walked on water. He also read that in uh, um, John 6. Verse 16 to 21. John 6, verse 16 to 21. So the same story happened also there. Just another account. Mm. He calmed the storm. Let's look at that just because of our time. Because we have quite some things to do. Look, it comes, it, it comes the storm. Because we're just looking at the miracles. We've not seen why he did it though. We're just still looking at the miracles. We're about to gradually approach why he did it. Look at Mark 4, verse 35. Are you enjoying these guys? Uh, you should, oh, please. You should. You should love the scriptures. You should love the miraculous. Mark 4, verse 35. And the same day when the evening was come, he said unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they sent away the multitude, they took him even as the sheep and with other sheep. And it says, And there arose a great storm in the wind, and the waves beat into the sheep, and it was full. And it says, And when he was in that part of the sheep, asleep on the pillow, and they awake him and say, Master, Careth not that we perish, and he arose and rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? He says, Is it that you have no faith? So he, he was so relaxed in doing all of his miracles. So relaxed. So we've seen, the, we've seen all of those things. Now, he also exercised authority over evil spirits. Let's see Matthew 8, verse 14 to 17. And that's something I really want us to pay attention to in the sense that I want you to know that you have authority over these evil spirits. Look at Matthew 14, Matthew 8, sorry, 14 to 17. And when Jesus was come unto Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. So you see, Peter's wife. <laughs> and he touched her and, and the fever left. <laughs> he touched her like this and the fever left. 
and she arose and ministered unto them. And evening was come. When you say even, it means evening, right? And they brought in many that were possessed of the devils. And he cast out all the spirits with what? With what? Pay attention to that thing. So that you can know how to use your authority. He, he, he casted out the evil spirit with his words and healed them all. So you see, he casted out the evil spirit first, right? Then he healed them. Are you seeing it? He healed that were sick. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken in Isaiah the prophet. It took away our infirmities and be our sickness. Are you seeing it? Look at Mark 1, 23. Mark 1, 23. Mark 1, 23. And there was in the synagogue a man which was an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone, for what have we to do with you, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Are thou to destroy us? I know thee who art thou, the only one of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace, and come out of him. And the unclean spirit cried out, turned and cried out, and came out of him. And they were all amazed. Can we call that a wonder? They were all amazed in so much that the question among them said, what is this thing? What new doctrine is <laughs> You know, they are wondering, is it not the same Bible we are reading? <laughs> are you getting what I say? What new doctrine is this? For the Ocrispy, for, for the authority commanded, even the Ocrispy that they do obey him. Look at it, verse 28. And immediately, what happened? That's it. That's it. <laughs> so they are wondering, ah, is it not the same Old Testament we are reading? The Pharisees are wondering, ah, what new doctrine is this thing? And now, who better, who better do we learn from than God Himself? Are you getting what I'm saying? Look at His entire ministry. We are looking at His entire ministry like this. Did He preach? Look at the kind of miracles He wrought. This is God in flesh. So when he told us in Matthew 28, go into the world, preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, in us is an and with you always. Can we say Simeon? I told you a, an indicator, a proof of another, that someone is with you, right? Remember supernatural every day? He is with you always. Mark 16, 15. This sign shall follow them. This indicators. This proof. Hey. We are not yet there. We are, we are building up. Mark 5. Hiya. Miracles. Wonders. Men and brethren. Are you his ah? Is, are you inspired? I want you to. I want you to hear this and get back to your cities. And people are seeing you and say, where did you go to? People are asking, where exactly are you coming from? <laughs> people are saying, where exactly did you go to? People are saying, what doctrine is this one? <laughs> Mark 5. This is, oh, at least, we know, you, know what, you know what we are doing? 
I've not even showed you book of Acts. I'm only showing you Jesus. We are still exploring four gospel. And he says we should be like him, Abby. We say we should be like him, Abby. So the being like him, is it just only for preaching? That's not the only thing he did. That's not the only thing he did in his ministry. He was known for miracles. So that means in your ministry location, you should be known that, ah, if I go there, I taught you in territorial church. Go and listen again to territorial church. Our work is to take territories. Mark 5, 2. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately they met him. Look at different incidents. Do you think, now listen to me guys. Why do you think it was written? So that you will believe and act in the same. And when he was come out, so why was the disciple doing miracle? Are you seeing it? They, they saw their master do it now. So if somebody asks you, why are you doing miracles? That's how our God is. So we are, we are about to reach there. We are, about to, we, are about to, we are about to see the why so that we can go and be doing it. So what is your why? <laughs> Say someone I will teach someday in the future. What's your why? <laughs> no, no. And when he was come out of the ship immediately, they met him out of the tomb, a man with an unclean spirit, who had had his dwelling among the tomb, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because he had been. So, do, do, do you see that there were so many impossible things that doesn't even look normal? And at the, at the presence of Jesus, he started becoming normal. He says, because he had been bound with fetters, chains, and so, so look at demons. Look at look at how demons tormented a man, such that they were so strong that the only thing they, they, they had to tie him down with chains. Fettered, broken on pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always night and day he was in the mountain in the tomb, crying and cutting himself with stone. I've seen this incident before. I remember me and Pastor Ife went for a, for 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 a, for a cruise for an outreach, a, uh, all this missionary work one time. And there was somebody who told us she always cut herself with blade. I, 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 when I, this creature, I did not know that it was real. They were just cutting themselves with blade. We had to cast out the demon on the person. Like, eh? What do you mean? He said, yes. When, after some time, the mother, it was actually the mother that brought the daughter to us. It was a woman. She said, I'll just be cutting her. We just say, in the name of Jesus. That was it. You could literally see the demon jumping out of the person. She kept manifesting. We just, me and, me and Pastor Ife, we, it was like we were grievous. We, we just held the guy out together. In the name of It was like we did it together. In the name of Jesus. We couldn't bear it. There's just something about compassion. We couldn't bear it. <laughs> so he just said, but Jesus, but when he saw Jesus afar, he ran and worshipped him and cried with a loud voice. He said, ah, what have I to do with you? Jesus, the Son of God. He now says, I adjourned thee by God, that thou torment me not. For he said, Come out of this man, thou clear spirit. And he asked, What is thy name? And he said, This is the only time demons spoke in the scripture. So don't go, all those, Come out! I will not come out. Come out! My name is D. What have you done to him? You put now with conversation. I, I did not let him pass his exam. Come out! Leave me alone. Come out! 
Though this is the only record where Jesus spoke, he says, For we are legion, but we are many. And he besought him that he would not send him. And it's because the demon was begging, begging for a place where they should cast him into. Not because he should not, he doesn't want to come out. <laughs> so and Jesus and Jesus prayed for the person. Look at in Mark 9. Mark 9. Verse 17. So you put all these scriptures down so that you can go home and go and look at it together. Ah. God, what have what have you done in my life? <laughs> Mark 9. 17. And one of the multitudes answered and said, Master, have I have bought unto thee my son, which had been dumb spirit. Dumb means he cannot hear, you see. You know, says, and whether he taketh in, he teareth and he foameth and gnasheth his teeth and pinneth away. Look at how demons, ah, demons are oppressing a whole lot of people, man. I spoke to that, and I spoke to the disciples that they should cast him out and they could not. And he answered and said, O faithless generation, how long will I be with you? And I'd like to offer you to bring it in verse 25. He said, and Jesus saw that the people were running, running together. And he rebuked the foul spirit, saying, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee to come out of him and enter no more. And the spirit cried and rent sore and came out of him. And as in one dead, in so much many said he was dead. And Jesus took him by hand and lifted him up and he arose. Aya. Look 9, look 13. This is the last one. Then we'll look at why did he do it? Why was he doing all of this? Are you ready for this? Yes, Alright, let's look at Luke 13. Then we'll start another journey. Or why did he actually do this? I want you to leave this conference and people tell you, where did you go to? Something has changed about you. That in your house, they start calling you miracle worker. You say, ah, oh yeah. And you know the kind of confidence it was? The disciples know, just bring it to our master. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> that was the kind of confidence they had. Let's bring him. Don't worry. Philip went to tell him, Master, there's no food though. No, what do you think we can do? If Philip did the suggestions, so there's no money to Don't go and tell me to buy anything. <laughs> do your work. Ah, that's quite some result. Luke 13, verse 11. Are you following these guys? Is he, is this enjoying, is he interested? It says, And behold, a woman which had spirit of infirmity 18 years. I was bowed together, <clears throat> and he could no wise lift, out, lift, out, lift up herself. And Jesus saw her and, and called to her and said, Woman, thou art loose from thy infirmity. And he laid his hands on her. And immediately she made straight and did what? Glorified God. So having seen that the ministry of Jesus was characterized with miracle signs and wonders. Now, the intelligent question you and I will ask is why did Jesus do miracle signs, wonder? We already said, let's recap again. What did we say sign is? Simeon, proof, incitator, right? A present of another, right? Wonder, terrace in the Greek, right? And it means a response of an onlooker like, yeah, Mogbeo, 
Mm. Something like that, right? Okay. So why did Jesus do miracle signs and wonders? And that's, the, that's been the crux of our study. Act 2, let's go back to what Peter was saying. Let's, start, let's go back to where we started from, where, what Peter was saying. Act 2, 22. It's not just to pray, you have to also hear the word. <laughs> Act 2, 22. It says, ye men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth. A man approve of, of a man approve of God among you by miracle signs and wonder, which God did in the midst of you, as ye yourself know. You know that they know. Do you see that they really know? <laughs> I just walked you through how they knew. They were aware. Very much aware. So what was happening? They were now preaching what he was doing. Look at Act 10. The same text we read again before earlier. Act 10. This was Peter's preaching. Act 10, verse 37. That word I say, ye know, that it was published throughout Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. So the ministry started from Galilee. Remember, we, started, we said that already. And how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So notice something. When we read in Acts 2, verse 22, Peter said that God approved Jesus among the Jews by miracles, signs, and wonders. So he later stated that God did those miracles by Jesus in the midst of the Jews. Now, in chapter 10, he stated that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost. That is, God was involved. God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power. That is, God was involved in him in the healing ministry and he was described as doing good. So now, we can safely say, according to Peter's words, that signs, wonders, diverse miracles, Healing the sick and diseases are the acts of God, which God demonstrated in Jesus' earthly ministry. I'll say it again. We can safely say that signs and wonders, diverse miracles, healing of sicknesses and diseases are the acts of God. And it was demonstrated in Jesus' earthly ministry. That was why, look at in John 5, verse 30. Look at John 5, verse 30. John 5, verse 30. John 5, verse 30. It says that... I can of my own self do nothing as I hear. I judge with my own judgment because I seek my own will. But the Father, it says, but the will of the Father which has sent me. He now says, look at it, verse 36. Oh, that's in John 5. He now says, but I have a greater witness than that of John. 
for the works which the Father has given me to finish, and the same word that I do, I bear witness that the Father has sent me. He said, the Father has sent me to do these things. Look at John 9, 3. John 9, 3. We are tracing something. Don't forget the question is, why did Jesus do miracle signs and wonders? Look at John 9, 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Neither has this man seen nor his parent, but the works of God should be made manifest. He now says in verse 4, I must walk the works of him that sent me while it is day, the night cometh that no man can walk. John 10, 25. Since Jesus answered and said unto them, I told you, if ye are believing, I told you and ye believe not. And the works that I do the Father's name, they bear witness of me. In verse 32, it says, Jesus answered and said, Many good works have I shown you, from my father, for which those works do you stone me? In verse 37, he says, If I do not the works of my father, believe me not. Look at John 14, verse 10. John 14, verse 10. John 14, verse 10 to 11. It says, Believe not that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, and the words that I speak in you, I speak not of myself, but the Father which dwelleth in me, he doeth the work. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Look at in verse 24. He now says, He that loveth me and keepeth my sins, and the word which he has here is not mine, but the Father which has sent me. So that is to say, healing is the work of God, is the work of God. That is my father or his father or the father. Healing is the work of God. Because you notice that he kept saying that I do the work of the father. I'm doing the work of the father. So that shows that you and I can say the healing ministry or miracle signs and wonders is the work of the father. So Jesus in his days on earth confirmed God's nature in healing the sick as the one who heals every nature of sicknesses and disease. So that shows we have a father and the nature of God is that he heals sicknesses and diseases. The nature of God is that he sought out afflictions in the life of men. The nature of God is that, so that's why they always, he did several acts of healings. Why? He was showing us the nature of God. You can simply call God and say, this is my nature, healing. So when we heal the sick, we are showing people, this is the nature of God. The God we are preaching, this is part of his characteristics. Are you following me, guys? Okay. So Christ the healer was revealed as God the healer. So when we see Christ the healer, you are seeing God the healer. Remember how we started? We said Jesus is God, right? As an incarnation. God in man. Now, so he revealed that one, he revealed God as one who does signs, wonders, and diverse miracles. Remember, I told you, I think in one of our glory meetings, I said, God likes to show himself. I don't know if you remember that statement. He likes to show himself. He just liked to show himself. 
So one of the nature of God is healing sicknesses and diseases. Several of it. So when we saw Jesus, who were we seeing? We were seeing God. And we were seeing the very nature of God. Now, I want you to get something in your head. The God that you and I serve was that man who walked on the earth. And when he walked on the earth, what did he do? He preached the gospel. And what did he also do? He was healing the sick. So that means, if God was to be here physically, he will heal the sick. And today, he has sent you. He's now in us. So, when Peter said in that Acts 2 verse 22, that ye men of Israel, hear this word, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God, among you by miracle signs and wonders, which God did in the midst of you, as, and you, will, you will understand it. At 10 verse 38, it says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, who went about doing good, and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So this shows that every time Jesus healed the sick, it was the revelation of God's nature to man. When you see Jesus healing the sick, that is God's revelation to man. That is, God explaining himself as the one who heals the sick, who heals, who heals sicknesses and disease. So every time we see miracles, signs, wonders, it was God walking in and through him. So when he kept saying, it is, the it, is, it is the nature of God, it is the nature of my father, it is the nature of God. So when, you see, when, we, see, that's, when we see those miracle signs and wonders, that's the nature of God. That's why, let's go to the Old Testament. Exodus 15. Look at how Moses described God to them. Exodus 15 verse 26. Please go there quickly. Is it making sense to you guys? He says, I am the Lord that he let thee. He says, if thou will hearken to, is this, if thou will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord the God, and without do what is right in the signs, and give yet to thy commandment, and keep his statutes, I will put none of this disease upon thee, for I have brought upon the Egyptians, I am the Lord that does what? He let thee. That was, look at him, Exodus 23, verse 24. Exodus 23, verse 24. This was Old Testament. Moses explaining who God does, what God does. Exodus 23, verse 24. Exodus 23, 24. He says, look at it too. He told them, thou shalt not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor do their works, but thou shalt utterly overthrow them and quite break down their images and serve the Lord your God and bless thy bread and thy water. He says, what did he say? Let's read the next, the next statement. I will do what? I will take sicknesses away what? From the midst of the... So that's his nature. So this was Moses speaking to the children of Israel after they left Egypt. Now see guys, I will take away sickness in the midst of the... So sickness, taking away sickness is the nature of God. So it must dawn on you that if God has come me to preach the gospel, I must heal the sick. Are you getting what I'm saying? Brethren, are you hearing what I'm saying, guys? You must have a consciousness that if God has given me his spirit, 
if God has called me to preach the gospel, there is something that must accompany my work, healing the sick, because it is his nature. So healing the sick is God's nature. He is ever and eager ready to do it. Always ready to heal the sick. Always. Look at in Psalms. Psalm 78, verse 12. Let's look at how David explained this. David in his psalm wrote about the miraculous. David was writing about the miraculous act of God. Psalm 78. Go there quickly. Psalm 78, verse 12. Psalm 78, verse 12. It says, let's, let's, let's read this. It says, are you there? I'll wait for you. Psalm 78, verse 12. It says, marvelous things did he in the sight of the Father, in the land of Egypt, in the field of Zoan. He divided the sea, caused them to pass through it. Look at this now, see. David has read history now and explained. He said, he divided the sea, caused them to pass through it. He made the waters to stand as an heap in the daytime and also led them in the night. And also led them with a cloud all the night with light of fire. He clave in the rocks of the wilderness and gave drink out of great depths. He brought streams also out of the rock and caused water to run like rivers. And they yet sinned yet more. <laughs> they yet sinned yet more by provoking the most high in the wilderness. And they tempted God with their heart and asking for meat in their laws. Yet, yea, and yea, God spake, and yea, spake against God. And can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Behold, he smoked the rock. It says, Behold, he smoked the rock, and the water gushed out, and the stream overflowed. That he give bread also. Can he provide the flesh for his people? Now, look at the verse. And the Lord heard this and was wrought. So a fire came to that against Jacob and the anger of the Lord. And he believed not in the God and trusted not in salvation. And though he, he commanded the cloud from above and opened the doors of heaven and rained down manna upon them to eat and had given them the corn of meat. Man did eat angels' food. He sent them meat to the fool. See, see, the, he says he caused the wind to blow in the heaven, and his power brought down the sound wind. He rained flesh upon them that does feather waters like in the sands of the sea, and he let it fall in the midst of the camp round about their uh, habitation. And he also did eat, and they were well filled, and he gave them, for he gave them their own desires. Even despite all the miracles, these guys did not believe. He says he, he gave them over to their own desires. The same thing that Paul said in Romans 1. This implies that several, despite the several miracles that God did in the wilderness, and how miraculously they were delivered from Egypt, they did not believe in God. Neither did they trust in his salvation. They did not. That's why the writer of Hebrews, in Hebrews 3, go to Hebrews 3. So, one thing you must know is miracles point to salvation, but uh, it might not really get anybody saved sometimes. That's why we preach too. Because sometimes, if you keep doing miracles, so, yeah, it will be added the heart of people the more. They will trust the miracle more. <laughs> no, so you see, I don't want to eat rock miracle again. You better first rot it first. <laughs> Hebrews 3 verse 7. 
Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost has said, today, if you hear his voice, adding not your heart, as in the day of progression, in the day of temptation in the wind, where the fathers tempted me and proved me, and saw my works forty years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation, and he said, They do hear in their heart, and they've known and they have not known my ways, so I swore in my wrath, and they shall not enter my rest. Take it, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, while it is today, let any of you be adding through deceitfulness of sin. For we have made partakers of Christ. For if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end, it says, while he said, today, I've only told you the word today is the salvation terminology. It says, today, if you will hear his voice, adding not your heart as in the day of provocation. You will see the same thing in Hebrews 4, verse 1 to, verse 1 to 3. It was speaking about the rest. So this explained, and it was explaining unbelief to the gospel. So this implies that God, through Moses, did not only do signs and wonders and miraculous as about them. Moses also preached the gospel unto them. Some were described as adding of acts to the gospel via unbelief. As a result, they did not also enter their arrest and did not believe in the they did not believe in the gospel. So it's evident that the Jews that God does signs and wonders and miracles to the Jews. So it was evidence to the Jews that God does signs, wonders, miracles, and He also healed the sick. And Jesus also demonstrated it in His earthly ministry. That's why Peter on that two occasions explained in the Acts 2 verse 22, Acts 10 verse 38. So it suffice for us to say that when we are looking at the charismatic ministry, when I say charismatic ministry, what do I mean? I mean a ministry characterized with signs and wonders, miracles. That's the charismatic ministry. It supports the existence of his emphasis on miracle signs and wonders. See, the ministry of Jesus is charismatic in nature. Charismatic in nature means it supports miracle signs and wonders. You can't be a preacher of the gospel without miracle signs and wonders. You can't be a preacher of the gospel and all you are doing is Greek word and Hebrew. And you don't have miracles, signs and wonders. You can't be. No, you can't. That's why Peter explains to us that sickness is an oppression of the devil. That sickness is an oppression of the devil. You must know it. Every sickness, whatever name they call it, the devil only gave, the demons have only given it a name. Malaria, cancer, ulcer, eh, cyberporosis, plagiaregia, eh, uh, sclerosis, uh, uh, lump, lump, hippos, cerebral prosy, uh, sclerosis, something, something shall be uh, Whatever it is, is an oppression of the devil. So it is, it is suffice for us to say. That sicknesses and disease does not come from God. How many of you know that? It does not come from God. James 1. He says, he is the father of light. In him there is no variableness. Ha! Neither shadow of turning. 
He says, which father will give good gifts to his children? So God is the father of life. He can't give sickness. He can't give diseases to his children. If he's the one that gives it, he can't be the one taking it away. Are you getting what I'm saying? So he is not in charge. Whatever name they call it, they call it a headache. They call it migraine. They call it eh, informa, whatever it is. They call it uh, they call it cancer. They call it uh, they call it uri edaru. They call it <laughs> they call it diabetes. Hey <laughs> God, I beg. This is diabetes. <laughs> diabetes. Hey, come on, bid. <laughs> they call it uh, epilepsy, autism. Hypertension, high blood pressure, ADHD, whatever it is, whatever name it is, is from the devil. You must get it in your head. It is very logical. They'll tell you, eh, this is the, this. yes, take care of your head, obviously. It's very logical. But it's from the devil. It does not, because what God does and delights in doing is to heal those who are plagued with sicknesses and disease. That's what he delights in doing. That's his nature, to destroy the works of the devil. So that's why Peter said, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So do you see that sicknesses were oppressed of the, uh, oppression of the devil? Yes, Two. When he says, our God anointed Jesus, who went about doing good, what is his goodness? The art of his goodness, kindness, and compassion for men was demonstrated in healing the sick. The act of God's goodness, kindness, and compassion for men was demonstrated in the healing of the sick. Matthew 14, verse 14. Look at it. Quickly. You should be there. Matthew 14, verse 14. Are you following me this morning? And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion towards them and he healed their what? Their sick. So, he saw, so, can we say he was doing good? He saw, look at it, he went forth and had a, and he was moved with what? And he was moved with what? So, that shows that, see, look at me, everybody. When you see people sick, be angry that they are sick. That's compassion. Ah, what's going on? What's this? Are you seeing it, guys? Are you following me? Look at Matthew 20, verse 34. Matthew 20, 34. Matthew 20, 34. It says, So Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. And immediately their eyes received sight. But what did he do first? He had compassion. Mark 1.41. Mark 
And Jesus was what? Read it, everybody. Jesus was what? Move because, and put forth his hand and touched him and said, I will if thou be clean. Mark 5 verse 19. It says, Albeit Jesus suffered him not, but said, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord had done and, and he had had compassion on thee. Mark 9.22 Mark 9.22 And awful times he has cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. If thou canst do anything and have compassion on us and do what? And help us. Look at Luke 7. Luke 7. Verse 13. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, Weep not. He had compassion. And it said, and he came and touched the bear, and the bear man stood with him and said, Young man, I say unto thee, arise. I hope you are following this. Are you seeing compassion? And this work with the healing ministry? So, so, I'm coming. So, look at, look at, uh, Matthew also recorded, do you know that, the reason why Jesus, okay, do you know the reason, one of the reasons why Jesus turned that five loaves of bread to two fishes is compassion? Let me show you. Mark, Mark, Matthew 15. You know, John just gave us a, an account that just said, Philip and all of those things. But look at how Matthew recorded it. Matthew 13, Matthew 15, verse 32. Matthew 15, verse 32. And Jesus called his disciples and said, I, I do what? I do what? I have compassion on the multitude because they've continued with me now what? Three days and have nothing to eat and I will not send them away fasting lest they faint in their way. And the disciples said unto him, where should we have bread in the wilderness to fill this great multitude? Are you seeing, the, are you seeing another side of the story? That was what happened. So the healing ministry of Jesus was demonstrated as a compassionate and loving Father, Lord. There's this song we used to sing when we were younger. Compassionate Father, how I love you. Compassionate Jesus, how I love you. Your spirit in me makes me fall in love with you. You never say no, but you carry me with you. How many of you know that song? Compa- anyway, you should know that song now. You don't? Compa- ah, it's, it's your people now. Compassionate Father, how I love you. Compassionate Jesus, how I love you. Your spirit in me makes me fall in love with you. You never say no, but you carry me along. Ah, I should teach you. Compassionate Father, how I love you. Compassionate Jesus, how I love you. Your spirit in me makes me fall in love with you. You never say no, 
You never say no, but you carry me along. I'll teach you after, after this. Remind me. So the healing ministry of Jesus was demonstrated as a compassionate father, a compassionate and a loving God who always wants people well. So I will ask you a question. Do you just want to show power? Or do you want people well? <laughs> you know, they, yeah, they will know today. <laughs> Some of you, that's why you, that's why you, that's why you, that's why you want to do power. Ah, oh my, eh? <laughs> as soon as I get, I remember when, when I was teaching you guys, you remember, some years ago, I taught these young children, I said, when you get to go and lay hands on everything that is dead in your, in your, Everything that is not working. I'm sure he did not do it. Others did it and came home and said things started working. He did not believe me then. <laughs> they came back the next one and said, I laid this on our TV that was not working, Pastor. And he walked. I said, glory. <laughs> he was just looking at them like, like hmm, Thomas, Master, really? <laughs> so, the healing ministry of Jesus is demonstrated with compassionate and loving God. Who wants people well? Both believers and unbelievers. So, are you seeing why an unbeliever can be healed without him being a believer? Are you seeing it? Because he wants everybody well. So, to portray him as one who makes people sick, to portray God as somebody that makes people sick, ha, that would mean he's an inconsistent person. That would mean he's bipolar. That God is quite bipolar. He has a, a strange nature. Today is okay. Today is happy. Today, today. So, those people think God is Let me tell you what that means in Yoruba. It means that He kills and wakes somebody. He can kill someone today. He can wake another person up tomorrow. They just feel like He is that. Um, as he, he does. This is how my mother used to say. He does as He pleases. <laughs> you can't question Him. He does as He pleases. <laughs> so that means tomorrow you can just say, Bro Matthew, it's time for you to leave the earth, go. Bro, bro Olimota, it's time for you to stay. Uh, AY, you're too black to stay. Uh, Chabaka, you're too yellow to go. Uh, he just does as he pleases. That's a bipolar God now. But that's not the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you hear what I'm saying? Is it making sense, guys? That's not the father. His character is very consistent. James 1, the father of light. In whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. That's the character of God. So all you see about God is that he's good. He's not a killer. He is not the one that gives people sickness. He is not a bad God. He's not a dangerous one. He's not, he wants everybody well. So his nature is very clear. And it has revealed to the father. That's why, look at in John 9. Let me show you something that happened in John 9. I've thought this over the years, but I think I need to explain this so that it will, it will make us understand some things. Are you following this? I love the man of Galilee. He has done so very much. Very much for me, yes, for giving me all my sins and send all he goes to me. I love the mother. Ah, if my mother sings this song for you, you'll be born again again. 
everything she wants to do. She does where were you? Then the next song is from east to west. Hey, there is no other God. From north to south, I say there is no other God. Ah. So that's that's how they do praise and worship. Then, if you are in another circle, the next thing is, keep on wearing your trousers, keep on wearing your slippers, keep on farming your yes, sister Jesus is coming back again. All of you that are wearing trousers, keep on wearing your trousers, keep on wearing your trousers, because, or keep on putting your makeup, because, they will not point to the sister, because Jesus is coming back again. <laughs> Brother, Jesus is coming back. <laughs> ah, you will, you did not really grow up in religion, though. You are just enjoying the resident of God in Christ Jesus and Jesus. And, uh, <laughs> glory to God. <laughs> you know, those times, if you can't baptize it, or you babe, uh, uh, all those uh, things, you not poop shape. Hey, keep on babbing your year. Keep on. Baby, you're here because Jesus is coming. Then I say, brother, eh, you. <laughs> that, that, that's how they point to. They say, brother, give eh, up. Or, and you know, see, if you come to church those days, and they will, they will forgive you for coming with, with our Bible, but if you come to church and you not bring a scarf, they can't forgive you. They will not forgive you. They don't care whether you come with Bible. If you don't have scarf or your skirt is not long enough to the front, they'll give you they'll give you wrapper. They'll give you something to throw. That's it. So inside the service, they are condemning you and judging you. Keep on wearing your skirt. Keep on wearing your skirt. Sister Jesus, she's coming back. They don't say, I don't you know it? Keep on wearing your <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not joking. Then we clap inside your ears. He was very scared. Jesus, Jesus is coming back. Then I tell us the, the next song. Will you be ready when the Lord shall come? Will you be ready when the so we will have to say, Ah, we be ready, ready. Ah, so when <laughs> so let me tell you what we used to do. Then we were bad boys then. So, redeem. So, there's a way they used to do things. Like, when they say redeem, Yoruba, redeem is like shaking your bum bum. So, we will now say, Ah, we be ready. We will now look at the sister. We you be ready, ready. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so redeem means you shake your bum bum. That's what it means in Yoruba. So, we, the song is radio. We will not say, sister, we will be ready, ready. You will be ready. <laughs> they will say, brother, no, you will not be ready. You will not be ready. You. <laughs> so we sit at the back. You will be ready. We will not call the name. Tony, you will be ready, ready. You will be ready. <laughs> so those are the next thing we will not sing is, the Lord send another ledger to bring your power down. Send out fire, also send a rain. 
to eat the secrets that that glorify your name. Lord, I want to be another Elijah here. Ah! Oh boy. Good times. Good times. <laughs> Good times. You will be ready, ready. Ah! God has really forgiven us. We see that at the back. We will not be mentioning him. We don't say. You will be ready, ready. You. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's come back. <laughs> what a good commercial break, Abby. <laughs> At least all of you are woken up. <laughs> okay, look at John 9. All right. Let's, we are still looking at Jesus' healing ministry. <laughs> and as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his bed. And his disciple asked him, saying, Master, who did sin? These guys are actually very, they're actually the most sincere people. I really like them. They saw a man blind from bed. They said, okay, now I'll answer this question. Who exactly sinned? They said, is he his parents? Who did sin? This man, at least, did he start sinning from when he was born? Or is he his parent that he was born blind? Explain it. You know, this one is not Pharisees trying to tempt him. This one is disciples. Oh, yeah. Before you say you want to heal the sick, explain, let's explain what happened. <laughs> we know that <laughs> you're a miracle worker. We've seen, the, we know that this person will soon see. But before he sees, first tell us what really happened. And Jesus said, Neither has this man seen. No spirit, but that the works of God will be made manifest. I must walk the works of Him that sent me. While it is day, the night cometh when no man can walk. As long as I am in this world, I am the light of the world. He now said in verse six, in verse six, when he had spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle, and he anointed his eyes and the blind man with the clay, and he said, Go and wash in the pool of Shinoam, which by interpretation means sent. And he went his way, and he washed and came seeing. Now, the disciples' questions were very prevalent in the belief system among the Jew. The, that question was a very prevalent belief among the Jew, thinking that the reason why people sick, the reason why people are sick or people are diseased, was because God was punishing them. Are you getting what I'm saying? So the Jews had that belief that for this person to be born blind, for this person to be impotent, for this person to, uh, to come with, for this person to be a dwarf. He must have, somebody has done something wrong. You know, they have a sin-conscious mentality because of the law. So they just feel like, ah, maybe, as, maybe his parents did not obey fully the law of Moses. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? So Jesus' response was like, no, none of them. Neither his parents, nor his brother's sin. So if you don't read verse 3, you know what we are still doing again? Is this, what, what did I call it? If we don't read, if we read verse 3 in isolation from verse 4, it can be misleading. Because it can be misleading as a person to be tempted at. The reason why this man was made blind was that God wanted to just manifest his power. And that's what a lot of people say. The reason is God destined and ordained him to just be blind here so that one day Jesus will pass by and heal him. I've heard that kind of stupid theology before. 
That's wrong. You must first read Anna Ginosko. Don't skip that answer first. Jesus already answered. Neither does this man. Neither. Then he took the next context, the conversation to another thing. Jesus answered the question immediately. None of them sinned. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? So you must, you must have an agnosco and study the scriptures. So it wasn't so that the word of God will be manifest. That's why the fact that the guy was blind. No! That's why it's important that. See, I believe that as the years progress, we will start having Bibles without chapters and verses. It has really done a lot of injustice such that we can't read properly again. Our head is clogged with verses, the chapter, we should be this verse says this, and we forgot it that when they were writing it, John was not putting verse one. Are you getting what I'm saying? Shadows and Baptist were introduced much later. So for us to we that's why we really have to read the scriptures in context. We really do. So it will really help us. So Jesus said, Neither. He says, but the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must walk the works of he that sent me. While it is dead, why did I come? You know that word? sickness is not the work of darkness. On the other hand, light is the description of what God has sent me to say. As far as in this world, ah, me, I'm in the light of the world, though. So in Jesus' healing ministry, to heal the sick is the work of God. He is the healer. It is the nature of God to heal the sick. It is. So as Peter stated in the book of Acts, he says to do good. He says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth after who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So can we say the healing ministry of Jesus is a display of God's compassion and God's loving mercy? Can we say that? That's the comp- that's, that is it. So it is therefore a fact that the nature of God in healing is best seen in understanding Jesus' ministry. Why? See, if you and I want to understand God, we will look at the man he presented to us. Or we will look at how he came down to earth as a man. Are you getting what I'm saying? It will help your understanding, your appreciation of things. So, in the Synoptic Gospels, that is, when we say Synoptic Gospel, now we say Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, right? Jesus, not once did Jesus make anyone sick or diseased. Did he do that? Did he make anybody sick or diseased? No. That's the nature of God. You see why we started from the incarnation in our explanation? Have you forgotten that? that have you forgotten that we started there? Uh, John 1.14. Remember we started there. And he says, so he never made anyone sick. He never made anyone diseased. Rather, he displayed his compassion. He displays his graciousness to all that came. To he, and he displayed all of them to all that came. And they received healing. That's why you see the Bible say, he healed them all. He healed them all. There was nobody that he did not heal. That is God. That's why you're reading Matthew 8, verse 1 to 3, when it says, when that leper says, if thou will, thou can mix me clean. He says, I will. This is I will. That's my work now. So that shows 
Jesus told the person, I want you here. That shows the nature of the character of God. And you too, you must understand that that same nature is in you. Via his spirit. Hallelujah. It says, I will heal him. In Matthew 8, verse 5, to seven or to hate, he says, I will come and heal him. Jesus never refused to heal anybody. Never. He never. Matthew 8, verse 14 to 17, he casted out those Christmas with the word. He says that he might be fulfilled. That he might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. That he might be fulfilled. In Luke um, 4, 38 to 41. Luke 4, verse 38 to 41. Let's look at that. It says that the devils also came out of many crying out and saying, Thou art Christ, the Son of God. <clears throat> and he rebuked them and suffered them not to speak. For he knew he was Christ. And you see that he says, And now when the sun was setting in, oh, where am I reading? Am I reading the right thing? Oh, I'm here, I'm here. Okay, I'm, re- I'm supposed to read it 38. Okay. And he arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house. And Simon's wife, mother, was taken of a great fever and besought him for fear, <clears throat> in for her. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever. And he left her and he immediately arose and ministered unto them. And the sun was setting in and they had any sick and diverse diseases brought to them. And he laid hands on every one of them and he healed them. That is Jesus. He healed them. And the devils came out many, crying out, saying, Thou art Christ, the Son of God. And rebuked them and suffered them not to Christ, but they knew it was Christ. So the synoptic accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, were written after. And don't forget, they were written after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. No? They, were not write, they were not written as it was happening. Hope you know. They were not written as it was happening. Matthew record that Jesus' in ministry was, in this instance, was... So it was, it was showing us that these things were real. It were real. That's why it was documented. So when Matthew says that it might be fulfilled, it might be fulfilled. That word fulfilled is the word plerore, P-L-E-R-O-T-H. It means in order that or in view that. So when you hear the word that it might be fulfilled in scriptures, it might be fulfilled. It might be fulfilled. It means in order that or in view of. You see in Matthew 1, 22 to 23, Isaiah 7 verse 14, where it was said, where the angel said that it might be fulfilled that the virgin will be able to shine. That is in order of that. Are you seeing it? In order of what that scripture has said. Are you seeing it? So when you see that it might be fulfilled in the scripture, you will just be saying, in order what was said before. In order or in view of this. Matthew used that six times in the, in the book. You see, it's in Matthew 1 verse 22 to 23. 
put that down for your reference so that you can Matthew 2.15, Matthew 2.23. Mm, let's see another one. Matthew 8.16. So when Matthew used plelore, the word that in my book fulfilled is an expression of the events that pointed to the fulfillment of prophecy concerning Christ. That is, the event is not the fulfillment, but it points to a fulfillment. You will see like in Isaiah 11 verse 1, when Israel was a child, I loved them and called out my son. You will see that statement used again in Matthew 2, 19. You'll just be seeing all of those things. So, In Isaiah 53 verse 4, it says, Surely he has borne our grief, carried our sorrow. Yet we did esteem his stricken of God and afflicted. Even the epistles, Peter told us in 1 Peter 2.24. Go there. 1 Peter 2.24. Thank you. 1 Peter 2.24. Look at what Peter said. Let's read it together. I want to go. Serve our sins in his own body on the tree that we should be dead to sin that we should live after resurrection. It says, by whose stripe what? We are healed. So now, did Matthew imply that Jesus in his healing ministry bore sicknesses and disease on his body every time the sick was healed? Let me ask, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me tell you this question again that we want to answer. The Matthew imply that Jesus in his healing ministry bore sicknesses and diseases in his body every time people were healed. Because you will see where it says he bore our sins. He bore the sicknesses on all the body, all of those things. Is that what it implies? Yes. Let's study. In reality, it is actually impossible. But... Matthew used the term that it might be fulfilled. That means he's trying to link two events together. That is an ongoing event and a past event that was prophesied in the scriptures. So when Isaiah was talking in Isaiah 50 verse 53 verse 4 and other scriptures in Isaiah, was Isaiah referred to physical healing in this prophecy? Because we just read in 1 Peter 2, verse 24, where it says, Who also himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree? When it says bore, that word bore is the word anapheru. A-N-A-P-H-E-R-P-H-R-E-R-O. Anapheru. A-N-H-P-H-A-N-A-P-H-E-R-E-R-O. And it's a synonym to the word bore, B-O-R-N-E. From the Hebrew on Nassau also. So when he says stripes, when he says he bore us the stripes, the stripes, the stripes was on him. That was stripes is from the Greek word wounds. That is when somebody is bruised. 
So he's used for judgment upon a sinner, showing his suffering for sins. Now let's look at some, let's examine some usage of the word of Isaiah. Let's see, Isaiah 29 verse 18. Let's go there. Isaiah 29 verse 18. We're trying to explain something that will make sense. Look at this. It says, and in that day shall the deaf hear the words of the book, and the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity and darkness, and out of darkness. Now remember we said, is Isaiah referring to physical healing? This is prophecy. And the big question we are still asking is, did Matthew, did Matthew imply that Jesus in his healing ministry bore sicknesses and disease on his body every time the sick was healed? Because a lot of people feel like, I mean, if I've heard people say this statement of, um, Jesus bore it on his body. Your sicknesses is laid on Jesus' body. I mean, if you've heard those statements before, we're trying to sort out that issue. Did, is, is, is that what it really means? Who will say, oh, don't worry, it's on Jesus' body. <laughs> well, let's sort out what it means. Is it is it really on the body? So I will be saying, are you be ready, ready? Isaiah thirty-two, verse three. It says, and the eyes of them that see shall not be dimmed, and the ears of them that hear shall not be. And the years that years shall be hacking. Isaiah 35, verse 5. And the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the dead shall be what? Unstopped. Isaiah 42, verse 7. It seemed like Isaiah talked a lot about healing. Do you notice? Isaiah 42, verse 7. To open the blind eyes. To bring out the prisoners from the prison and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. Now, observe the use of the terms he was using. He says, eyes, ears. He was not referring, see, do you know that? Isaiah was not literally referring to physical eyes and ears or a physical condition. No. He was just using, Isaiah was just using man's physical condition figuratively to describe man's spiritual state. Isaiah was speaking a lot about salvation. He wasn't speaking about physical, he was just describing, look at it this way, it says to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners that are in prison, and them that sit in darkness, and out of the prison house. Now, let me explain this one to you. Put your hands here, go to Acts 26. Let's see how Paul explains this place. Go to R26. Look at R26. See R26 verse 18. Are you there? 
Are you guys are you guys there? See, look at what it says. What does it say? To do what? To open their eyes and to turn them what? From darkness to light. Now, so was Isaiah talking about physical eyes? Was Paul talking about physical eyes here now? To open their eyes, turn them from darkness to light, and the power of Satan to God, and they may receive. Are you seeing where Paul got his narrative of eyes from now? Are you seeing it, guys? So now, so was Isaiah referring to physical uh, body and all of those things? He was just using it to explain spiritual states of man's condition. So when Peter said, look at now, let's now go back to Peter's explanation. When he says, um, let it, when he says, by his stripes you are healed. 1 Peter 2, 24. I mean, if I've heard that whole statement before, by his stripes you are healed. Is he talking about physical healing? Let's look at it. First Peter two twenty four. First Peter two twenty four. Let's go back to what Peter said. Look at what he says again. He says, "Who himself bear our sins on his own body on the tree, that we should be dead to sin, should lead to righteousness." In says, by whose stripe you are healed. Now, is this physical healing? So we say, I'm not sure. Okay, calm down. The word ye are healed. But look at the statement. Look at how the statement started from. Does the statement start with physical healing? What was the statement starting with? What was the statement about? Salvation, right? So are you seeing anaginosco now? So you see where people say, by his stripes, you are healed. <laughs> They, they, they are missing certain things. And, they, and you know, many of them, they are using that by his choice, they are healed, they are referring to physical healing. Are you seeing it? Uh-uh. Are you seeing it? Look at that first Peter 2.24. 24. Peter 2.24. Read it again. Who himself be our sins on his own body, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness. By whose stripes ye are healed. So when he says ye were healed, Peter translated that Greek word, enoma, I-O, I O M O I I I know ma. Oh, sorry. M A I O M A I. And which can be used literally or figuratively for healing to be made whole. But this implies that it does not always imply physical healing. Now let me show you, let me show you, let me show you, let me show you something. Let's see some instances where different authors use healing and they were not referring to physical healing. Let me show you something. Let me even show you Matthew. Go to Matthew 13. We are still on our subject, though, on miracle signs and wonders. Though. Don't lose it, too. But we are clarifying some... We are trying to clarify some issues. <laughs> that's, that's something about Bible study. It will just give you a proper perspective of things. All right, look at Matthew 13, verse 15. We will now see, is this also talking about physical healing? We will look at it. Matthew 13, verse 15. Let's read it together. One to go. One to go. One to ready go. For these people's heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of it. Can this be Isaiah statements? Those of us that we read Isaiah, right? You see, they are using the same narrative. Eyes, ears again. 
Now look at it, verse 14. Let's start from verse 14. In them, if fulfilled by the prophecy of Isaiah, by the hearing you shall hear, right? Understanding, right? Seeing you shall see, and you shall not perceive, right? For the people's heart is waxed and gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes are closed, lest at any time they should see their eyes and hear with their hear, and should understand and their heart, and should be converted, and I should do what? I should do what? Physical healing? Physical healing? No. So, the healing here was descriptive of salvation. That it should be converted. Is it, is it, if it makes sense to you at this point, let me see your hands. Okay, cool. Look at Mark 4, verse 12. Mark 4, verse 12. Look at that same text. Mark, Mark will explain it better for you. So, you see that you need the old sin. You see, do you know what we've been doing? We stayed on the four Gospels. How many of you noticed? We've just stayed on the four Gospels all through because we are actually, this series is just exploring the four Gospels. Look at Mark 4. Mark will now help you explain better. You know Matthew told us to heal them, right? Of that same kind of text. Look at how Mark rendered his, his own narrative. Look at Mark 4 verse 12. It says, that seeing you may see, is that the same thing we are just reading? He says that seeing you may see and perceiving and hearing you may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted. You know the next one, they now say, and should heal them in Matthew. But this one now says, and they should be what? And their sins should be forgiven. So that yield was replaced to forgiveness of sins. See where we are still going in our forgiveness of sins series. <laughs> see, our journey is still very far in that forgiveness of sins. Look at Luke 8. Verse 12. So people say, by his child, you are Obviously, you, we, know we, we know we have healing in Christ, but see, I, I like to, <laughs> I like to use the scripture. See, you look, at, look, at, look at how we started this study. I first showed you that there are so many scriptures that touch healing, Abi, that you can use. So we can stick to the right one. And explain things properly in context. Hebrews 8, uh, Luke 8, 12. It says, it says, those by the wayside that they hear and come to the devil and take it away the word from their heart, lest they should be what? Saved. Do you know that that word saved there can be replaced to lest they be healed? Can we say that? So can we say healing is salvation? Can we say when I got saved, I was healed? How many of you understand it to this point? Let me see your head. Okay, cool. So am I doing a good job? Okay, cool. <laughs> Hebrews 12. Let's see. We are still on this journey. Don't worry. So you will see that why you should not, why you should not accept sickness as a believer. Hebrews 12. So whatever sickness and challenge it is, it, you have already received healing from salvation. Aha. So now bodily healing is not a problem. Because you receive the greatest kind of healing. And that's salvation. So what is bodily healing for the man in Christ? You see, there's some understanding that you just need to have. That we hate your, that we hate your work. I don't know if I understand it with this, but let me see your hands. Okay, cool. All right, look at Hebrews 12, 12. 
Hebrews 12, 12. He says, are you there? He says, wherefore lift up your hands and hang down and the feeble knees. He now says, and make straight path for your feet. Lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be what? Healed. Now, the word healed here means to restore, right? To bring something to the original state. Because remember, I was talking about leg. It does not refer to physical healing in this point. Remember, if you have listened to our series on healing, I explained to you that the word health or held in the New Testament is from the word. Let me spell it for you. Let me spell it for you. H I G I A N I N E I N. H I G I A N I E I N. And it's derived from the root word UGIS. H U G I S. H U G I E S. Sorry. And it means health. So most times, when the word eugis is used, is used as the opposite of sickness and disease. So every time someone is not eugis, that is healthy, is either disabled in his body, is either sick, or in his body, and all of those things. Now, look at something. In Luke 5, look at how Jesus, let me show you some instance. Luke 5, verse 31. I think we have to put it back there. Luke 5, verse 31. Are we there? He says that, And Jesus answering and said to them, they that are old need no need of what? Ephesians. But they that are sick. Look at Luke 7 verse 10. So do you notice that health and healing are not always used for physical body? Now, don't, don't lose what I'm saying. Don't, we, do not have showed you all the miracles of Jesus now. Don't go and think all the miracles of Jesus are not physical healing no. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? Don't miss it. You see, I'm not showing you that same text I showed you. Are you seeing? Are you seeing? We are just doing proper Bible study of explaining things in perspective. Okay. Look at Luke seven. So you're not gonna say, ah, so I cannot eat the sick again since it is not <laughs> always physical healing. I'm only showing you your work. That when you preach the gospel, your message is actually healing. Look at Luke 7, verse 10. It says, And they went, it says, And they that were sent, returning into the house, found the servant all that had been sick. Look at Luke 15, 27. He says, and he said unto them, Thy brothers is come, and thy father had killed the fatted cow, calf, because he had received him safe and what? So, can we say safe and healthy? Okay. So the word health or healing is not always in reference to physical body. 
That is why you will see that Paul used the word sound doctrine. I wonder if you noticed that. That word sound doctrine was very prevalent in scripture. Sound simply means healthy doctrine. Let's see some. See, First Timothy 1.10. Let's, let's look at it. First Timothy 1.10. You, you will love Bible. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> I don't know if you appreciate your Bible more. Anna Ginosko. <laughs> I don't know if I appreciate your Bible more. Let me see it. Uh, you will love Bible. Are you saying that we are using Bible to explain Bible? Since we've not gone to another extra source. We've not gone into the Apocrypha. <laughs> or we've not gone into Quran. And we have just stayed in the four gospel. You know, we, this study is just exploring the four gospel. We've not gone outside since. <laughs> Look at First Timothy 1.10. For warmongers and them that have defied themselves with liars, men stealers, liars, and pajop person, if there be anything that is contrary, can we say to healthy doctrine? Okay. Look at Second Timothy 1.7. Can we say if God has not given you the spirit of spirit of fear, but of power of love and of a healthy mind? Can we say that? Okay. Look at it, verse 13. Hold fast to LD words. Can we say that? Can we say that? All right. Look at 2 Timothy 4.3. Can we say endure LT doctrine? Can we say that, guys? All right. Look at Titus 1.9. Just the next. Can we say holding fast to faithful words? As he has been taught that ye may be able by healthy doctrine. Can we say that? Look at the verse 13. This is true. Wherefore, rebook them sharply that ye may be healthy in faith. Can we say that? Titus 2.1. But speak thou the things which become healthy doctrine. Can we say that? Verse 2. And, be, and that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, and healthy in faith. Can we say that? Can we say verse 8? LT speech, can we say that? So, this implies that the word healing or health used in the books of the Bible should not be given an omnibus application or a blanket meaning. Like, say, anytime you just see healing, health, sickness, it just means that healing, this is sickness. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? Once you see healing, health, uh, all of these things, it just means that, okay, physical healing, no, 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 no. We can't give it that kind of we have to explain things in this context. So that is why the explanation of the, the, the same goes to the application in Isaiah 53 verse 5 and Peter's explanation of 1 Peter 2 verse 24 where he says, Who in his own self be our sins on his body. And that word body is from the Greek word soma, S-O-M-A, S-O-M-A, body. And it is used literally for physical body in many instances. We, we, we have come back to that First uh, Peter 2.24. Go back there. Let's read it again so that it will make sense. I want, I want you to see the journey I'm taking you through. So uh, when you see health, healing, all of those things, is he always talking about physical, physical healing? Uh, by his stripes, you are healed, obviously. I am. But what is he explaining in context? We need to see it properly. So since we already know, we already know, don't show us again. 
<laughs> oh, it's okay. It's already clear. It's already clear. Move next. <laughs> That's why Paul say, endure sound word. <laughs> Paul say, endure it. He's not. <laughs> He's not say, okay, we know, we know, we know that the whole scripture like that is already. <laughs> there's already healing. There's already. We have we have seen it. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Paul told us, endure. So what you are doing now is enduring it. He says, so that they will not heap up teachers after they are lost. So you endure it. So when Jesus was teaching them for three days and they needed food after the three days, are you seeing it now? Uh-huh. <laughs> and we have not started though. We are still trying to lay foundation. First Peter 2, 2.24, we, we are still building our foundation gradually. We just, we're trying to put some parchment so that our journey will be smooth. So we just say, who will not, you know, capsize in the boat. That's what we're trying to do. You see where we started with Anaginosko. Now we see how Anaginosko is helping us. Uh-huh. So, you, so that when we now get into the boat, we will not say, Ha! How did we reach here? For some of you that are thinking, no, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Let's just, I didn't know that the Bible like that. <laughs> At least I've, I've seen the entire scripture already. <laughs> it's okay. No. So that when we enter the real boat, we will not capsize. So follow us on this journey. Amen. Amen. So that, so fasten your seatbelt. Like, so we are in like a pilot. So we are in the Atlantic Ocean already. So that you will not, so we are, so that there will be no turbulence. <laughs> okay, first Peter two twenty four. It says, "Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we should be dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripe we are healed." That word "body" in that verse, it means "soma" in the Greek. It's from the Greek word "soma," S-O-M-A, and it can be used literally for physical body. And sometimes it can be figurative. Now, let's see some of the instances it was used. Let's look at it. So, we'll trace the body thing. So, say, ah, what concerns me with body? So, maybe we are talking about healing. Is it not your body that you want to be healed from? Uh-huh. So, <laughs> I mean, when you want to lay some people's body, is it not, is it not the body? <laughs> Media people. <laughs> okay, Okay, Romans 6, verse 6. Let's look at some instances of that body. Are you enjoying this? Don't say, whoa. <laughs> 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 are you enjoying this? Be, are you a believer? This is your food. You're actually eating. It says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So are you eating now? Are you full? So I say, eh, I'm already over full. <laughs> Let me go and sleep. <laughs> no, you cannot be full yet. I will determine when you'll be full. Should we want to grow in God's world? We will grow together. <laughs> Are you not the one that say you like the word? You are hungry for the word. In fact, when Brother Matthew registered, I saw it, he said, I'm excited for the word. It doesn't look like he's excited again. <laughs> He puts it, we say any comment. He say, I'm really excited to learn the word. Ah, 
now he got here. Now he doesn't look excited again. <laughs> he says, like, hey, I'm ready. I'm full. I'm full. <laughs> the excitement is over. <laughs> Let me go back to my Kali. <laughs> All right. Romans 6 verse 6. He says, Therefore, Romans 6, 6, he says, <clears throat> Knowing this, that your old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed. Don't forget we are looking at body. Now, the term body of sin was not in reference to the physical body of a man. Because which the believer also has after salvation. Because if it is the body of sin, that means your body will actually be destroyed when you got born again. But your body was not destroyed. Are you seeing it? <laughs> so he refers to the old man, the flesh. That's why you see in Romans 8 verse 9, Paul explained that uh, you are not in the flesh but in the spirit. You see Galatians 5 verse 24 where, say, where Paul says, you have crucified the flesh. Can we say that's the body now? You have crucified that body. Okay. Even, even, um, even the word soma, it was used in Colossians 2.9. It says, for him that dwelleth in the Godhead bodily. Dwelleth is described how something is constituted in another. Bodily. Look at Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10.10. 10. Hebrews 10, 10. He says, By which we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Christ once and for all. <clears throat> now, we are still tracing. Is it a physical body. Look at Hebrews 9.14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the internal spirit, offer himself without spot, of, without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. You see in, you see in chapter 7 in, of that same Hebrews, 7.15 to 16, where Paul uh, I say Paul, the writer of Hebrews, sorry, explained it, and he was explaining, uh, uh, look at it, verse 14, are we? verse 15, he says, and it is yet far more evident <clears throat> that after the similitude of Meshisedek, there arises another priest who is made not after the law for carnal uh, commandment, but after the power of the endless life. So, in other words, it says, they offered an offering, which was the power of an endless life. In other words, when the writer used the word body in chapter 10 that we read, chapter 10 verse 10, it was implying that the entirety of Jesus' person, I thought this in this gospel, when it says, what did Jesus do with his blood and all of those things? The entirety of Jesus' person, not his body or his blood. 
So when he says, Jesus, go back to that Hebrews 10 verse 10. He says, by which we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Christ. A lot of people think it's his physical body that it was offered for the sacrifice of sin. No, 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 no. It's the entirety of his person. When we say the body of Jesus, it just means the whole of Jesus. The entirety of the person Jesus. Not his physical body or his physical blood. So it was descriptive of his entire being. So when Peter now said, go back to that second Peter 2 verse 24. 1 Peter 2 24 now. Where it says, who is so saved, bear our sins in his own body. So Jesus bore our sins in his own self. So is it, are we, is it his physical body he bears our sins on? Now look at 2 Corinthians 5.21. Let's read it. 2 Corinthians 5.21. Do you say, eh? Huh. Ah. Jeez. Which one is body again? <laughs> no, we can't be lazy with Bible study. We really can't. Don't worry. We are, we are, we are trying to place our pegs well. So as, we, as soon as we place our pegs, we just have a smooth ride. And we'll know where we would. <laughs> Second Corinthians 5.21. What does he say? He says, for him that knew no sin, did what? Be made sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, right? Now, <clears throat> so, he made him sin for us, that we might be made. So, Jesus, who knew no sin, was made a sin. That is on our behalf, right? In our place, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. So, let's go to Isaiah 53, verse 5. It will now make sense, gradually. Isaiah 53, verse 5. It will make sense now. He says, But he was bruised for what? Our transgression. The shaitisements. He was, was wounded for our transgressions, right? I said, Bruce, I said, I said, yes, sir. <laughs> I just tested you before, and all of you feed. So that means you're not paying attention. <laughs> I said, it was Bruce, I said, yes, sir. I said, yes, I said, yes, sir. So I said, I don't even care at this point. <laughs> hey, God. Are you really looking at this thing? Yes, sir. <laughs> so he was good and then he was like, yes, sir. <laughs> Small test and all of you feel. Are you sure you want to live here today? Okay. It's me and you. Ah, bro, is like, who sent me? <laughs> but he was wounded for our transgression and bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes. What happened? Is this physical healing? If it makes sense to you, let me see your hands. 
So are you seeing where Peter got the statement from? So notice the word. It says he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we were healed. So go, look at even the next verse. And all, all we like sheep have gone astray and turned every man to his own. And the Lord laid upon the iniquities of us all. Can that have been a physical ailment? So you see when people keep saying, I mean, yes, I know. But <laughs> we have to apply the word in context. So it can be clearly seen from Isaiah prophecies that transgressions, iniquities, the shaitanism of our things was laid upon him and they were laid on Jesus. So look at that thing called body. Was it his physical body that carried it? Have you, have you forgotten what we just explained just now? <laughs> or else I'll start again. Okay, let's, let's look at the body. <laughs> So what Isaiah prophesied and what Peter and Paul spoke about was Jesus' sacrifice for our sins. So it suffice to say that Jesus' sacrifice was for our sins alone. Watch where I'm going to. And like I said, I'm trying to put my foundations properly. Jesus' sacrifices was for our sins, what? Alone. Now, look at how the Synoptic Gospels explain it. Look at it. Because I want you to walk through something. You know, the, the question we were asking before, why did Jesus heal the sick? We've said, we've said to the fact that he was compassionate, right? We've said to the fact that it's his character, it is his nature. Okay. <clears throat> John 1.29. Let's see how the Synoptic Gospels explain this thing he did upon redemption. What do you see? Our shitmentals of our peace, right? <laughs> I, I thought you had not seen it. I wanted to test you again. As soon as I said, somebody shake it. What did he say? Tomorrow? Is it tomorrow? Okay. <laughs> John said Jesus coming and said, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh the sins of the world. So John here was referring to him as the Lamb of God that take away the sins of the world. Look at Matthew 21, Matthew 1 verse 21. Look at how Matthew describe it. I don't know if you notice we have not entered Paul. And we are not trying to because we are exploring the four gospels. <laughs> so today is that day we, are, we will let Paul rest. But maybe we may not really let him rest. We really might not let him rest. We will just try and see something small. Let's see if we can, if we can do it successfully without Paul today. Can we try? <laughs> so say... Let's see end it. <laughs> Born again, man. <laughs> and she shall comfort a son, 
and thou shalt call his name what? Jesus. For he shall do what? Save his people from their sins. Now look at Matthew 26, verse 28. Matthew 26, verse 28. It says, For this is the blood of the New Testament, which is shed for what? The remission of sins. Don't forget where we started from. It was bruised for our iniquities. It was, was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was, was laid upon him by his stripe where he God laid the sins. God laid upon him the sins of all, right? And we said the sacrifices of Jesus was for what? Sin alone. Okay. Look for 24 verse 47. And repentance and remission of sins will be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. So the remission of sins will be preached in his name. Look at Acts 2 verse 28. 38. Acts 2 verse 38. And Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you for the remissions of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. At 318, But those things which God has showed in the mouth of the prophet, and that Christ should suffer and be fulfilled, he now says, Repent ye therefore and be baptized every one of you for the remissions of sins. He now says, that you, you may be, you know, says that repent it therefore be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. That when the times of refreshing shall come out of the presence of the Lord. Look at in Act 5, verse 30, verse 30, 30 to 32, he says, repentance and forgiveness of sins. Act 10, verse 43, he says, to give him the prophet witness through his name who believeth on him. That he shall receive remissions of sins. At 13, verse 37 to 39, you will see forgiveness of sins. Look at it also in the epistles. Romans 3, verse 25, remissions of sins delivered for our offenses. Romans 5, 16, the free gift is for many of our offenses. Galatians 1, verse 4, who gave himself for our sins. Ephesians 1, verse 7, in whom we have redemption. Through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Colossians 1 verse 14, in whom we have redemption. Through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Hebrews. So, you see that the blood of Jesus speaks of the sacrifices of Jesus for sins that was consistently seen in the Bible, right? You see also in Hebrews 2 verse 17, you see the word reconciliation, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people, Hebrews 2 17. And that word reconciliation is from the Greek word ilaskomai, H-I-L-A-S-K-O-M-A-I, H-I-L-A-S-K-O-M-A-I. And it implies propitiation, not reconciliation. The word propitiation deals with sin, where reconciliation deals with a strangled relationship. That is, the relationship has been uh, having issues, and reconciliation deals with it. That's why you read in Hebrews 1 verse 3, it says he purged our sins. Hebrews 2 verse 17, it says is reconciliation of sins for the people. So when you read all of those texts, it, just, it will make sense for you. Put this down. Put some of this text down. Hebrews 7 verse 27. 
you see the word suffered. Says the word suffer. And that was relating to sin. Says he suffered many things. Hebrews 7, verse 27. So Jesus' offering was for sins. Are you seeing it? Hebrews 9, 12 to 27. Hebrews 9, 12 to 27. He puts sins by the sacrifices of himself. Put away. So one thing you must understand about God's sacrifice of sin was to forgive you of the sins. His sacrifice was to forgive sins. That's why you see in Hebrews 8 verse 12, he says, I will be unmerciful to their unrighteousness. Their sins and iniquity, I will remember no more. So that's why you can't take away the fact of internal salvation from the scriptures. Hebrews 8 12, their sins and iniquities. Because that's what he paid for. That was his sacrifice. That's what his sacrifice was for. Hebrews 10 verse 12. After one man had sacrifice. Hebrews 10 verse 12. Hebrews 10 verse 17. Their sins and iniquities I will remember no more. 1 Corinthians 15 3. He died for our sins. 2 Corinthians 5 21. 2 Corinthians 5 21. He had made him to be seen. Him who knew no sin. 1 Peter 2 verse 24. For himself bear our sins. Are you saying that that 1 Peter 2 24 now was talking about forgiveness of sins? When it says, by his stripe he are hid. Hid of what? Hid of what? Sins. Is it making sense? First Peter 3.18. For Christ has suffered for our sins. First Peter 3.18. First John 2.1-2. 2, 2, is the propitiation for our sin. First John 3.5. is manifested to take away sins. Titus 2.14. That he might redeem all from iniquity. Revelation 1 verse 5. We are washed from our sins with his own blood. Hallelujah. Hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hmm. Keep on sleeping and sleeping. Keep on being a Jonah brother. Jesus is coming back for you. Why is your eyes is twitching? Why is your eyes so twitching? Jesus, Jesus is coming back for you. <laughs> so it suffices to us that the prophecy of Isaiah, which Matthew quoted, which Peter quoted, which Paul quoted, was concerning the sacrifices for what? For sin. So when you read that Isaiah 33, Isaiah 53, 3 to 4, or 4 to 6, sorry, and First Peter 2.24 was Jesus talking about physical healing. He was bearing, he was not, so he explained as Jesus bearing, he was, he was not also talking about Jesus bearing the sins on his physical body. You know, he says, he himself bear it on his body. So was it on his physical body was bearing the sins on? Was it? No, but the entirety of his person, right? So, it was concerning, so we said, the offering of sacrifice was for sins alone. So, Jesus became sin to pay for the sacrifice of sin. Jesus became sin to pay what? For the sacrifice of sin. So, when you see the word sickness, the word sickness, when you see the word sickness, it was a figurative of the state of man 
before Jesus' offering. When you see the word sickness, look at, look at it in Matthew 8, 17. Quickly, 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 quickly. Matthew 8, 17. Matthew 8, 17. Quickly. That Jesus is God. Right? <laughs> I was expecting yes, sir. Somebody almost said yes, sir. Until the brother spoke. Yes, yes. He's God. <laughs> Believers. What did he say? That Jesus is the devil. <laughs> Which one? I was saying, whatever you say at this point, I don't care. <laughs> that he might what? Be fulfilled, which was written by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself. Eh? By which might be fulfilled? Why? Oh, yeah, let's read it together. I want to ready go. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and what? Is that sickness physical healing? He was talking about Jesus' sacrifice for sin. So sickness was used as man's state before Jesus paid for the offering. So you must know how to distinguish both when you are reading the scriptures. You know what I just did for you now? Anaginosko. Paying attention to detail. So you will not go and be looking at sickness and say, eh, it be our sin. Okay, sickness. No. That's why, you know what I did? I first walk you through and heal the sick. That one is physical healing, not forgiving sins. Are you getting what I'm saying? <laughs> So when you see the word healed, in that first Peter, when it says, by his stripe you were healed, it means a man who has believed the gospel of Christ upon the resurrection. So brethren, can I tell you now, can you say, I am healed? Why? Because you have believed the gospel, right? So can we say salvation is healing? Are you seeing how the scriptures have been explained? So when it says, I am the God that healed thee, what was Moses saying? Can, he, can we say Moses can be talking both figuratively and also physical? Look, let's go back to that first Peter 2. It will now make sense. First Peter 2, 24. So I said, boy, so you didn't make it sense already. Now I'm done. <laughs> it is not yet. It, to me, it is not making sense yet. <laughs> so I said, ah, I do understand it. It's a bit physically. It's not really, don't worry. Me, self, I'm not yet done. I don't think you understand it very well. So he said, ah, trust me. I have trust issues. Bedrain. <laughs> okay. Now let's read together. Want to go? With his own self, bear our sins in his own body. On the tree that we should live unto in righteousness. It now says, Now read the next verse. You see why? Now look at something. I always tell you to read in context, right? Not to lift the verse, right? Now read the next verse. 
does that talk about physical healing? So when you hear people say, by his stripe, you are healed. By his stripe, you are healed. Brethren. Brethren. Is he talking about physical healing? Now, don't, don't hear what I did not say. But did he take away the fact that you will not still be healed from your body? But you see how to use words. What did we do? Anaginosko. We just paid attention to the. Now, let's read it together. That's 25. But you are sheep going astray, right? It says, and now you have returned to what? To? Now, you know like we've been doing. Put your hands here. Go to Isaiah 53 back. Go to Isaiah 53 back. Put your hands there. Isaiah 53 verse 6. So you see that if you have read, so like Jesus told them, have you not read? So if you, if you see, if you have read from the scriptures, you will not be saying by a stripe you are healed for physical healing. Look at Isaiah 53 verse 6. It says, all sheep have gone astray, right? Right? Can we say that's the verse 25 of that first Peter? It says, put your hands, go, go quickly look at that first Peter. He says, for we are sheep. So who is the sheep? The man who has not believed the gospel before, right? He has gone and said, but now what has happened? He has returned to who? So can we read that verse 6 now. All, go back to Isaiah 53. All sheep have what? All goats. All goats. <laughs> <laughs> all sheep have gone astray and do what? Turn every man to his own and the Lord has laid upon him the iniquities of all souls. Glory to God. So now go to Isaiah 8 verse, no, not Isaiah, Matthew 8 verse 16. It will now make sense. Matthew 8 verse 16. So I say, I, I, eh, ah, Matthew 8, 16. Now, look at something. Now, I want, it to, I want us to put some facts together now. And I told you that so that we will not eat a road, a road block. That's why we are lay laying all those foundations, right? Now, see. Let's start from verse 15. <clears throat> because we are reading in context, and there's a colon at the end of that statement. Right? Okay. In verse 16, it says, When evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed of the devil. And he cast out the spirits in his, with his word and healed them that were sick. Then the next statement was that he might be fulfilled. That was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities and bear our diseases. Now, do you, do you still understand? <laughs> I thought you understood now. We just said it's not physical healing, but this physical healing is now being led to. I thought you said you understood. You see, you should be patient. <laughs> All right, let's see. It. It's not a problem. It's not really a problem. We've done a good job. 
Look at in verse, that same verse 17. It says that he might be fulfilled. That he took our infirmities and did what? Bear our sickness. That word fulfilled, like I said, is from the word, if you have paid attention to what I explained to you, it's from the word, and it's from the word in blue off, right? In order, right? That is, many a times it points to an action that will take place in future. So it points to an action that will take place in future. That's not the right Greek word. Let me spell it for you. I, I, I wrote it wrongly. P-L-E-R-O-T-H-E. P-L-E-R-O-T-H-E. Many a times it points to an action that will take place in future. So when he says that in my be fulfilled, that word that is from the Greek word opos, H-O-P-O-S. And it implies so that you will see this well. That's what that means, so that you will see this way in view of. So in other words, Matthew implied that Jesus' teaching ministry was in view of the fact that he will bear the sins of humanity. So, look at what happened. He was healing the sick physically to show them a picture that one day I will take away the sins of the world. Don't forget our question from before was, why did he eat the sick? We said the fact that he was compassionate, right? We said the fact that he was loving, right? We said the fact that it is his nature, right, guys? Right? Then, it is also to show that he was going to take sins away from the world. So, Jesus' healing ministry was in view of the fact that he will bear the sins of humanity. In essence, the healing ministry of Jesus was to attest to the fact that he will bear the sins of humanity on himself. So, Matthew recorded and said, just like Isaiah the prophet has said, that he bears our infirmity. But the bearing the infirmity means he will take away sins, right? Right, guys? So, but he was healing the sick bodily as a figurative expression of what he would do, right? Of what he would do upon the resurrection. If it makes sense to you, let me see your hands, guys. Okay. So, that's why John said in John 1.21, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. So, it suffice to say that in Matthew 8, verse 16 to 17, it was to reinforce the fact that Jesus healed the sick as an evidence to the fact that he was going to take away sins. Can we say that? That Jesus healed the sick as an evidence to the fact that he would take away sins. Right? So are we good on that now? So that he healed the sick physically as an evidence that one day he would die. He will be buried. He will raise again. And the sins of humanity will be taken away. Right, guys? So, recall 
Jesus' words or John's word on the incarnation. He was made flesh and he dwelt among us and we beard him as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So when John said that we bear the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, they were referring to Jesus' healing ministry. That is, miracles, signs, and wonders in the incarnation. Says we bear him as of the only begotten of the Father. So he was referring to miracles, signs, wonders. They were the glory of the Father. That's the glory of God. So when we say he beheld him as of the only begotten, full of grace and truth, we beheld his glory. So they saw the miracles, they saw signs, they saw wonders. I was trying to avoid Paul, but let's quickly come to Paul and come out. Second Corinthians 38. Let's just look at him quickly and jump out. Second Corinthians 38. And it's just because of the glory issue. That's why we quickly want to jump at this guy. He says, But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed in the same image from glory to glory, even as the Spirit of the Lord. 3.18, sorry. You are paying attention now. That's nice. This is what we hold with open face, building in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed in the same image from glory to glory, even as even as by the what? Spirit of the Lord. So the question will now mean what does it mean by glory to glory? You see, from glory to glory, we will praise it. You see some people in their team of their church, they say glory to glory. How many of you have seen things like that? Glory to glory. We are going from glory to glory. I'm praying for you that you go from glory to glory. So I say, I don't want to know you today. <laughs> Can we skip to the next part? <laughs> So I can we skip to the good? But I don't, as I did, like this one that I've even stayed on my head, at least it bore away our sins. <laughs> Look at verse 7 of that Second uh, Corinthians 3 7. I want us to come here and run away. He says, But if the ministration of death was written and engraving in stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses, for the glory of his countenance, which glory was done away. He says, how shall not the ministration of the spirits be rather glorious? For if the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. He now says, for even that which was made glorious had no glory in respect, by reason of the glory that excelleth. That says, for if that which was done away remains glorious, much more that which remaineth is glorious. Now, and he spoke about this glory of the countenance of Moses' face, which was to be done away with. 
So he is not introducing the ministration of the Spirit, which is described as glorious. Now, you will go to Exodus 34, verse 29, quickly. I'm gradually approaching something you need to learn now. Because we are looking at miracles, signs, and wonders, right? Exodus 34, verse 29. It says, the goat. <laughs> what is coming to pass? <laughs> Some of you look like you are finished. <laughs> you're like, ah! <laughs> and it came to pass when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tables of testimonies in Moses' hand, when he came down from the mount, that Moses wished not that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. And when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses and behold his face shine, they were afraid to come nigh. And Moses called unto them and Aaron and the rulers of the congregation and returned to Moses and talked with them. And, af and afterward, the children of Israel came now and gave them the commandment and the Lord spoken with him in Monsina. And Moses had done the speaking with them. He put a veil on his face. They had, to, they had to cover his face. And Moses went in before the Lord and spoke unto him. And he took the veil off until he came out. And when he came out, he spoke unto the children of Israel and is commanded. And the children of Israel saw that the face of Moses and the skin of Moses shone. And the Moses put the veil on his face until he went to speak with him. You see, that's what Paul was talking about in that second Corinthians 3. Now, the writer was saying something. And the earlier verse, in the earlier chapter, in chapter 3, Verse 18, don't forget, Moses said, what did he say? Exodus 33, 18. Ah, men and brethren, let's read it now. Exodus 33, verse 18, I said, beseech thee, show me thy glory. Now, the word glory is from the Hebrew word kabod. It means wealth, influence, power might. It's like the display of somebody's riches, influence, possession, authority. So in context, what was the writer talking about? The writer recorded that the Lord spoke to Moses through a pillar of cloud, right? He said he spoke to Moses through a pillar of cloud, through a pillar of fire, right? Right, guys? And look at in verse 9. Let's read it together. It says the Lord talked to Moses. Look at it in verse 10. So that means the children of Israel saw the cloud. 
they saw it. And they all rose up and worshipped. Look at the verse 10. Loud the door. And the people rose up and worshipped every man in his tent. So the writer recorded that Moses and God had a conversation. But you know that these guys, the men, saw this thing. In verse 11, let's read it. And the Lord spoke unto Moses face to face as a man spoke to his friend. So you get it. You don't understand. The Lord spoke to Moses. Just like you are talking to your friend. And he turned again into the camp. But the servant Joshua, son of Moniyoma, departed out, departed not out of the tabernacle. They started introducing Joshua for us gradually. Look at it in verse 13. Let's read it. So when he says, show me thy way, I might know my day, and I might find grace in thy sight. He says, I beseech thee, show me your glory. What could Moses be asking for? I thought this many years ago, and show me your glory. But this is very relevant in our study, because don't forget, we are still tracing something new. What is our tracing? Miracles, signs, and wonders. Why Jesus did it. So see, eh? I thought we've left the topic. <laughs> we are still fully inside the topic. Look at where we started from. Anna Ginosko, right? Let's start, let's do a quick recap so you can wake up. Anna Ginosko, right? Incarnation, the miracles of Jesus, the healing ministry, right? Then we have sorted out that everywhere you see healing is not always physical body healing. It's ref some refers to salvation, forgiveness of sins, right? We also sorted out body. That body does not mean physical healing body. It means the body of sin, um, Jesus' entirety of his person, right? And eh? Ball, we look at ball, chismited of our sins, everything, yeah? Now we are in glory. We are still looking. Ah, no, before you say glory to God, let's understand the glory to God first. <laughs> so we are on a journey. And do you notice that every junction of the journey, we are seeing something? Look at the last junction we went into. We saw that the reason why Jesus healed the sick was to show forth the fact that he was going to take away sins. So are you saying that we are really still on our journey? Uh -huh. So I say, but me, I'm not trying to take away sins now. So why? <laughs> why am I learning this? Is it my business? The person I want to take sin has taken it. <laughs> you have to know how to explain the scriptures. You can't be tired. Hallelujah. Amen. If you remember he's sleeping, just tell them, keep on sleeping. Keep on switching your eyes. Keep on switching your eyes, brother. Jesus is coming back for you. <laughs> okay. All right. So why did Moses ask that question? He asked a very vital question. He says, God, show me your glory. And the writer described something. It described that the cloud that descended into the temple. Look at Exodus 40, verse 34. 
40 verse 34, he says, The cloud covered a tenth of the congregation, and the glory of the Lord did what? Fill the tabernacle. So therefore, what happened in that Exodus 33 we just read? where the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord interacted with Moses from the cloud. That was a physical demonstration of the glory of God. Such that, look at me guys, the cloud of God's glory can fill this place. When we say the glory cloud is here, the power of our God, it means mighty miracles can happen here. When we say the glory cloud is here, we are saying God is here. When we say the glory cloud is here, we are saying there is a physical demonstration of God's spirit here. When we say the glory cloud is here, it means the spirit of God is here. We are talking about the physical demonstrations of God. Look at in Exodus 13, in the earlier chapters, look at what, what, um, what the writer has made us see. Exodus 13, 21. You need to see all of these details. Please, follow me carefully. Please, you, I need your attention here. Exodus 13, 21. It says, And the Lord went before them in the day, in a pillar of cloud, to lead them by the way, and in the night, a pillar of fire, right? To give them light, to go by the day, and what? In the night. So, that's why you will see that Paul alluded to that in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 1 where he says, uh, Moreover, Father, your, your father were baptized. Look, go to that. Look at how Paul did it. Talked about it in 1 Corinthians 10. Where put your hands there. Put your hands in that um, Exodus 13. And go to 1 Corinthians 10 1. Look at how Paul talked about it. 1 Corinthians 10 1. Are you learning something about the Bible? Exodus 1 Corinthians 10 1. Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that your father were passed on under the cloud. Are you seeing it? And we're all baptized through the sea. Are you seeing that cloud? So the cloud is the cloud of glory. Are you seeing it? Eh. And that was an evident. So it was evident that Moses and the children of Israel saw several demonstrations of God's spirit. Several demonstrations of the glory of God. Let's look at some miracles. Guys, I need your attention. Let's look at some miracles. Let's look at, look at in chapter 16. Exodus 16, verse 15. Exodus 16, verse 15. I want to, we are looking at some miracles that Moses wrought. Because, don't forget, we are still asking ourselves a question. This series, this teaching I'm teaching you is miracles, signs, and wonders, exploring the four gospel. Why did Jesus do it? Don't forget to, okay, look at Exodus 16. I need your attention. If you have been sleeping before, sleep now. Exodus 16 verse 15. And when the children of Israel saw it, don't forget to, look at, before we get here, everybody look at me. They saw a cloud. They worshipped it, right? Because they saw God. Look at them, Moses just went out. God, what, do, what are you saying? And spoke to God. They were like, yeah, yeah. Moses. On the, same, on the same cloud. 
they saw the glory of God. The Lord will lead them by fire, meaning he was holding their hands. Follow me like this. As the cloud moved in this direction, yeah, this is the direction we are going. So they saw the cloud following, taking them everywhere. They saw physical demonstrations of God's spirit. When they built the temple, they saw the glory cloud come down. Mighty hand of God. Mighty. Such that the glory cloud so few Moses that, see, the thing was so strong on Moses, they had to cover Moses' face. Yeah, we can't see you again, Joe. We, we, we don't want to see your face. Cover the face. The thing is too much on us. Power. <laughs> now, look at some miracles. Verse 15. And when the children of Israel saw it, Exodus 15, 16, verse 15, they said to one another, It is manna. For they wished not that it was. And Moses said unto them, This is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. And he said, This is the thing which the Lord has commanded in verse 16. Gather of it every man according to his eating, and omer for every man according to the number of your person. Take ye every man of them which are in his tent. So they ate manna. Look at it in verse 31. And the house of Israel called the name therefore manna, for it was like a white coriander seed, white and tastes like a wafers made with honey. So it wasn't just normal, but it was something, it was delicacy. These guys ate three, three square meal. Delicacy. Look at it in verse 33. And Moses told Aaron, said to Aaron, take a pot, put an omer full of manna there, and lay it up before the Lord, and keep as your, are kept for your, uh, for your generation. This is a figure of speech we will study this years to come. And the children of Israel did hid manna for what? Verse 35. For what? Until they came to a land inhabited, they ate manna until they came Onto the border of the land of Canaan. Do you know what it means? Now, an Omer is a ten part of an Epa. So they have to describe what an Emma is. So the, Jewish, the Jews' custom now will understand this manna thing very well. Now, guys, 40 years, a miracle. Do you know what it means to wake up every morning to believe God for a food? These guys did it. And they still did not believe who. Exodus 17. Let's look at another miracle. Exodus 17, verse 6. Behold, I will stand before thee, there upon the rock of Oreb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall the water come out of it, and they may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. So, that means they strike a rock. That's why David, even in his psalm, you know, we read Psalm 78 that time, mentioned the demonstrations of the glory of God that they saw, right? So the question that arises, the question, so the question that I'm looking, we said the glory of God means display. What did I say the glory of God means? Splendor, uh -huh, influence, right? Possession, right? Okay. So the question now is if Moses has seen all these several demonstrations of the glory of God, why then was he asking the Lord to show him his glory? 
He's seen the glory cloud. He's seen all. Why was he asking for glory? What could he have been referring to? Now the Lord said unto Moses in Exodus 33, verse 17. Go to Exodus 33, verse 17. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing which thou hast spoken. For thou hast found favor in my sight, and I know thee by name. And he said, I beseech thee, do what? Show me what? Thy glory. So he says, if thou hast found grace in my sight. Exodus 33 says, if thou hast found grace in my sight. This suffice to say that Moses... The glory that Moses was referring to was not a physical demonstration anymore. Look at in verse 19. Look at what now happened. It says, I will make all my goodness. How many of you were there when I taught this years ago? Oh, it was just you. Oh, okay. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee. I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. And I will be gracious to them to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy, to whom I will show mercy. Now, that word goodness is from the Hebrew word tob, T-O-B. It explains I will be gracious and I will be merciful. In other words, is graciousness, is mercy describes the glory of God. Is graciousness, is mercy describes the glory of God. Look at very something very key in verse 20. It says, Thou hast said, and he said, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and what? And live. Right? Now, that word face is from the word panin. P A N P A N N. No, I'm missing the spelling. Um, I'm coming. I'll, I'll figure it out. P-A-N-N-I-N. And it implies what you recognize physically. That's the word face. What you recognize physically. It says no one can see me. That is, it was an appearance. An appearance. So he says, no one can see my face. Thus cannot see my face, for no one can see me and live. That word live is from the Hebrew word sheye. C-H-A, C-H-A-Y-A-Y. C-H-A-Y-A-Y. It's used for restoration of life. Restoration of life. You can see a similar incidence in that uh, you can see, put your hands there. Put your hands in that Exodus 33. Let's go to Genesis 3.22. Let's see something. Genesis 3.22. It says, the Lord God said, Behold, the man is now become one of us to know good and evil, lest to put oil to his heart and also take the tree of her to eat and live forever. That's the word live there. You also see in Exodus 1, 16, where it says, then ye she shall live. For in, in those instances, it means, when it says for to, you know, go back to that Exodus 33. It says, thou shalt not see my face, for no one shall see me and live. 
Do you notice that the way Genesis 3.22 put it, Exodus 1.16 put it, it means forever. It means to live forever, actually. But in this place, it looks like the English way he put it, it looks like you will die. You both did not get me. Oh. <laughs> I'm sure you don't get it. Okay, let me explain it again. Look at how we started. It says, Thou shalt not see my face, for there's no man that shall see me and live. It now says the word face is from the word panin, right? And it implies to what you recognize physically, right? We now say the word live is from the word sheye, and it's used for restoration of life. Let's look at the instance it was used, that live. Let's look at how Moses has used the word live in his writings. Let's look at something. Genesis, we went to Genesis 3.22. Genesis 3.22, it says, and live for what? Forever, right? Look at Exodus 1.16. Still put your hand in that Exodus 33. Go to Exodus 1.16. Exodus 1.16. He says, And he said, When do you, the office of the midwife, and the Hebrew women, do put us this two? He shall be a son, and ye shall kill him. But if I shall be a daughter, then ye shall what? Live. Right? The word, and that word live means you will just be alive. You will be kept alive. So in the two instances, it reminds to be, it means to be kept alive. Are you seeing it? So now let's go back to that Verse 20. So, in, in understanding the scripture, you have to understand that the Bible is not as English as you think. A lot of us have read it in our English way. It's not as English as it is. Many of all of these things happen in the course of translations. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, when he says, no man shall see me and live, we've seen that the word live in the scripture just means to be kept alive. No one will see me and be kept alive. No one will see me and live forever. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, the writer restored that no one shall see my face. That is my appearance. We've already studied that word face, right? My appearance. And not be kept alive. That's actually what it means. Nobody sees my face and not be kept alive. But you know the way we read it in English. Nobody see me and live. I mean, nobody see me and die. If you see me, you will die. I don't know if you're understanding me. Ah, shit. Okay, let me explain it again. Let me explain it again. When he says... No one sees my face and live. What does the literal meaning mean to you in English? You will die, right? Okay. We went to, that's why we always tell you that scripture explains scripture. We went to how Moses has used the word live in the other writings from Genesis, Exodus. And that word lives means you are kept alive. You will live forever. So now, what does that word live means in this instance? It means you can't see my appearance and not be kept alive. If you see my appearance, you will be kept alive. Are you getting what I'm saying? But we have read it. I have a series, Show Me Your Glory, where I taught this expressly, three-track series. It's fully explained there. But I'm just explaining it for the course of this teaching. You have to see that the Bible is not as English as you think. Are you getting what I'm saying? So it means if you see my appearance, you'll be kept alive. But you know, you have read it as, eh, if you see God, you will die. Really? Is God that dangerous? 
Men saw him in the four gospel and they did not die. Are <laughs> you getting what I'm saying? Men saw God in the four gospel, they didn't die. Did anybody die by seeing Jesus in the four gospel? Did the wise men die? Did Mary, the mother of Jesus, die? Were they not kept alive? Yeah, where? Are you getting what I'm saying? Benjamin, are you getting what I'm saying? <laughs> so, he says, none shall see my face, my appearance, and not be kept alive. In that sense, he spoke about a restoration of life. So, for those that shall see his face, they will be kept alive. So, when you, so look at something. We have seen that he explained the glory of God as power, demonstrations, all of those things, right? Then he was not asking that, ah, I want something else. Show me your face. And he said, see, if you see my appearance, you'll be kept alive. It will be like a restoration of life. Ah, now, look at something. Look at Exodus, look at verse 21. And the Lord said, behold, the place, there is a place by me. Thou shalt stand upon this rock. That word place there is on the, word, is on the Hebrew word magon. M-A-G-O-N, and it implies a locality. M-A-G-O-N, it implies a locality. It says, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. By there means, it just simply means E-T-H in the, in the Greek, and it just means with and from. So it says, so we can safely look at that text and say, the Lord said, there is a place in me. And thou shalt stand upon a rock. That word stand there is the word establish in the Hebrew. Establish. Natsab. N-A-T-S. N-A-T-S-A-B. Established. So when he says rock. Now, in, look at something. New. When he, You know, the Lord used the word rock here. If you are a, if you are a good Bible student, a lot with, of things will run through your mind as touching rock. Your mind will cross through rock of salvation. Your mind will cross through the rock that is splashed. And you get what I'm saying? A whole lot of things will run through your mind. When it says rock. In fact, you even remember Peter upon this rock. A lot of things will run through your mind. If you are a good Bible student. Let me show you something in Exodus. Put your hands here. Go to Exodus 17. Exodus 17.6. Are you learning something, guys? Is it, is it complicated? <laughs> <laughs> so say, eh? Is this Bible? Yes, it is. Exodus 17, verse 6. Behold, I will stand before thee upon what? Upon what? The rock in all. Can we say? Now put look quickly, look back now. Quickly put your hand back and say, and the Lord said, There shall be a place where thou shalt stand upon what? Okay, cool, cool. Now let's go back to that place. Let's start upon the rock, and water shall come from it, and you will drink from it, right? Right? Look at um, Numbers 23, verse 9. Still put your hands on that Exodus 33. We are not done. No. Numbers 23, verse 9. By the time we are done today, you want to work with miracles. <laughs> so see, ah, I think I've given up on my desire. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Look at this. From top, from the top of the rocks, I see him. And from the hills, I behold him. And lo, the people shall dwell alone and shall not be reckoned among the nations. Look at how he said it. He said, from the top of the rocks, I saw him. And from the hills, I behold him. So, are you seeing where John will get, will be end of, oh, let me, let me, today is not the day for you. Deuteronomy 32 verse 15. Go to Deuteronomy. Still put your hands in that Exodus 33. See, Bible study is intelligent. Do you see why Jesus spent 40 days teaching? Are you seeing it, guys? Are you seeing why Paul sat down and thought for several hours somebody died and woke up? Does it, does it make sense now? That, ah, somebody can really die in teaching. And <laughs> Paul woke him up. It's an intelligent study. It's research. It's, 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 it takes a level of intelligence to understand the word of God. In his true, in his pure, in his pure. But if you don't want to be lazy, you don't go and pick and say, nobody can see. If you see God, you will just die. They saw him in the four gospels and nobody died. So that did not make sense. He came as a man. I thought that if people want to die, as he come like this, people will just as as he was just born like this, all the people in the major will die. At least he is God now that became a man. And he says, if you see him, so if you just look at the eyes of Jesus like this, God. So that's why that text has to be explained properly. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? That text really has to be explained. Because it, it would defile our teaching on the incarnation. If we did not explain this text, we will now think that God is a bad God. Look at Numbers, um, Deuteronomy 32, verse 15. It says, But Jeshurun was fat and kicked, and thou art a waxing fat, and thou grown thick, and thou covered the fatness, and he forsook God which made him, and lightly esteemed what? The word of what? Look at it in verse 18. Of the what? That begat thee, at honor my father, I forgot thee, right? Look at it, verse 37. And a goat shall say, <laughs> Let's read it together. A goat shall say, <laughs> Since they are rocking whom we trust them. So go back to that. So, and all of this is in reference to salvation. Rock is in reference to salvation. So let's go back to that Exodus 33, verse 21. So when it says, and the Lord said, there is a place. Now, let me explain that. There is a place by. That word by is from the Greek word eth. It simply means with, in, and from, right? With, in, and from. That's the word by. So when you say by, with, in, and from. So we can simply say, there is a place in me which thou shalt stand. So in essence, let me explain what it means. The Lord told Moses that. The Lord said to Moses that, 
A man is kept alive by salvation. That's all. That's why he used the word rock. So that when you now, now look at something. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. If you don't understand the significance of rock or salvation all through the scripture, you will miss that text. Rock was simply explaining salvation. Such that a man is only kept alive by salvation. The reason you will not die tomorrow. Now look at it now. Do you know that no death happens to be the believer in Christ? The believer in Christ does not die. He is kept alive. He only sleeps. So is that scripture still making sense today? Is Moses dead? He's just sleeping. So do you see that? He saw the real glory of God. Does it make sense to you now? So a man is kept alive by salvation. So it suffice for us to say that the glory that Moses asked the Lord to show him is a reference to salvation. God's graciousness, God's mercy. If you want to really understand all these texts properly, I did a synthesis, a P, I, I, I broke it down. Go and listen. I don't think it's in circulation. Show me your glory. It's not in circulation, right? We'll probably bring it out in circulation. Why put it in circulation so that you can, you can, you can, media people take notes. You probably try and let's see how we can put that in circulation so that people can understand them, that um, concept properly. Okay. So Moses asked for his fullness. He now said, so he asked for his fullness. So Moses was asking for the fullness. So that's why you go to John 1 verse 4. 14, it says, we, the word became flesh. Go back to John, go to John 1, 14, brethren. So, remember we were in Luke 24 at that time, when we started this study, where it says, all fools and slow of heart to believe, all that the prophet has believed, ought not Christ to suffer this thing and enter into what? You see the Lord glory again. Okay, look at, you will see that word glory continuously being used. John 1, 14 now says something. Look at John 1, 14. What did he say? One, two, ready, go. And joined among God. And did what? Full of grace and what? And truth. So he described Jesus in his incarnation as the glory of the begotten, as the begotten only of the Father, full of grace and truth. So Moses asked God to show him his graciousness, his loving kindness. His tender message, his salvation that was revealed to humanity in Christ Jesus. So he says he dwelt among us. That word dwelt among us is the word skeno in the Greek, S-K-E-N-O. It means a tabernacle among us. He had this, he had this place among us. That's why you will see in Matthew 17, that word dwelt, tabernacle, was used again. Go to Matthew 17, verse 1. I used to say that Bible studies should not be rushed. I used to say that you can't have a short SMS service. What do you, how do you want to do it? How? <laughs> how would you have done it? Do you, you are just, a, all those people that go to church and 30 minutes they are done with the word. Are, are you sure you really studied the word? I used to say that Bible study is intelligent. It's painstaking. This was why. 
Jesus took on believers to the wilderness, three days teaching them. What do you think he was doing? And yet they still did not even believe. <laughs> they were just there for the miracle. Matthew 7, verse 1. Matthew 17, verse 1. After two days. <laughs> Is it not after two days? Huh? Okay. Jesus taken Peter, James, John into the, his brother and brigaded them up to a what? High mountain up. And he transfigured before them and his face did shine and the sun and white. And behold, there appeared Moses, Elias, that's Elijah actually, talking with him and answered Peter and said, Lord Jesus, Lord, it be good that if thou wilt, will make three tabernacles. That was three tabernacles means three dwelling places for thee, one for Moses, one for Elijah. <laughs> they, they were sleeping, you know. They, by virtue of them being waking up like they, they just saw a blurry vision. Yeah! They started making him out. That's why it's not good to sleep in service. So when you wake up, you don't go and hear the wrong thing. See, 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 see these guys. They slept now. They just woke up and say, Hey! We saw Moses. We saw Elijah. Let's build. Jesus said, Calm down. <laughs> so when he says, John 1 14. God became a man and lives among men. Did God kill anybody? Did, did he? The people look at God and die. Are you seeing it? But rather, what did we see? His graciousness, right? His tender mercy, his lovingness, right? That is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's humanity. So that is why. Let's start bringing it home gradually. Emphasis on the word gradually. So I say, ah. What's all this? Bible study. <laughs> Emphasis on the word gradually. Are we good? You're cool, right? Uh, what's, what's even your problem with this life? You complain with prayer. You complain with... So what do you want? <laughs> you say prayer is too low. You say, uh, uh, so what do you want? That we just come and say, Hallelujah, go home. <laughs> I've not even thought long ago. We are still just playing foundation. We, still, we, still, we, we are still four gospels. So look at how, more, how far four gospels are taking us. What of when we now get to the book of Acts? So I say, please, let's not get here. <laughs> so I say, this one, you know, see, I want to just go and rot miracles. I just, <laughs> by the time I'm done rotting the video, I'll come and learn. Wow. <laughs> so now this explains John's account. We are trying to, we are trying to come home. We are trying. Are you liking this journey I'm taking you on? Yes, Is the journey bumpy? Yes, it's smooth, right? Yes, it's trying to, it's clearing all the, I don't care. <laughs> Just finish. <laughs> so, look at John 5 verse 30. 
I'm sure you have opened scripture today, scripture you have seen, scripture you have not seen, scripture you know, scripture you don't know. It's good, right? It's good. I can of my own self do nothing as I hear. I judge my judgment as just because I seek not my own will, but the will of which my father has sent me. In verse 36, he says, But I have a greater witness than that of John, and of the works which the Father has given me to finish. The same works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. John 9, 3. John 9, 3. It says, neither has this man sinned nor experienced, but that the works of God should be what? Made manifest. Look at John 10 verse 25. It says, I told you, and ye believe not. The works that I do is in my Father's name and the bear witness of me. John 14. Verse 10. Believest thou that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, and the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth what? The works. And I says, believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for what? The very words sake. Now, let's now go back to our Acts 2, verse 22, where we started from. Let's go there quickly. Good times, right? Yes, it says, ye men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God, among you by miracles, signs, wonders, which God did by him in the midst of you, and ye yourself what you know. At 10 verse 38, our God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For what? God was with him. 2 Corinthians 3.18. Let's go there. 2 Corinthians 3.18. There's no way we will, not have, we will not have gone to Paul. There's really no way. I tried. I, I honestly tried. It took me a while, right? It took me quite a while to, to reach our guy. I, it took me quite a while. I tried, I tried, but... You can't, you can't, you can't escape Paul. You just can't. There will be a day I will teach long, and I will try my best not to quote Paul. I'm, I'm working on it. I will just teach purely, and I will not mention the word Paul. Why would I ever go to any of his letter? So I say, is it possible? Let's, let's be watching. Maybe it can ever happen today. So I say, hey, don't let it happen. <laughs> just. We are okay this way. <laughs> the way you are looking, you are looking very discouraging. Like, <laughs> who sent me? You are just looking like you want to pass out. <laughs> you are looking like Uticos is about to happen here when we have to raise another dead. <laughs> oh, yeah, I will soon release you. You know, the Lord said it comes quickly. So, 
when I say soon, <laughs> just trust the name of the Lord. <laughs> Second Corinthians three six. Three eighteen, sorry. It says, But we all with open face, as in a glass, the glory of God are changed into the same spirit. From what? Glory. This, I say the same thing. All of you say, Yes, from glory to glory. It's common test. I say same thing. So I say, yes, yes, same thing. It's not the same thing. Into the same image, from glory to glory, even as by what? The Spirit of the Lord. So what does it mean by glory to glory? What, what, what does it mean? Look at verse 7. Verse 7. But if the ministration of death, written and engraving in stone, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses, for the glory of his countenance, which glory to be done away, how shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious. He now says, but the ministration of condemnation be glory. Much more dote the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. So when he says the ministration of death written and engraven in stone in context is the same as the letter that killeth in verse 6. When we read in verse 6, it says, He has made us able minister of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, but the letter killeth and the Spirit giveth life. So, in verse 3, 2, it says, For as much as ye are manifestly declared as the epistle of Christ, ministered unto us, not written with ink, but by the Spirit and the loving God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of art. So the ministration of death, which is the letter, was written in ink and engraven in stones. However, the New Testament was written by the Spirit of God. And you know, I've always told you, there's a difference between the New Testament and uh, what did I say it is? For those of you in Rochester, Rochester people now, the New Testament and something. Uh, uh? Uh -uh. Uh, it's a test, assignment. <laughs> So, the New Testament was written by the Spirit of God in the hearts of men. In other words, why the letter was written and engraven in stone was put for the congregation of Israel to see. But the New Testament is written in our spirit. One thing about the New Testament, you know the Lord told us, I will walk with them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. So the New Testament is the ministration of the Spirit. So that's what is called rather glorious. That's something that exceeds in glory. So in essence, look at something very key. Mm. When it says remain it, mm. where's that text again where it says remain it? In this same Ephesians, um, second Corinthians 3. Where is the pastor be looking for it yourself? Yes. Well, he, says, he says, for that which is done away was glorious, much more that which remained. That one remained is the Greek word meno, M-E-N-O, 
and it refers to a place, a dwelling place, to dwell permanently, just like the explanation of John 14, verse 6. John 14, verse 6, where it says, I will send you another comforter and all of those things, where we have studied before that is the dwelling place in our hearts and all of those things, that the Father is indwelling in man, and the Spirit is abiding in man forever. So, Paul was telling us in 2 Corinthians 3, to help us see that Moses' physical demonstrations of the glory of God, the miracles, signs, and wonders, which will fade away, yet he asked for another much glory. And that one will stay permanently. And what is that glory? The Spirit of God that is in man. Now, let me explain what I'm saying again. What Paul was teaching us here was that the physical demonstrations of the glory of God, which is seen in miracles, signs, wonder, it will fade away. Yet, Moses was asking, Lord, show me your glory. And what was he asking? That the Spirit of God will be in the hearts of men. So, in verse 11, it says, For that which was glorious, much more remaineth more glory. In Asis, in verse 12, seeing then, we have hope. We use glaze plainness of speech, but not as Moses. Are you seeing how Paul wrote? He says, but not as Moses, which put a veil. Since we have grace plainness of speech, parisia in the Hebrew, in the Greek, it means freedom of speech. To speak without inhibition. To speak without being held back. That is, what is spoken in the gospel is with plainness of speech. That's why Paul will say in 2 Corinthians 2 verse 12, just look at 2 Corinthians 2 verse 12 quickly. It's just in that same, I'm sure if you have a Bible like mine, it will be in that same page. He says, furthermore, I came unto you in Torahs, and the door was opened unto me. He says, I came to preach the gospel of Christ, and the door was opened. That word door is from the word Tura, T-H-U-R-A, T-H-U-R-A. It means an access, an opportunity. So Paul began his explanation to the fact that there was an opportunity to preach the gospel. So he now says in verse 14, but their minds were blinded. Or let's start from, let's do, let's do uh, 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14. 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14. 2 Corinthians 2 says, now but thanks be to God, which make us, which make it us to triumph in Christ and make manifest Savior for his knowledge in every, uh, in every place. For we are unto God a sweet servant of Christ in them that are saved and in them that perish, to one that be the Savior and death and order who is sufficient for these things. And for we are not many, and we are corrupt in the world, but as sincerity, but of God in the sight of God we speak. So now that's why you will see, look at 2 Corinthians 4, verse 1. Look at something. It says, Therefore, say that we have this ministry. We have received mercy. We faint not. We have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. So, see, let me tell you, you and I, we can't handle the word of God deceitfully. But by manifestation of the truth, condemning every, condemning, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. In us, but if our gospel be hid, 
it is he to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of men, lest they believe the glorious gospel of Christ. We say the image of God should shine on their name. And that says, well, we preach not ourselves, but Jesus Christ, our Savior. Jesus Christ, our Savior, right? What's the next thing? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, mm. <laughs> oh, they were just they just, in fact, they were gone as they were looking at the scripture. <laughs> we preach Jesus as our, our, our what? For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in the heart of Chelsea to give the <laughs> just his darkness now. <laughs> I'll show you the other. To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. So, <clears throat> this actually flowed. So, notice that the preaching of the gospel as the light of the glory of God in the face of Jesus shining in the heart of men was very evident. Now, notice something. Now, I want you to notice something. If you look at it, chapter 3, verse 13, it says the veil has been taken away that when we read, um, we're not reading like how Moses read and all of those things. In that sense, it has been abolished. It has been done away with. That word abolish means that category, it means it has come to an end. It has faded away. So, now, we are going back gradually to where we started from. Are you happy? Are you happy? Or you're sad? Okay, let's add more before we get there. Because you seem sad. So, assuming you were happy now. So the word veil, I wanted to skip that before, but I saw that you are, you are sad. So I want you to be happy. The word veil is from the Greek word kuluma. K-A-L-U-M-M-A. K-A-L-U-M-M-A. And it's used to describe... Not kuluma, uloma. It's the art of using a piece of a cloth to shield... And hinder another from sin. It's like to cover. It's from like the word kalaptupo. It means to cover. So, historically, Moses put a veil over his face because the children of Israel could not build it when he came down from the mount. We read that in Exodus 20, 34, verse 29 to 35, that the veil was actually there. They could not see it. So in that, in that 2 Corinthians 3 verse 13, he now said that, and not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadily look at the end of that which was abolished. So, he now says that, but their minds were blinded. That word blinded is the word P-O-R-O-O. P-O-R-O-O. That's the word blinded. 
and it was used in the following instance. Are you happy? Are you really happy? Uh, you're not sounding like you mean it. It was used in the following instance. John 12, 40. You don't seem like you're happy. You are happy today. It's, see, my mother used to say, the, 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 the child that sees his mother will not sleep. He too will not see sleep. John 12, verse 40. So he said, ha, ha. Ha. He? Holy is the name of miracle signs and wonders. I thought I would just be learning. I would not be learning. Whoa. Woo. <laughs> so I have gone to Jordan, gone to River Jordan, gone to even the Guardian of Gethsemane, gone to the Guardian of India and come back to this service. It's good. It's good. It's good. John 12, 40. He says he had blinded their eyes. Are you see where it was used? Romans 11, 17. Put this down for your reference just for time. So that's, let me see in case you can be happy again. Romans, are you happy? Yes. <laughs> see lazy believers. <laughs> see, these, see these believers. Romans 11, 7. <laughs> Back in 17. I'm, just saying, I'm never checking this place in my life. <laughs> Shall I put it down? <laughs> so he says their minds were blinded. Mm. So that was why it's, the author also used it in reference to the hardening of art. You see that in Acts 19, verse 8 to 9. Acts 19, verse 8 to 9. You will see their minds were blinded again as when Moses preached the gospel to them in Hebrews 3, verse 7 to... Hebrews 3, verse 7 to 19. Hebrews 4, verse 1 to 2. You will also see how the gospel... If you listen to Let There Be Light, this will make sense a, a bit. Not, not really, but a bit. Uh, Paul, in his explanation of... Of the gospel quoted uh, um, Deuteronomy 30 12, Romans 10 6 to 9. And you also see when he says in John 5, verse 45, where he says, If you have believed me, you will have believed what Moses wrote of me. And uh, they, they just did not believe. So it was evident that, in fact, even in Matthew 19, verse 7, where he says, and verse 8, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, suffered you not to, suffered you to, uh, it says, suffered you to put away your wives. You see in the Taonomy 9 7, Taonomy 9 24, the Taonomy 31, verse 27, the Taonomy 32, verse 20. Mm. We can also add, hmm. We can also add the Taonomi 31 to 31 to 20. No, the Taonomi 31, 24. 24 to 29. So it's evident that Moses preached the gospel to them. However, 
They were very rebellious. They were very rebellious. They, they were adding to the gospel. Then he now gave them the law. So why did he give them the law? He gave them the law to guide their conduct. Remember where we started from Anaginosko? He gave them the law. That law we're reading. You should not do this. You should not do that. To guide their conduct. And he gave them that because they were going to Canaan, the promised land, a new world, so that they will not go and misbehave there because he knows them. Are you getting me? So if somebody asks you, why did Moses give the law? It's just so that they don't go and misbehave in Canaan. Is it making sense to somebody? In the promised land, that's all. So remember that that generation of Israel saw the physical demonstration of the glory of God. They saw that Moses had conversation with God, recorded it, and it helped us to see several miracles, signs, and wonders. But look at something that happened in Exodus 4 verse 1. Go there. Exodus 4 verse 1. Let's read it together. Exodus 4, verse 1. And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, The Lord had appeared unto thee. He says, They will not believe me. They, he knew the people. The guys said, Look at it, verse 2. Look at the verse 2. What did he say? Verse 3. Everybody's just reading in tongues. (laughs) Because in verse 5, it now says that they might believe the Lord God and the Lord God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, that he appeared. So in other words, now see, don't forget where we are coming from. what's, What's the topic of what we are studying? Why did Jesus do it? Exploring the four gospels, right? Okay. So in other words, miracle signs and wonders that Moses did in the sight of children was so that they can hack into their voice, to his voice. He did, look at this place. He says they will not believe me, right? And the Lord said, what is your ad, a rod, right? That you should go and use it. Why was he to use it? So that he will, they will believe, right? Right, guys? So, the essence of miracle signs and wonders that Moses did in the sight of the children of Israel was so that they can hearken unto the voice. That is, they can believe the gospel. So, that is to say, the physical demonstration of the glory of God today. Like I said, I'm already coming home, right? I'm coming home gradually. Don't you like the fact that I'm coming home? Or should I go back to the, should I travel back outside? Are you happy? Uh, no, I, let's go back. So let's let's look at another text. Are you happy? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> so I'm coming home, right? Gradually, we are coming home. Like I told you, I'm coming home. Do you like that the fact that I'm coming home? Yes, sir. Oh, we should travel back. Yes, sir. You're at home. You're excited that I'm coming home. No, what if I wish to go back? (laughs) I say we should keep going forward. (laughs) 
Okay. Let's start coming home. Gradually. It's going to now make sense. All we've been saying is, eh, glory. Eh, eh, <laughs> Everything is going to make sense. Amen. Amen. Are you having a good time? This is, this is God's word in clarity. Let me tell you. It's because I honor you. That's why I'm doing this. Do you get it? Yeah. I mean, I already understand it. It's you that did not understand. <laughs> and you are the one tired. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? It's discipline. You have to learn to hear the word. Because if you want to be a good teacher, you have to be a good listener. Are you getting what I'm saying? You have to listen for listen, so that you can be able to explain it to people. Okay. Hmm. So we said, look at that Exodus 4 again, as we start coming home gradually. And we said that the reason for this, for that rod, right, was so that Men will do what? So the essence of miracles, signs, and wonders was actually for people to believe the message. So we can see the demos- the physical. When we say physical demonstration, what do we mean? Miracle signs and wonders. So you know, we've said to now look at what we were doing before now. For some of you that were not paying attention. We did a distinguishing between the physical demonstration of God and the actual thing that Moses now said about he wants to see a glory. I don't know if you understood that part. We know we did another distinguishing. Just the same way we did distinguishing of miracles, healings. Are you seeing what I'm saying? So now, it's to say the physical demonstrations of the glory of God is to point men to the real glory of God. And what's the glory of God? The face of Jesus? Jesus himself, right? The message, right? Right, guys? Is to point men to the glory, to, the, to, to, to God. So Moses described it as God's graciousness, God's tender mercy. And that's what Jesus explained. Our Paul, Jesus, and then Paul explained as the spirit of the living God in man. So in Jesus' earthly ministry, miracles, signs, and wonders. So now let's bring it home. Right? Like we said, we are already home now. In Jesus' ministry, why did Jesus heal the sick? It was a pointer for men to believe in the work that he has come to save men. That's why he said, look at in John 14, let's come home now. John 14, if you have been sleeping before, start sleeping. John 14, verse 10. He says, believe thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he does what? He doeth the work. So this explains why Jesus often 
after he has done a miracle, he will preach. Because he was trying to point something. The miracles he did were pointers. Remember where we started? Sign, what is a sign? Indicator, Simeon in the Greeks, right? Proof, right? A presence of another. Theras wonders, right? Okay. So why was he doing that? He was doing it so that men, he was pointing men to his work of salvation. So this, that, that shows you, you must always look at the next thing he did immediately after he healed the sick. He will preach the gospel. Let's look at a perfect example in John of how he did it. So that this can help your ministry. Sometimes, before you preach, you have to first hear the sick. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It will make them hear you first. Let's look at John 6. Let's see a perfect example. You know we are heading home now. Right? Uh We are home. So in this home, we we might enter another room. We might decide to build a new house inside. (laughs) 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 We might just decide whatever we want to do inside the home. I mean, we can start arranging the house again, sweep the house. At least we are shall home. Right? When you are home, we can stay at the gate. You are, we can stay at the gate before we get to the bedroom. <laughs> right? You know, you can be in your home and still be at the gate. Or you can be at the room. It's just like my house in, 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 in our house in, in, uh, in uh, Akure, in Ondo State. There's a place, you just be looking at the mirror like this at the door. You be checking yourself whether you are fine, whether you are good, what do you look like. So you can stand at the door and you are still at home. Right? Uh-huh. But we are shall home. <laughs> but you are happy. Yes, sir. Are you happy? Yes, sir. Or you want us to go back outside? Ah, okay, let's go back outside. So let's go back to Genesis. Yes, sir. We should go back to Genesis. We said Jonah. We said the end is a Jonah in our midst. <laughs> okay. John 6. Let's stay home. Is finished. <laughs> Let's finish. <laughs> John six, verse one. And after these things, Jesus went over to the Sea of Galilee, and, the, and which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them, that were diseased. And they went up into the mountain, and he sat with his disciples, and the Passover, and the feast of the Jews. Now, this was these guys who followed him. Why? Why did they follow him? 
Mm -mm. Verse 2. He saw, they saw the miracles, right? The healings and the disease. Now, look at it in verse 11. There was now a miracle, right? 5,000 loaves of bread and two fishes, right? Five loaves of bread and two fishes, right? In verse 14, what happened? Read verse 14. So Jesus' word that ever shows the reason that these folks search everywhere for miracle and they saw that they partook it, right? Okay. So they, they even called Jesus the prophet, right? Look at verse 26. Then Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Ye seek me not because you saw miracles, but because you want to eat bread and you are filled. He now started teaching. Labor not for the meat that perisheth, for the meat that endureth, and all of those things. He started teaching. He says, Then they say unto him, What shall we do that we might walk the words of God? Then he answered and said, The work of God that you just believe on him that sent me. Simple, just believe. And they said unto him, What sign showest thou that we should, we may see that thou doest the work? He says, Our fathers did it, man, I said, The widow, I said, it, And they gave them bread to eat. And Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you that bread from evil. But my, he says, Moses gave you not that bread from evil. But my father giveth you the true bread. Eh? For the bread of God which is coming down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. And they said unto you, Lord, give us forevermore this bread. <laughs> See, they said, Ahem, since this is the bread from heaven, keep giving us the bread. Then Jesus said, I am that bread of life. Eh? Men and brethren, if you were in that auditorium, you wonder, uh uh. What's going on? She be, I just asked for bread. You know, say I'm the bread. My body, me as I'm standing here, I'm the bread. Watch you. You know, says I'm the bread of life. You know, says, he that cometh unto me will never hunger. And he that believeth in me will never thirst. You know, started teaching them. He says, and I say unto you, you have seen me and you have believed not. He started teaching them. He started teaching them in verse 41. Look at verse 41. Then the Jews murmured at him and said, The Jews murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which come down from heaven. He did not say, Ah, uh -uh. is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is he then say that I am come from heaven? <laughs> Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, Murmur not among yourself. No man. Come unto me, and said the Father has sent him, and draw him. In verse 48, he said, he repeated it again. I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manners in the wilderness, and they are dead. He says, this is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that no man will eat thereof, and that a man may eat thereof and not die. He says, I am the living bread. I, I used to, we used to sing this song. I am the living bread which came down, 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 down from heaven. If any man, if any man shall eat of this bread, he shall live forever. The nice to sing it in Spanish. Jesus, I can't remember. I'm the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And I'll give this flesh and I'll give the, the life of the world. Now look at something. The Jews, verse 52, strove among the say, 
how can this man give us his flesh to eat? You know, they want to eat bread. They were following him for miracles. Ah, they were not thinking with him, they say. And he says, he is the true bread. Uh-huh. How do I eat this body? <laughs> now, notice the things he told them. To believe on the God that sent him, right? That is the true bread that whoever believes on him will not test, right? Look at those key points. He says, he came down to do his father's will, which is to give life, right? And everyone that sees the son, right? And believe in him, we have everlasting life. And he that believes in him, we have everlasting life, right? Now, notice something in verse they kept murmuring among themselves, right? Look at in verse. Look at even in uh, verse sixty. Many therefore of his disciples. When they say disciples, it means his students, people that were really, really following him. So this really proved the convictions of their heart. He said, when they heard this, they said, "This is an art saying. Who can hear it?" And Jesus knew in their hearts. His disciples, and he says, "Does this offend you?" What if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up and before and all of those things? And verse 64. Look at verse 64. It says, There's some, but there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that, be, that believe not and who should betray him. And he said, Wherefore I say unto you, that no man shall come unto me except I be given of the Father. Look at verse 66. Let's read it together. They left. When Jesus cannot satisfy their craving again, they left. They left. Look at John 5, verse 14. We are home. I'm about to close. So I say, really? You know, when I say I'm about to close. Only Jesus knows the meaning. <laughs> he says, Behold, I come quickly. Right? So when he says, I'm about to, he says, I will come soon and take you. Where is the soon? We are still waiting. <laughs> John 5, verse 14. Afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou hast made us see no more, lest a worse thing come to thee. So now, already, interpreting that text, we mean a worse thing, we mean a more terrible sickness. Right? When you see that, we say, yeah. Go and see no more. You, as you are sick, you know, some people teach, after they finish healing, you know, they tell you, Bridget, if you sin like this, dangerous sin will come. Dangerous sickness is still a danger of wrong interpretation. No. Since Jesus ministered to the sick, they were healed earlier. Because if he says that, that would be inconsistent with the word. That would be inconsistent with the word. That's not what he meant. Because if you read in that, if you read in John 9, where he says, neither has experienced sin and all of those things, uh, 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 that the work of God may made manifest and all of those things. So what was this saying in context in this place? Look at verse 2. Don't forget, these were people that had troubling things and the angel will come to spare the water periodically, right? And get the place healed, right? 
for men to be healed. An angel troubling the water theory was not of Jesus. Who? Let me first clarify that for you in Bible study. When you say angel trouble, so is there, a, is there a water that angel is coming to trouble? It's not a Bible theory. It's not a theory of Jesus' doctrine. Neither did he refer to it. It was just a popular myth in Israel. It's like saying a superstition of a story that goes on. That, ah, there's a time the water will just be clean and it will, it's like a medicinal water. So they just mystify it and say, ah, angel is coming to trouble it. Does it make sense? Does it make sense? It's not a theory of, Jesus never made reference to it. It's just a myth in Israel. So you have to learn how to identify. So a lot of people now started a service, pool of Bethesda service. I'm not joking. Some churches now, there's a service called pool of Bethesda. They now even went to do swimming pool in their church. Why? Pool of Bethesda. Angel will trouble the water. So just wash yourself inside the water and you'll be healed. What's that? No, I'm not joking. That's the problem of wrong doctrine. Pull of Bethesda service. May God help us. So, the myth present that God heals only at a certain period when he heals and the fastest way to get into the pool, it's to the pool will be healed. How can that be God? Are you seeing it? Does it make sense? Does it stay with the character of what I've been teaching about God? No. God just wants to heal only one person this day. Be fast. <laughs> Once the thing crim, the door has closed. So the guy said, that guy that has been there for 38 years, I've not found any man to move me to the pool. <laughs> so, and they are very important. <laughs> So, maybe it's once in a year. So, once you cleanse today, grew, you go? No, it's just a myth. That needs to be clarified. <clears throat> Are you getting what I'm saying? So, it's a myth that God will, and that's, when you believe such myth, you only believe that the sick were expected to be healed, the sick can be, once you believe that kind of myth, right? You will just you will not keep believing that healing is conditional. There's a certain seasons in the year where God heals the sick. That's wrong. He heals the sick every minute, every day, every time, in the midnight, in the mid hour, in the mi- any time. Are you getting what I'm saying? So the interesting thing about that myth was that John in his account recorded it, and Jesus was known. For the whole of Jerusalem as somebody who does miracles. And, but there was still a pool somewhere. So, such that even the Galileans heard of the miracle and received him. Everybody heard of the miracle. Everybody heard of Jesus' ministry and received him. You will see in John 5, John 4 verse 45, John 4 verse 45, he says, when he had come into Galilee, the Galileans received him Having seen all the things he did at Jerusalem at what? The feast. You know, there have been several feasts that has happened in the book of John. Uh-huh. So they went on to that feast. So Galilee received him. So it's not unlikely that sick people who went to the pool in John 5, because they were in Jerusalem, would have heard about Jesus. And now he has eaten several sick. They would have obviously heard. So it's not unlikely that those sick people who went to those pools in, in this John 5 now, 
they went there because they were in Jerusalem and they heard that Jesus and all of those things were there. However, if just like the, even the nobleman in Capernaum, the centurion man, remained at the pool, the son also remained at the pool waiting to be stirred up. So a whole lot of people were there. Even in John 5, look at it, John 4. They were there. John 4 verse 46. They were there waiting to be stirred up to the pool. So, and he beckoned on Jesus to heal the son. So, this believer mindset of the Jews that they are staying in a pool by an angel to uh, must have kept visiting the pool or beckoning on Jesus or meeting them up or attending his meetings to be healed. So, believe, when you believe things like that, you will, you will not have a proper appreciation of God's character or God's understanding. God does not have, in fact, there's something I'm going to teach you people later, not today anyway. Does God selectively heal the sick? And we're going to study it in context. We'll probably do it in a short service. Does God selectively heal the sick? Does he pick, does he pick certain people and say, today is your day, tomorrow is your own day? No. Some people say, don't worry, try again. Don't worry. He just chose not to heal. You know, God, God does as he pleases, like my mother used to say. No. Does it make sense now? Is it making sense? So God was healing. So God healed the sick. That's why uh, Peter told us he went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So he was not selective in his ministry. Are you seeing it? He was not selective in his ministry. So the story of an angel coming to stay up in water at a certain time was a myth. Does it make sense to you? Yet, they believed it for a long time. The Jews had a lot of superstitions in them. And that thing, eh, slide into, sorry to, as an African, I can tell you that we have some of those myths in the Yoruba culture where you just believe certain mysterious thing. And that's wrong. Those things can daint a picture of, the, of, of God in your mind. So they believed it for a long time and people possibly would have also gotten it because of it. Because now, and let me tell you something. God will work with every situation to get people healed. If they believe that that's the water that can get them healed, God will just cook you using the water to get them healed. So they will be thinking that it is every day, every once in a year, the danger is tearing up a pool. I'm so sure if all of them rush inside the pool, they will be healed. That's God's nature. But once one person enters, hey, it's your turn, no? don't waste the water. <laughs> Let us see another water for next year. Because God will go at early length to heal a sick. He will, I believe. Yesterday when we went for outreach, he, he positioned us here so that we can go and heal the sick. That's how he does his work. He will go at any length. To you, the sick. So he does not have seasons where he wants to you, the sick. So never think in your mind, ah, I cannot pray for the sick today. Even as you are sleeping and somebody wake you up, just say, in the name of Jesus, be healed and go back to sleep. The person will be healed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm bringing it home now, so I need you to pay attention. So the fact that it was reported that in John 5 that an angel came at certain season to steal water is not a correct claim. Mm -mm, mm -mm, it's not true. When we look at what Christ has done, 
we will see that that fact is only a myth. And the sick did not have to go to a pool to wait tirelessly, expecting to be healed, right? So now, what was Jesus' action afterwards? In verse 5, John 5, verse 5, a certain man from me, he just healed the sick. He says, all right, take your beggar, walk, right? And just be going. So, but did Jesus make reference to a staring of the pool? Nope, nope, nope. So, look at what happened. Then he took his bed, right, to walk, right? Don't forget, what we are trying to explain is where he says, what are we trying to explain? The example, yes. But what verse am I trying to explain? John 5 is what? What is example? What verse am I trying to explain that took me to the pool? Mm-mm. Hmm? 514. That's what I was trying to explain. Behold, that had made those sin no more, lest a worse thing come after you. That's what I'm trying to explain. Pay attention now. <laughs> so that, I'm trying to explain so that when you hear the sick, and maybe there's something that will teach you, not today anyway, when there is no change as yet. Maybe when you pray for the sick and the sick do not get healed. So I say, ah, a, a double sickness came on the person. Uh-uh. That's what we're trying to clarify here. Because you are obviously going to pray for the sick. Are you getting what I'm saying? So now, when he says, take up your bed and walk, right? And he now says, in verse 9, he says, and immediately the man took his head and made all. So you see, you have to read the contest, right? And the Jews of serve, is the Jews that are there talking, right? Now, this explains why after Jesus healed the sick, he was vilified by the Jews and carried their bed because it was Sabbath day. Uh, and the Sabbath, they had their own custom. You can look at Luke 13, verse 13 to 14. They had their own custom that being the eighth day, it would have been unlikely that there are several sick people even in the pool to be waiting to be healed because it was actually Sabbath. But the man who was 13, because it was Sabbath day, people would not really be on that pool. Are you getting what? So, but John just gave us the meat around the story of that pool. Are you getting what I'm saying? But because it was Sabbath day, people will not really be there because people are not working. But Jesus found somebody there. What do you expect him to do? To pass by and say, because it is Sabbath day, I will not heal the person? So you see that Jesus defied all the laws because that's what he came to do, actually. So, and he found the man and he healed the man there. So the man got healed and he had faith in Christ Jesus. And hope you know that that was not a selective miracle, right? And that that was also similar. Let, let me just, I just remember something. This same incident was what it was similar to in Act 3. Where it says, and Peter, James, and Peter and John, they saw that guy at the beautiful gate and they healed him. And, and you know that thing caused problems for them. They had to put uh, Peter, James and John in prison um, in Act 4. That was, that, that was what brought that prayer of Art 4, where it says, Now, now, Lord, build your church things and grant all the servant boldness because of the kind of uh, persecution they've gone through, because they trusted them not to preach in the name of Jesus. Now, but look at something. Observe that that sick man did not know who healed him because he can't see. 
Look at it now. He was blind. Abi, what happened? He had a certain infirmity for a long time. And he was an impotent man. He said, I have no man. So he, has not, he doesn't even know whether there's a Jesus. He said, I have no man. He did not know who he did him initially. He was the Jews that had to tell him. That is the popul- there's a popular miracle worker in town. You just have been skylarking. <laughs> you just have, you just have, you just have, you just were not aware because of your situation. So he now described and said, be made whole. So the Jews told him that he was cured in verse 10. Look at the verse 10. The Jews said, therefore, unto him that was cured, it is Sabbath day. It's not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. Ah. Somebody that was just here, they said, it is Sabbath day. You should not have even been carrying your bed. The guy's like, ah. He made me whole the same. I said I should take up my bed. I didn't even know. <laughs> Somebody just said, take up your bed. And I just found out that I'm, I can take up my bed. <laughs> and the Jews will say, you should not have taken it. <laughs> Meaning, you should not even have been healed at all. You <laughs> should not have responded to the healing. <laughs> I used that these Jews have problem. They do. We have to study them some of these days. They, well, we will do that. So you're receiving healing. It is obvious that all the guy needed to do was faith. Pick up your bed and walk. So many at times, many people need to exercise faith in healing. He just said, take up your bed. And the guy took up his bed. And the Jews said, like, why did you take up your bed? He said, ah. <laughs> in fact, I will show you I will show you another instance. Maybe not today. Maybe, maybe today. Maybe not today. I'll show you another instance. Where Jesus prayed for the sick one time. And the guy said, they told the guy, who is you? The guy said, ah, I don't care to know. My own is that I shall be healed. <laughs> he said, ah, I, let me show you. John 9. <laughs> I, I can't let it slide. Sorry. We are still home. So, you know, this same guy that was born blind and all of those things. Now, you know, Jesus told him to go and wash in Chiluam and all of those things, right? They now brought him to the Pharisees in verse 13. And it was also another Sabbath day. You see that? <laughs> Jesus was very, Jesus was actually looking for trouble. <laughs> then he gave the Pharisees, and you can't blame Jesus. Would he say because it's Sabbath day, I will not eat the sick? And the Pharisees also asked him, how did he receive his So you see, they have not forgiven him. The Pharisees have not forgiven him for that. But said down, you now stick him again in John 9. Okay. Now, the Jephthah, there's some. This man is not of God, though. Look at the verse 16. There says some of this Pharisee, this man cannot be of God. Is it? This man is not of God. Are you seeing that? The persecution of men of God is not from today. <laughs> Are you seeing it? Are you, some are, is it? Do you know that? Let me tell you. I did some research. It's actually Christians that actually speak against men of God. Christians born again that fight the fellow men of God. Not people from other religion. You will hardly find a Muslim criticize our own pastors. The reason why they are criticizing it is because we have criticized it in their front. So they have the license to. But how many of us have criticized their own imams? Are you saying that we're having lost priority? Are you seeing it, guys? See. So look at them. See, this man is not a God. Because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. Eh? See, just, really? Just because of Sabbath day. Now look at it. He says, how come, how can a man that is a sinner do such a miracle? 
and there is division among them. They can, they can never be peace. <laughs> there was this, so they said, ah, is he really a man of God? Is he a man? They kept arguing. And they now say to the blind man again, what seest thou of him that he had opened the eyes? He said, he's a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning that he has been blind. And they now called the parent of the guy. They went to do verification. Look at verse 19. They asked him, saying, is your son whom you see born blind? How does he now see? Ah, look at how the parents answered. His parents answered and said, We know that this is our son and that he was blind. But by what means he now see, we know not. Who has opened his eyes, we know not. His age, ask him. He shall speak for himself. Leave me alone. That's the meaning. As far as my own side can see, that's all that concerns me right now. Are you getting what I'm saying? He said, His age, I don't want to know. He's going, I don't care. What's my, I don't want to do. <laughs> and you know, sometimes that's how you need to answer some people's questions. So let's go back to our John 5 verse 14 as we are beginning to put things in proper perspective. Miracle signs and wonders, right? Happy? So, when he told him in verse 14, and Jesus finded him in the temple and said, Behold, that has made don't see no more, lest a worse thing come to thee. That word sin is from the word amathano. It means miss the mark. That is to go away from. That was was is from the Greek word sherion. C-H-E-R-I-O-N. C-H-E-R-I-O-N. It means a greater portion of evil. A greater portion of evil. That's the word sherion. Was. So Jesus describes sickness as evil and he spoke a great and he spoke about a greater portion of evil, something greater than sickness. So the question that we are going to ask ourselves is, was Jesus referring to a worse sickness than he had? Or what was he referring to? In answering this question, we have to clarify certain things. Look at in verse 15. We have to start. We've already said, behold, that has made sin and less and all of those things, right? Right, guys? Now, look at how Jesus did it. Don't forget, what was the original question we, we, we started with? Yes. How did he do the miracles? After he finished doing the miracles, what did he do? Okay, cool. Then in verse 15, he departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus that has made him old, and he sought I want us to read this. Follow me, right? Right? Pick your Bibles now. Follow me. And Jesus did the, Jesus, and therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. And my work and let's come to 29. I'm, I need to, you people are making me feel uncomfortable. So I want to finish this on time. I don't like the way you people are looking. You are, look, you, are, you are making me feel like I'm an evil person. So I'm, um, you guys are not making me feel free to teach. So I need to I need to just leave you people and go. <laughs> well, the way you are looking at me like So we need to finish. <laughs> so I'm tired of you people's eyes. I need to I need to leave you people alone. <laughs> okay. Look at uh, 29. 
and it shall comfort that they have done good and the resurrection of life, that they that have done evil unto the resurrection and damnation. So observe Jesus consequently spoke about himself, the Son of God, and said by the Father and all of those things. Then he says, it shall comfort that they have done good upon the resurrection of life, that they have done evil unto damnation. He says they have done good. So the good is to believe, right? We can call the good believing the gospel, right? And we can call that those that do not believe evil and damnation, right? So when he referred, go and sin no more. He was referring to himself. That is, do not err because of me. Because I have come to give you light. In other words, what he said to the man was, for him to believe the message so that he will not be damned. So can we say that he was telling the man, go and see no more, lest you will not, lest you will perish? Can we say that? That if you go, if you go and see no more, or else a greater perishness is coming than this. Is, that, is it making sense? All right, let me show you. Let, me, let, me, let, let it make sense now. When he now told them in verse 36, you will notice that from there he kept preaching. How many of you notice? If you, if you have the King James letter, you just see that from that point onward, there was read the letter. And that was preaching. He told them, you see verse 36. In verse 36, it says, a greater witness of John, all of those things. You see verse 39, such description for you. Then you think you have eternal life. In verse 46, if you think you have believed Moses and all of those things. So that's sin no more, in other words. So the scripture testify of him, right? And they were to believe in him that have life. However, the Jews opposed him for this. So Jesus told the man to sin no more. In other words, Jesus plainly told the man, believe in me. Believe in me, and it suffice to say that Jesus in fact, that that worst thing that will happen to him, when he says, a worst thing come unto thee, means a greater portion of evil to come, and that was not sickness, right? But the greater portion of evil is damnation, not believing the gospel, right? So do you see that Jesus did not give anybody, and there's no additional sickness that comes to anybody when somebody is healed? Men and brethren, do you see it now? Okay. That's why you will consistently see that statement of go and see no more. Let me show you in John, 3, John 8. You will consistently see that go and see no more. So does it make sense when you hear go and see no more now? Look at John 8. John 8 verse 3. You will see another story of the adulterous woman, right? And look at in verse 11. In says, and she said, no man, Lord. Jesus said, neither do I condemn thee. What did he say? Are you, do you, are you understanding the go and see no more now? Look at it, verse 12. You will see. What did he do? He started preaching. And he said, I am what? Is that preaching? He that followeth me does, does what? Knock in darkness, but what? Can that be preaching? So he revealed himself again. Look at it, verse 13. The Pharisees therefore said unto him, That bears record of thyself. Thy record is not true. <laughs> look at verse 14. Jesus answered and said, we need to look at Jesus and the Jews. How about that? How about that for a study? Jesus and the Jews. How did Jesus... Do you know that? We can safely say the Jews are like all these 80s we are having in our world today. I don't even know what I'm talking about. They are just critical, cynical, 
Uh -huh. How is this working? They're just, they're just that kind of person. But how was Jesus able to navigate through all of them? Are you getting what I'm saying? Mm, it's something we'll probably study maybe later. Maybe. maybe. That's if you are happy. I don't. I choose not to be happy today again. If that's the case, no, it's not today now. Uh, uh, we've not even finished this one. You see. You see. So when are we going to finish? When I told you mission is possible is May twenty ninth or something. Did I give you time? <laughs> so I can decide that we will just be. But the way people are looking. Your eyes is speaking mysteries. God, okay, I will be done. Mm. Okay, so Jesus answered and said unto them, and he says this record of uh, Abia is Jesus kept preaching. Jesus kept preaching. That's why you look at in verse thirty, and he spoke this word and did what? M what happened? Many believed. Why would they believe? Because of the gospel he has preached, right? They would believe. Because of the gospel he has been. Look at it in verse 45. What did he say? Read it. Ah, not, not, none of you are there again. Mm, it's a lie. You are not there. Because I do. Uh, okay. Okay. So, now, let's start coming home. Let's start approaching the city room. So we already said that sin is unbelief, right? Sin no more is unbelief to the gospel, right? So we've studied that that is settled, right? And evil means unbelief in the son, right? We settled that, right? Okay. So that means when a man hears the gospel of Christ, he receives by faith and you already understand. Right? So I say, please don't bother to explain. I already understand. It makes sense. <laughs> okay. So we are still looking at why did Jesus do miracles? So we said, right, that he did these miracles. Why? Because of what? Because of what? He was a pointer to what? To the message of the gospel. That's why you will consider. So the faith in the gospel, the faith preaching of the gospel is faith in the gospel. Well, that's why you will see um, when he did a miracle, um, when he healed the man born from the blind, he pointed the attention to himself, he pointed the attention to the gospel. Look at something that happened in Matthew 21. Let's let's settle that Matthew 21. Somebody people always ask me this question. And, I, and I'm happy that I want to explain this question today. Look at Matthew 21. So I say, but I never asked this question now. But don't, don't you think it's good for you to know? Eh? Brethren. Eh? Okay, look at Matthew 21, verse 18. Now in the morning, as he returned to the city, he hungered, and when he left the figure in the way, he came to it and found nothing, but leaves only. And he said unto it, Let no fruit grow on it henceforth, and presently the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, say, How soon is the fig tree withered away? 
And Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, If you have faith and doubt not in your heart, right? Mm. Are we reading the right place? Mm. Have faith in your heart and doubt not. Eh? Hey, hey, you're paying attention now. And doubts not. You shall not do this. Someone say, I never see her outside. So, <laughs> so, say, hey, hey, so there's really no heart there. <laughs> and Aginosko. He says, But you shall also say to this mountain, Be that removed and be that cast into the sea, and it shall be done. Now look at something. They were marveled, right? And look, look at it, Mark 11. Look at how Mark account explains it. Mark 11. So we've explained the faith in the gospel, right? So Jesus always preached the gospel, points the attention to the faith, the word of life. It make them it make them see the fellowship of the light and the sun. Now look at something in that Mark eleven. Let's see from verse twenty two. Or let's start from let's start from twelve. Uh, no, let's not start from twelve. Uh, let's start from twelve. Mark eleven twelve. And on the morrow, when they were come to Bethany, he was hungry, right? And he saw a fig tree afar off, having some leaves. Having leaves, he came, if happily he might find anything thereon, and he came to it, and he found nothing but leaves. But for the time of the figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto him, No man eat fruit whatsoever, and his disciples ate it. Right? Now, come back to verse, come back to verse 19. Then in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter rem- calling to remember and saying, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou causest withered away. And Jesus answered and said, Have faith in God. Now, you will wonder, what does that have faith in God mean? The first thing Jesus spoke about was the faithfulness of God. He spoke about, then in that continuing, I started speaking about mountain be removed and cast into the sea. So it's obvious that there was no physical sea. Jesus was talking about. So the question would be, what does he mean by whatsoever mountain be that removed, be cast into the sea? Because there was actually no physical mountain there. And But the first thing he first told them is, have faith in God. Are you getting what I'm saying? Look at it, verse 24. It says, whatsoever you desire, right? Whatsoever you desire. Whatsoever you desire. Ah, men are brethren. I know this. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Why will you not say yes, sir? So, so what is you desire when you pray? So, in context, when he was saying, saying to this mountain, be that cast into the sea. Now, let's read in Papa. I don't want to give you an answer. Let's do classwork to see. Maybe you have been doing, you can do an agino school on your own. 
classwork. I want you to read in context. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? Now, start from 23. Start from 22. Everybody, classwork. Let me see if, if you want us to finish today. Classwork now. Anaginosko. Pay attention and just read down to verse 27. What is he talking about? What is Jesus explaining to them? Take out everything you have learned in Bible study. Just read. Classwork. Did you, who has an answer? Don't be, don't be, don't be, don't be, be bold. You want to eat the six, this way I start from. You have something? Say, before, before. I just want to say this is how like we do classwork in the USA. <laughs> I mean, like we. No, read the way. If you do not forgive, your father will not forgive you. Okay, you are, got, you are coming up. What, what is it? Salvation? Mm, no. No. Eh? 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 just read. What is happening to all of you now is different things you have learned that you are just trying to put together. Read. From 22 to 26, just read. Just read without, just read without verses. Take out the verses in your mind. Take out everything you have learned and just read. It's like saying, let me, let me, okay, look at me first. It's like saying, I tell you a parable, then I now teach you. Read now. I'm teaching you how to study the scriptures. How to look at things in context. What is from 22 to 26 saying? Prayer about what? <laughs> you are still not. So, wait. Read 25 and 26. Love work somehow. Let me explain what he was saying. He used the description of mountain being cast into the sea, explaining it as forgiving people. Simple. You have to learn to read in context. That's the problem of Christians. 
Now, re let's read together. It's, and Jesus, don't forget, they, they, they had a problem. And don't forget, I told you that Jesus is always teaching. They will see a miracle. The next thing he will do is to use it to teach. Abby, they've casted out. Jesus, Peter reminded him that, ah, this is it. Then he said, have faith in God. Then he now said, verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say to this mountain. Remember I told you there was no physical mountain. Be that removed, and be that cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things he has said in his heart shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he said. Then he now says, Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things desire, when you believe, you receive them, and you shall have them. What did he now say in verse 25? When you stand praying, what are the things he says you should say? Forgive. So what's the mountain in your heart? Offenses. Forgive as your father in heaven has forgiven you and forgive their trespasses. I told you in pharmacy in prayer. So when he says, saying to this mountain, be that cast into the sea, is to explain forgiving those who offend you. Those who offend you becomes a mountain, a weight in your heart. Cast it into the sea, then stand praying. It's just an allusion to what he explains in Mark 6. He says, when you start praying, forgive us our debtors, for those, for we forgive those who trespass against us and deliver. That's what he's saying. Context. Context. Context, too. Look at it again. Oh yeah, everybody, look at it again. Now read it very well. Let it make sense to you. No. Let me finish. Look at it again. When you stand praying, look at it in verse 26. Forgive. If you have... Look at it in verse 26. Of this... Uh, 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 this, uh, Jesus, do you notice that in Jesus' teaching, look at it in verse 25, when you start praying, forgive if you add ought against any. Look at, did you, did you take note of that part? If you have ought against any, that your father, what did he tell you about the mountain being cast into the sea? The mountain will be removed now, right? Uh -huh. Then now see, if you have what in your heart, that your father in heaven will forgive you your trespasses, go and listen to Father C in prayer. I explained it there. But I explained it in another context of James 5. That's what I teach you a lot about strife. That is not possible. I don't know if you understand it. Let me see your hands. This is just an agnoscope. Paying attention. But you know what has happened? Yes, we've taught it as have faith, have this. So you are not paying attention. So your head is just fixed. So this is it. No. We can pick these scriptures, explain it and all of those things. To explain your faith in God, all of those things, teach all of this. But if we are to read it in proper, you know when we study scriptures, we do grammatical context. How many of you notice that we do that? Anytime we are studying necessarily doctrinal issues like that, we look at the scripture in context. What is he originally saying? He already told you if you have ought in your heart, that ought refers to that mountain. Because don't forget, he was talking to them and said, 
that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. He now used the heart and not doubt in his heart. He now still brought it to you again in verse 25. I say, if you are praying, I have ought against any. Where would you have ought against any? Where are you going to have ought against any? It's a, con- it's a continuation now. Men and brethren, are you seeing how to study scriptures now? Guys, are you seeing it? You just have to read in content. Take the lenses of that verses and chapters and read. If only you learn to read. If only people just learn to read, they won't have a problem with Bible study. They won't. Do you notice that? Many of the things we explain, you just have to read the next text. How many of you notice? You just have to read the next verse, read the entire chapter, and you will get it. I used to tell people, if you have it, let me tell you one principle in Bible study. If you have a challenge with a vex, now, let's do this way. This, this is a challenge now. Take out that verse that you have a challenge with and read others. Now, take from verse 22 now and read 24. Don't read 23. You will see it will make sense. If that 23 was a challenge for you, take out 23. Go to 22 and read 22 to 24. How many of you see that it makes sense? Have faith in God. Whatsoever you say, believe, and you receive them. And if you are, right? I think the major problem has been that 23. Right? Now, now go back to the 23 after you understand it. That's how to understand this text. Take out that verse. It's just, a, it's just something I learned as a young person. Take out that text. Read all that preceding ones, then come back. And say, oh, this is what the chapter is actually saying. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Are you understanding this? So look at look if I look at something that announces look at something. In verse uh uh um so you you will see that even in um look at even in Mark even look look at Matthew five. Look at Matthew five. Let's look at Matthew five. Verse 44. We're just doing an agenosco. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that love you, do good to them that hate you, pray for them that despitefully use you, persecute you, that you may be children of your father which is in heaven, for he maketh the, re- the sun to shine on your jaws, and make it the uh make it the sun to shine on your jaws. Rise of the evil, set every of the just and your just, and you love them. He's still explaining the same thing. He's giving a clear decision of God's character, describing good, merciful, and all of those things, right? Now, so was also Jesus saying that if we do not forgive others, God will not forgive us? That's another question we ought to ask. That's another question that should be on your mind. Because in that text we just read in Mark 11, was he saying that? If we do not forgive others, ah, it's done for us. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's a question we ought to ask. Look at Matthew 6, verse 9. It says, as the Father, uh, in this manner, it says, Pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom is come, thy will be done on heaven. Thy will be done in heaven, as it is done on earth. Is that what it says? <laughs> you guys. Give us this day our daily bread. 
At least you understand bread now. I think you understand bread. Brethren. Yes, sir. We've looked at bread now. So could this be, have been a literal prayer? No. Can this be salvation? Yes, sir. Is it making sense to you now? Because they already spoke about the bread and Jesus said I'm the bread. So could, he, could Jesus be saying pray for me? Pray that I come down again. Can that be what Jesus will be telling us to pray about? Are you understanding? So you know all these people that used to say, go and lay in the Lord's prayer that give us this day our daily bread. The daily bread is Jesus. He says, I'm the bread of life. So can we be praying that Jesus will come down again? No. How many of you are getting this, guys? Okay. He now says, give us a day and forgive us our debtors as we forgive, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So is it that? Is this to say that Jesus, God, forgave our sins as an example that we should forgive others? So what he's saying is that God forgave our sins as with us, we should forgive others. It's like saying this is an example to us as believers. He's not saying forgive or else you'll be in trouble. No, it's just saying, God your Father has forgiven you. You, lo- you also do likewise. Are you seeing it? So Paul will now, that's why we can never do wrong with Paul. Look at Paul. Ephesians 4, verse 32. So it's like saying, that word as, let me explain what, when it says, forgive us, that H-A-S, that word as, it's translated from the word H-O-S in the Greek. Let me write this down. Let me teach, let me. When you see the word as, H-A-S. What do you say? As. It's from the Greek word. H-O-S. So, and it implies that. What does it imply? It implies such like, as like, how that. Are you getting what I So that. Are you seeing it? That's what it means in the Greek. So, and it's very applicable. It's very, the most applicable way. So, when he says, forgive us our debts. Can we say, so that we forgive our debtors. Can we say that? Can we say that? Can we say that, guys? Okay. Now, look at Ephesians 4, verse 32. What does it say? And be hateful be to one another. <laughs> okay, forgive one another. How? So, can that be forgive us our debts? As that, right? Are you seeing why you need the epistles? You will always do. Look at Ephesians 5, verse 1. 1, 2, verse 1, 2, go. And what? Walk in love as Christ has what? Loved us. And as he, so it's as he has done it, that's why we are able to do it. Does it make sense, guys? Okay. So now let's go back to that, our Mark eleven twenty two, 22. When it says, have faith in God. So what was Jesus saying? Jesus was teaching his faithfulness to his disciples and how we should forgive others who sin and offend us. So how does God forgive us? I think I've explained this over the years. Repentance, forgiveness of sins. Just go and listen to forgiveness of sins. It will explain. You will see in Ephesians 1 verse 7, in whom we have his blood through his redemption. So upon his resurrection, anyone who believes the gospel has received redemption of sins. So why was he teaching that way? Because he has not paid the price at that time. Are you getting what I'm saying? You must learn to read the four Gospels in the context of the light that it was. After the resurrection, it seemed like the tone changed because now he has paid the price. Are you getting what I'm saying? But when he hasn't paid the price, there was a way he was talking. 
Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you are you guys really understanding? Huh? If you understand me, let me see your ears. Ah, shy. You guys are looking so frustrated. Okay, I will let you go. Let me finish. Now, finally, finally. Colossians 14, in him we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. So, we've seen the forgiveness of sins. Let me start rounding up. We've seen the forgiveness of sins. Now, Isaiah 53, verse 5, we've looked at it, right? Isaiah, John 1, verse 29, we look at it and say, yes, sir, too. What is it, John 1, 29, if it's sure for you, without checking it? <laughs> what is it, John 1, 29, if it's sure for you? Hey! John 1, 29. See, see them. See believers. The Lamb of God. Good boy. Good, 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 good. Uh, you're no more blacky again. <laughs> you're now dudu. So, as I begin to close now, since you guys are looking dejected, dejected, and, and finished. So, let me just wrap up everything. So, forgiveness of sins. You understand what forgiveness of sin means? Now listen to forgiveness of sins. It will explain part of what I want to explain to you. What I wanted to explain to you. <laughs> what I wanted to explain to you. How that you have received repentance and remission of sins. Um, look at John 6 verse 14 as I begin to close gradually. But do you understand something today? I'm sure you saw a scripture in another perspective today, right? Miracles, right? Science and wonder. You can't take that away from Jesus' ministry. We've seen the reasons why he did that. We said, what's the number one reason, if you can remember? It is his nature and character, his graciousness. What's the number two? It's a physical demonstration. It's a sign. What's the third one? A point. A point. So I say, ah, I can't even remember. So I say, I'm just guessing. You missed it. Can not listen to the audio again? John 6, verse 14. I say, yeah, listen to this. <laughs> Nations of the world will hear this. That's why I'm not, I'm preaching beyond you. That's why I'm taking my time to explain things. Because there are men who will hear this, who will not have the luxury to ask me questions like you. Uh, so that's why I'm taking my time. It's, no, it's beyond you. I'm not teaching for you, no. I'm teaching for the world, the nations. Yes, you are involved though. But I'm seeing beyond you. This is what I'm planning to do all the rest of my life. Uh, so, Okay. John 6, 14. Men will come down because of this kind of meeting across the nations. Yeah. Now look at it. Then those miracles. Look at it. It says, then those men, when they have seen the miracle that Jesus did, they said, this of a truth, that the prophet should do what? Should come to the world. So now, they says, the prophet should come. Look at, verse, look at John 9. It was similar to another statement. John 9, verse 17. What did he say? For he is a what? Prophet. 
Now, before that test, don't forget that the Pharisees already argued that he is not a man of God, right? And how can he do, how can a sinner do such a miracle? And John recorded that there was even division in their midst, whether he's of God or he's not of God. And when the, they came to ask him, they said, he is a prophet. Now, so he was described as a prophet so many times. Even look at Matthew 16, and that's something we need to check. Because for us to really understand this thing that he really did, we have to see the way people described him and what was really happening. Look at Matthew 16, verse 13. Look at this. How did they describe him? He says, let's see verse 14. Let's read it together. And he says, some say that what? Or one of the prophets. So he was described as a prophet. Because one of the things we are looking at in this teaching is Jesus' ministry. I don't know if you notice. Now I'm just teaching you something about Jesus. Look at Luke 24, verse 18 to 19. Luke 24, verse 18 to 19. Let's start from verse 19. And he said, what things? And they said unto him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was what? Mighty indeed. And the word of God and all the people. So they called him a prophet. A prophet mighty indeed. This implies that primarily a prophet, he was called a prophet because of miracle signs and wonders. When they say somebody is mighty indeed, it means, ah, he was called a prophet because, ah, he wrought miracles. He wrought miracles. Now, and this is different from, it's vital to record something that this is different from the term, how the scripture called the prophet. So, you know, when we read prophets, we are talking of Old Testament writers now. When we read Luke 24, what not the prophet has said. You know, this is different. Uh, Romans 1, 1. Romans 16, verse 25. Hebrews 1, 1. God who has such time has spoken in diverse manners through the prophets. That's different. That's talking about the Old Testament. Are you getting what I'm saying? We are talking about his representation, his works. So, it's apparent that the Jews were familiar with the fact that the prophet of God who prophesied about the scriptures or about Christ was a man who wrought miracles. I'm bringing this home and as I'm closing, it was this man who wrought miracles. He wrought mighty signs and wonders. And we can refer to his message as the voice, the works. A perfect example is Moses. Moses did numerous signs and wonders. He parted the Red Sea. Exodus 14, 21 to 22. He parted the Red Sea. Exodus 14, 21 to 22. He fed people miraculously with manna. Exodus 16, 12 to 17. He fed people miraculously with manna. Exodus 17, verse 6. He gave people water to drink. From, the, from, from somewhere, even in Numbers 20, verse 7, verse, verse 7 to 11, they were led miraculously through a pillar of cloud and fire. Exodus 30, verse 21 to 24. Numbers 14, verse 14. So the miraculous acts and signs and wonders done by Moses, the president of the children of Israel, 
were reported of the Jews from generation to generation. They carried it about everywhere. Nehemiah recorded it. Put this down. Nehemiah 9 to Nehemiah 9, verse 12 to 17. Nehemiah recorded it. Psalms recorded it. Psalm 78, verse 10 to 17. No, Psalm 78, verse 10 to Psalm 78, verse 10 to 18. He recorded it. Psalm 95. Psalm 95, verse 7 to 11. Psalm 106. Verse 7 to 14. But look at their attitude. They did not believe. They did not believe. Their hearts were hardened. They did not believe the words of Jesus. They were called stiff-necked people. They were, Hebrews 4 described them as stiff-necked, rebellious people. Children in whom, in fact, the, the, the Bible referred to them in Deuteronomy 32 verse 15. Children in whom they had no faith. So now, they saw all of those miracles. They carried it from generation to generation. So this, do you know what? Do you know what I'm telling you? These guys were used to miracles. They were not surprised about what Jesus was doing. Mm -mm. Yes, it will wonder they're like, ah, but they read the scriptures. Are you seeing what I'm saying now? They've read the scriptures, but they had hardness of heart. So just like Jesus in his synoptic gospel. The prophet of God preached the gospel. They had signs and wonders. Those who believed the gospel received the gospel. But look at what happened as we conclude. Play for me as I close. In conclusion, the ministry of Jesus. So you will see that they had hardness of hearts. They had hardness of hearts. They had so many, so many troubles. So many, ah, I don't want to believe. So many, now, we, 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 what we just did today is to look at just the four Gospels. The kind of ministry that, the kind of people that Jesus dealt with, the kind of ministry that Jesus walked with in the four Gospels. So they had hardness of heart. Moses did not only do miracle, Moses also preached. So don't leave your ministry just doing miracles without preaching. That's not how it was in the scriptures. Are you hearing what I'm saying, guys? As you wrought miracles, as you as you preach the gospel, I wish I had the time this afternoon to walk you through the book of Acts. It will have brought so many things, but we'll do it probably on Saturday. We'll just walk through the book of Acts. So he said, but you know what happened? They didn't believe. So now, guys. In Jesus' ministry, that is upon the incarnation, Peter on two occasions in Acts 2 and Acts 4 said they had miracles, signs, wonder. You see several occasions Jesus walked a miracle or healed the sick. Jesus will preach about himself from the scripture to the audience. Jesus was healing the sick and casting out devils in chapter 8. Jesus' healing ministry was a pointer to the fact that in humanity he will come and die for sins. It was also a pointer to the fact that the one who was prophesied about in the scriptures has come to fulfill his work. 
So Jesus wrote several numerous miracles and signs and wonders. And he pointed to the fact that this is who the Messiah has spoken about. Or this is who the scripture has spoken about. That's why Peter said in that verse, in that act two, since it was approved of God among you. So the miraculous is a vital aspect of his ministry. Though there was a greater fact to it, because you will see that the miraculous was also a pointer for men to be saved. However, and this is something I want you to note. Let me tell you this. The miraculous pointed the attention of the audience to himself. So, Bergen, if you and I can rot miracles, we will get more attention to men to hear us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We live in a world where people want signs, wonders. So, if we heal a cancer patient, we raise somebody a cripple, or maybe it's all these people in homes, we touch them and their senses regain consciousness. Hope you know you will spark an attention. And what attention are you sparking? Fame? Fame? But what? The message, right? So that you will preach the message. Does it make sense? So what's the essence of miracles? So that people can gather and hear you the more. Are you seeing what I'm saying now? To give people more visibility, to give your ministry more visibility. So having received the miracles. So receiving miracles does not mean you believe in Jesus. No, no. It does not mean. It does not mean. So another question we have to ask ourselves. Miraculous is the part and parcel of Jesus' ministry. Thought. He healed the sick in large numbers. He casted out devils. He worked miracles. He was known and consistent and prominent in his ministry. So a vital question you and I should ask ourselves. And I will ask you. But we will still study it though. I'm asking you for the next study. And the question is, did miracle signs and wonders continue after the resurrection? Ah, yes. It continued even in greater dimension we saw Peter's shadows Hiya. we saw Paul Aprons and Ankashiv was taken from Paul's body to the sea at the beautiful gates they were healed they say Simon Peter he, he raised the dead different manners of sicknesses were healed by the apostles and for what purpose for what purpose now so when he told us in Mark 16 go there now Mark 16 are you blessed this evening? are you sure? do you have some clarity? sure alright last scripture for today <laughs> Mark 16 let's read, let's, let's read it he says and he said unto them Go into the world, preach the gospel to every creation, right? Verse 16, what did he say? He that believeth and is baptized will be saved. He that believeth not what? Will be damned, right? And this sign shall do what? Shall follow them that what? Have you believed? 
what are the signs that follow you in my name they shall what what will you do what will you do again what will you do what will you do you shall lay hands on what and what will happen they shall what that's it that's the that's the characteristic of them look at what now in verse 20 what did they do they went forth everywhere they went forth and did what preached everywhere the lord walking with them confirming the word with what simeon proofs indicators that is the ministry we receive so i'm giving you this command as you leave mission is possible tomorrow you are going everywhere preaching confirming the word with words ensure that in your ministry in your heart churches you hear the sick don't say how do i do it we walk through the scriptures in the name of jesus instructions take up your bed and walk right that's how to do it open your eyes now you see a demon possessed person you demon get out of this person be healed now that's all you don't need a special thing you are a believer he says the sign follows the believer and you get to what i'm saying that is how to run to miracle and when you do that what's next what's next preaching so that men will be saved so you will use it to get the attention of it right guys and you do what you preach if they don't answer you that's why we take pamphlets take let what i said make sense to you hallelujah we bless you jesus oh we bless you lord we bless you thank him thank him tonight thank him this evening be on your feet and thank him bless him oh we worship you jesus we worship you jesus we worship you thank him thank him thank you for the ministry you've received signs wonders miracles oh we bless you worship him and thank him. thank him this evening we bless you signs wonders miracles pray for your ministry pray for your life the gifts of the spirit they asked in your life the more you are walking in mighty miracles. Mighty miracles. Mighty miracles. As you lay hands on the sick, they are healed. As you point your hand, the power of God is demonstrated. As you speak, the sick respond to your voice. I'm telling you, by the reason of this section, something has happened to you. How many of you felt something as you as I was teaching? Something happened to you. It was the Holy Ghost working on you. The Holy Ghost working on you, correcting an abnormality on your ministry. Your ministry is enhanced. The character of God is seen and displayed. I tell you the truth. Even though you were sleeping, something happened to you. Something happened to you in this session. The charismatic ministry is enhanced. Bless you, Jesus. Bless him and thank him. Thank you for what you received. Yeah. I see miracles. Miracles. 
I walk in miracles 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 Oh, we bless you, Jesus. 